Hello and welcome to a very special edition of the TetraCast. I am Zach Reese, your host. Today, it's a very important day for RPG site and that it's... We're getting close to the end of 2016. Thank fucking God that it's almost over. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I needed to say that. But today, we're going to be going over what we are going to decide is the RPG of the year of 2016. Now, we have a lot of categories to go over. And so one by one, we'll be introducing those categories. Um, we'll slowly get into these things. But first, let me introduce our very packed group of uh, people here from the site, uh, editorial staff. Uh, so let's get right into it. First off, we've got Josh Torres joining us. It's a small room. It's stuffy. There's a ton of people here. I can barely breathe. Um, uh, slowly but surely, we're going to lock the doors and release the gas. So prepare oh, God. yourself. That's going to come later. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone who doesn't agree to me later, everyone dies. Uh, we've got Adam Vitali. Hey. Great. And we've got Brian Vitelli as well. Hello. It's me. Right. This, I want to make sure that everyone can speak just so that they know they can recognize your voices. We've got Kyle... How's it going, man? Bon, Kyle bonjour et bienvenue. Oh, I fucked up my man. French. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so good idiot you are. You just cussed us all up. Qu'est-ce qui s'est passé? Andrew Sharon joining us as well. Hey, y'all. I'm the southern one, so. <laughs> Excuse me, who? The what? <laughs> <laughs> what did you call me? The southern one? So uh, her accent's going to slip out when she gets really upset, so just be prepared for that. Yeah. Uh, just call her Ruby. Oh, God. And then Aaron Van Dyne is also joining us. Hello. Great. And uh, let's see. Just making sure I think we got everyone. And then we got Alex Donaldson, of course, the big boss man himself. Hello. Hello. Did you get Darren? Again. And then we've got Darren McPhail. How's it going, Darren? Right. It's going good. I'm, I'm here and representing Techromancer, right? Techromancer 2016. Woo! Game of the tech year. Techromancer. Techro. Techromancer. He's representing tech Techro. I forgot that game came out this year. Oh my gosh. Yeah, oh yeah, you gosh. got the list. I'm looking at the list, yeah. Everyone forgot that <laughs> game. That and Mars Logs. And so we're good to go, I think, at that point. Um, so yeah, we've got... How much is that? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7. we got eight people. That's, Nine people. It's a Nine. very packed crowd here. And so we're going to get right into it uh, for our discussions, once again, at the RPG of the Year 2016. But first, we've got our, our very first category. I'm going to ignore the very first one we've got on this list because all it says oh, is... Wow. No. Whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. Uh, first, don't, first, don't worry about that. I'm not going to... First. Yes. So people don't... We've, we've done this for three years now, but if anybody doesn't remember, mm -hmm. the way this works um, is that we have a list in front of us yes. that we have, a, as a staff, have compiled over the last few weeks. And now we're going to debate those long lists of games down to three that yes. will be our top three and then we're going to pick a runner-up just to be clear we do not uh do first place second place third place we just do a winner and runners up but say there's a list which has 20 games on it we have to get that down to three yes that's very important to point out we hold as much weight in all three games as we do the very first spot uh, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm, I should say that the very first spot is our clear winner, but the two runner-ups we take as seriously. Uh, yeah, and to be clear one. also, if, if you've come to this through the podcast feed or whatever else, you can find there will be uh, this video on our YouTube channel, uh, youtube.com slash RPG site net, and you can find, obviously, articles 
all this in article form on rpgsite.net as well. And also, we won't be talking about it here because the results aren't in yet, but we've got thousands of votes already in their user poll, which is the reader's choice for, for RPG of the Year. And so the results for that will also be on the website. Yeah, we're getting close to 2,000 votes. It's insane. Yeah, so a very close. Uh, surprisingly, not as close as it was last year, but I'm very hopeful that you know things will tighten up as we near its uh, closing. So we'll find out what happens. But anyway, so first category. Yes. Feel free to introduce. Uh, we got the best tangential game of 2016. Uh, tangential game, uh, we just kind of classify it as a non-RPG or a non-traditional RPG that RPG fans will love. For example, the one usually it's these, these are the games that people uh, have all those debates over what exactly an RPG is, uh, such as Zelda. But we also include other games that we mainly just focus on reviews and not so much news about, such as visual novels, adventure games, um, action adventure games, that kind of thing. So, and just for reference, I believe last sure. year's winner was Yakuza Five, for example. Yes. Badass yeah, and, and, and a couple of a couple of Zelda games have won this category over the years. Yes. But also, you know, we, we include stuff where, like, you know, I can see a game on this list, for instance, that is definitely one of the best games of the year. Um, but it's it's a racing game. But or but the weird thing is, the way the game is constructed is such that if you're a, if you're big into your level up and RPG systems, you may find it scratches that itch for you, which I think is why wasn't me but why somebody put it on this list well, so next yeah. year zelda won't be in the regular category and out of this list yeah depending zelda on what it's like, RPG, yeah. yeah it's it's breath of the wild seems like a more leaning more into those rpg mechanics than we used to uh but yeah uh, just, sorry sorry go on go ahead yeah uh well let's we'll go ahead and run through all these games that are have been nominated so far uh we mentioned this to the rest of the staff before that if there's any games that you want to add feel free to do so as we talk about this and we get to enjoy the weird craziness of people typing stupid stuff in the in the comments of these articles so we'll find should out we, uh, should we introduce like a uh, name off the games first on these yes. lists that's yeah what I do, so. that's what we do yep so alex feel free to read off all the games that have so far been nominated for best tangential game of 2016 so we have uh, some, there's some interesting stuff on this list that is definitely not an RPG. We have Doom, we have Zero Time Dilemma, we have Civilization VI, we have Stardew Valley, we have uh, Yomawari, we have Attack on Titan, Owlboy, uh, Zero Time Dilemma is on there again, I don't know why. Science <laughs> <laughs> Quake Zero, Hyperlight Drifter, The Last Guardian, Phoenix Wright Ace Attorney, Spirit of Justice, Gundam Breaker 3, Overwatch, Love, love? I don't even know what this is. It's a visual novel. <laughs> Get to it. it. Um, Forza Horizon 3, Titanfall 2, Alienation, Hitman, Fury, and XCOM 2. I was surprised no one put XCOM 2 before now. Good. Yeah. All right. Great. So now we've got all these different games here. Um, I think the best way to do this is to find the games that we... What, how do you think we should approach this? Should we choose the games we know are going to be here or the games we think should be kicked off? So, so I think we should, until we get to a lesser number, we should pick the games. People should call out games that they think should be cut from this list. And if anybody objects, they should object to make a case for it. And if nobody objects, it gets cut. And then when okay. we get down to like okay. maybe the top five or six, then we can get down to the nitty gritty. Okay. So let's cut the game that sounds like a porno, Muv Love. Uh, okay. So, uh, <laughs> uh, 
All right, so I'm the one who put this on, on the on this list. Surprise! Uh, I, I, I'm fine with it getting cut off first. That's totally fine. But I do want to point out that it's a visual novel. Uh, came out on Steam this year. Uh, it's one of those things that's like it's been a highly regarded visual novel in Japan for many years now. And uh, the nice thing about it is for RPG fans is that there's kind of like a, a sort of twist to it. It presents itself as a very bland, generic visual novel and whatnot at first. <laughs> Uh, you know, you have your standard uh, high school girls that, like, you know, that have an interest in the main character. They all have their own uh, background arcs and whatnot. But there's a neat twist to it in which, like, uh, it's, it's on the store page, not really a spoiler. But uh, there's something that happens in the story in which the, the protagonist wakes up, kind of finds that his life kind of gets turned upside down. And uh, the whole world is kind of fucked, kind of run over by these weird aliens. And there's a lot of uh, militaristic uh, things that get... Uh, introduced into it that haven't been previously shown before so it's it's much more than just like you know your generic visual novel it's a, it's turns into like a, a a bitter fight for survival and it's only like the first half of it the the sequel to it Marvel of alternative comes out on steam next year and that's really where the big meat of the story is but i think it's one of those um stories that rpg fans would actually really like if they if they like the survival aspects uh and and bitter like kind of hopeless situations uh, just like kind of turning what seems to be like you know a, a standard you know normal story upside down, and just it, it's it's actually one of the best like stories I've I've read in like a very long time uh, for like visual novel standards. It's it's excellent, but I'm totally fine with it getting cut off first. Hmm. No no complaints for me. Okay, actually uh, okay. now that we mentioned this. Should we just call them out, or should we go like in a circle and decide what games? Because I was thinking about uh, just, it. We're just a lot call of shouting them. Just call them out. Overwatch. Okay. Get rid of Overwatch. Oh <laughs> man, but Overwatch is so good. Okay, okay. Let's talk better. Let's talk about better. Well, here's like, the thing with tangential okay. games. Like, Overwatch is no doubt a really great and really popular multiplayer shooter arena type game. But like, I guess I'm not familiar with like what RPG elements are there, and like when we're considering these games, do, does the level of RPG-ness really matter? No, not really. Like, I mean, when you level up, it's like you're usually getting loot boxes, and that's about I think, it. I think, I think <laughs> it does, and it doesn't. It does in the sense that we're picking a game here that we think our audience will love. And so that often translates to to uh, to RPG mechanics used in interesting ways. I think for Overwatch, there aren't any over, there aren't any RPG mechanics other than random loot crates, but... It is this heavily class-based game with these really well-defined characters yes. that feel abilities. like that feel like RPG characters in that regard. But yeah, there is no, sorry, yeah, there is no progression of, of that sort. Which, yeah, I can see. I mean, I'll be honest. Between that and like, if you're going to cut, obviously, to be mentioned, there's a big deal at all. So I think that says a lot about how we feel about the game. But if I was going to cut. If we're talking about cutting like a big AAA tutory game, I think the mm-hmm. one that really doesn't belong on this list is Doom. Yeah, I actually, absolutely. I actually love Doom, but I totally yeah. agree. It's yeah. too yeah, it's but but I would mentioning. I would they say that together. Doom has more RPG elements than Overwatch because it actually does have a level up system and like mechanics in the single player. But I would say they both deserve to be cut because they're not even like even remotely RPGs in my eye. Yeah, I would say as someone who doesn't really like multiplayer online shooters and all that kind of stuff, I think I I was really drawn to it because of what Alex talked about is like a class-based type of game. 
and the art style and things like that there's something really appealing about it that i also type kind of enjoy um and yeah it's it's like it's it's the loot mostly that and that's the kind of stuff i love about rpgs is the loot uh and but that's the type of feature that's in other shooters as well it's it's the art style that i think people will find a lot to love and i highly recommend people who um you know have a distant uh fascination with overwatch really should pick it up and, and try it out and see what it's like but yeah we'll cut that yeah. out doom out um I would I would like to say that like even the like I'm fine with both of those getting cut out, but there is like a certain kind of like magic in Overwatch that's not really oh, seen by many, other, many other shooters, especially the way that like you can creatively set up situations in which your uh, characters and uh, like kind of mesh their abilities together. Like say Zarya's ultimate get, bundles people up together. Then you have say Soldier 70, 76 come in, activate his ult, and he's uh, like just killing them as they're like you know bundled up together that if anyone tries to escape you have may with her ice wall uh sealing them off it's just the way the like even though there's no standard rpg like systems and numbers and stats on it just the the, the way you creatively like set uh work with your teammates to create these fantastic situations that like just completely seal off an enemy's route of escape is very much in tune with like other rpgs like say that, Dragon, that, that, for example. from what you just said it almost kind of reminded me of like strategies that a party comes up with in an mmo or something mm-hmm. exactly and then doom for the same way like i mean doom you don't, you don't have te- uh, teammates but the way that you level up you know, obviously your character your arsenal what weapons uh you know work best with certain types of enemies the level design and how it just pushes you forward and all the little little like uh close uh attention to detail of like just pushing you forward making you feel as, as powerful as possible it kind of feels like like a, like an over leveled character in an rpg because you're just fucking yeah. balling things in that game yeah and, in my, a and much skillful manner and much like final fantasy you can saw a demon in half with a chainsaw while gent plays in the background so yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's so remember most about that um so yeah i will Doom, absolutely Go ahead. And then by, by, by the by the same manner, since we're cutting off that, I think, you know, I, as much as it hurts me, I, we're probably going to cut Titanfall 2 off yeah, this list I was as that. well. Yeah, it, that, is, a... that is a phenomenally good video game, though. Yep. Um, yes, it is. And it's I mean, just, it's like, well documented on this podcast how great Titanfall <laughs> 2 is. And how I, 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 like I definitely. <laughs> there, there's yeah. one level in that I think might have been my favorite single moment in a game so far this well actually barring last guardian um that the, the time travel level oh, that was yeah. pretty amazing the time travel <laughs> like i i hope that like these least some sort of expansion or dlc or something just lets us m- mess with that more it's just the the nice thing about titanfall 2 is it's not even like the like how oh. awesome the multiplayer is it's just like uh there's certain levels in that campaign that make a great creative use of the mobility options that you have. Like, for example, like that factory level where they're assembling houses and the, uh, like, uh, automatons and whatnot. There's, like, like all these mechanical arms. Uh, like, building houses on the fly while you're in them. So you, like, kind of have to, like, kind of dodge them, get out of their way. And then there's a point in that uh, level where they're all uh, flipped sideways and you have to maneuver over houses that are sideways or else you die. It's kind of like a platforming segment in that. It's just... There, there's so many great decisions they made in that game, but unfortunately, yeah. not RPG related. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's oh, so I have a question. Yeah. What is Fury? Okay, Fury is uh, basically a kind of a boss rush game, except the levels are in uh, the phases of boss battles. So think of each level as a boss battle, and every time you te- uh, you take down a life bar, because they have multiple life bars and uh, similar Metroid, um, there's a new phase that's uh, introduced. So, th- for example, there's this... Uh, uh, battle where you have a 
uh, going against like an invisible sniper. And you had to kind of ma- navigate the level, um, trying to look for her, and then using only the laser sight of the sniper to try to find her. When you, after you track her down, uh, you de- take out her life bar, and then there's another phase where she deploys drones. It's not really necessarily an RPG in the traditional sense. It's more think more of Shadow of the Colossus is probably the best example where the, the the actual fight in itself is within the boss because there's several stages so, similar to how you're platforming Colossi. There's uh, different phases in a boss battle in which you have to whittle down. I'm not sure if it really uh, deserves uh, to be a, like the best tangential uh, RPG, but it definitely gives off that vibe that RPG fans would like because it, it rewards skill. It, re- it has that uh, definitely a JRPG uh, influenced uh, aesthetic to it, but I, it's, it's definitely worth mentioning that our, people who are into RPGs should probably uh, check out Fury. I want to mention well, quick before we continue is that the whole category, people keep trying to like uh, attach it to RPGs. That's definitely not what this category is about because clearly visual novels and adventure games, there's very little that they have relate to RPG mechanics. But we're just talking about games course, that have yeah. a lot of that same appeal. So I just want to make sure because Josh um, keeps bringing up that it's not really an RPG. That doesn't matter. As long as you feel like the mechanics in it are very appealing and have that same type of like, you know, say for example, it tells a very good story. That's really all that it needs to have for you to be interested if you're an RPG fan because a lot of people play RPGs because they love the story in it. So just make sure, I just want to make sure that not everything has to have the precedent or uh, the relation to an RPG. This is always always a difficult award for that Yeah, really. (laughs) I've never played Fury, but with the way Josh has described it, I'm fine with it staying another round. Well, it, can or stay, it can stay for now, but like, okay. So, so here's the top like, three, though. No. Well, we'll get to that. But like, the, the, there are more obvious things to cut right now. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I'll say, so I'll, <laughs> me, um, uh, I, know you're I fucking it. love this game, yeah. but I don't think Civilization Six remains on this list. Oh, it's so good, um, though. It's way better I think than Beyond. I think it's, I think it's absolutely amazing, but um, I also think there's a better three-axis strategy game on this list that is more suitable for RPG fans. Oh, I, um, I, I 100% agree with this statement. Man. And I really like Especially Civ 6, but also it, it has classic Civ feeling, which is that it, it also, if it's a great game, it's a good game, but it will be a great game once it's had an expansion pack because for some reason with Civ, this is always how they go. I will, yeah, and I will say that's the reason I haven't tried it yet. I will say the religious victory is pretty damn easy to do. To it, it, well, it's not even that. that. It's, it's more that there are, you know, there's no diplomatic victory anymore. Yeah. And that feels like exactly the sort of thing that gets gets yanked out in order to be put back in an expansion pack. But um, also, yeah, I don't think, I think XCOM stays on this list and Civ doesn't, basically. I will say for Civilization in that I haven't really been into that series as heavily uh, as I was in like Civilization 3, which is, you know, that was a long time ago. I didn't really get that much into 4 or 5 just because I had my problems with it. But uh, as someone who's been kind of turned off from that series for a while and I played Beyond Earth and I did not like that one bit, um, I found a lot to love about Civilization 6. And yeah, you're probably right in that it does need at least an expansion to really compete here and we'll definitely consider that game uh, that expansion when whenever that comes out hopefully sometime next year but um 
I will mention that if anyone has like even a past and interest in strategy games, um, Civilization Six is great, and it has a lot of great uh, tutorializing and onboarding that I think people would appreciate. And so, you know, definitely, definitely keep an eye on that. I think there's a lot to love about it. Yeah, and, and I think there's a lot to for, there's a lot for RPG fans to love just in regards of of the choice you have in that game. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, but and I think it it's historical, go. you know. Teddy Roosevelt can control the world, and that's what I wanted. Uh, okay, so if we get rid of that, what about Attack on Titan? Oh, exactly. This, why don't we so. talk about you know some other game first? <laughs> let's do talk about do a, a harder let's talk about one to get rid of. <laughs> no, hell no. Let's do. Yeah, no, no. You're more worry. I love Stardew, but like I nominated it for something else way down than I think it's more deserving of because I totally considered it an RPG. I don't even. I don't know. It doesn't seem like it belongs here to me. Hmm. It does. Hmm. It, it doesn't. I mean, I haven't played Stardew sadly. I'm waiting for that because if we're a few days away from the PlayStation Four release, then I'll probably pick up then. But yeah, oh, super good. Like you should play it. It's uh, amazing. Oh, but... I've played quite a bit of 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 Stardew, and I would actually. I'm I'm sort of I'm I think I'm with Andrea where it's 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 a it's a simulation game, um, but it definitely. <clears throat> It definitely is an RPG, I think. In we fact, do. I'm just looking at the yeah, I'm looking at the Steam page now, and the developers themselves classify it as an RPG simulation. So I, I think, think it's maybe also we can... clarified as such on the uh, PlayStation announcement of it releasing. So later I think this week. I think we can I think we can lose Stardew from here because mm-hmm. yes, it is nominated later on for more specific RPG. It has awards. a greater battle to fight. We do later. cover um, the story of seasons like it's an RPG, so it only makes sense that yeah. Let's yeah, I, I think. That. I think yeah, I think I think we can get rid of that based on I think Andrew is correct. So let, let, unless there's any hardcore objections, let's do that. No, I'm good with that. And now yeah. let's talk about Attack on Titan. <laughs> okay, who else has played Attack on Titan but me? Uh, okay, before we before we do that, before we do that, we've got rid of some now, so let's just quickly go down. Yeah. We've got Zero Time Dilemma, mm-hmm. Yomawari, Attack on Titan, Owlboy, Steins Gate Zero, Hyperlight Drifter, Last Guardian, Ace Attorney, Spirit of Justice, Gundam Breaker Free. Forza Horizon 3, <laughs> Alienation, Hitman, Fury, XCOM 2, and I actually added Dishonored 2. I feel like they added like three or four more. <laughs> I, I, think, I, I think if we're going through these uh, uh, through these other games, um, as much as I love it, uh, I think we should talk about Forza. Just because it's, yeah. it's great, and you can unlock cars and things like that. But It's one of the best games of the year. It's one of the best games of the year. I think it's important to say to our audience that if they're the type of player who gets a kick out of that RPG tick of watching things level up or, <laughs> yes. and uh, watching things level up and working towards the next objective. There's even having a skill lots tree of different in this game. Ab- yeah. Having <laughs> lots, yeah, there's a skill tree in this yeah. racing game. There's three. Is it two or three discrete skill trees, something like that? Yeah, it's like three. It's, yeah, it's, yeah three. Three. It's, it's absolutely beautiful. You've got a big open world map. There's always more than one objective. Much like an RPG, you may just want to move around the map doing the random tasks that are just littered around the map, like smashing the billboards and going through speed cameras rather than racing. It really has. It's, it's, it's probably the most successful racing game I've ever seen that takes an RPG-like structure and tries to make yeah, it work. for sure. I will mention, sorry, the, the, the biggest appeal is also the, um, the community creations, uh, the decals and things like that on cars. Yeah, and, and, and I think it's fantastic, and I think everyone should give it a go. It's on PC, of course, as well now. But I do agree... Although there are games on this list that I would, I, I personally would cut before Forza. Forza isn't going to make the top three anyway. No, no. But, but it is I, brilliant. 
it's, I think it's, it's also in a Doom situation where yeah. there are RPG elements and it will appeal to our fans. And I it, think it, it's that just, it's still on. great, but I think it just kind of falls within that same category. It, it's also one of those things that's like you know that's going to be supported for a good while. Like within at the time of this recording, but within a few days, that's getting like a new expansion of like snow environments, I believe. Oh, it is? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. I wasn't paying attention. That's awesome. I'm looking forward to playing more of it. Yeah. So what okay. do you want to talk about now? <laughs> I, think, I, I think we should drop Zero Time Dilemma. I agree. I agree. I mean, I love <laughs> it. There, <laughs> there's stuff on there that I I thought I mean, it was a story I, I we would never forget. I love the game, but I don't think it deserves I, it. Out yeah, of I mean, I enjoyed it, but at the end of the day, there is a lot of disappointing things about it, and a lot of things that didn't get answered that were promised to be answered, so... <sighs> Yeah, I'm. I I don't think it's like the best tangential game of the year, even though we we did review it on the site. Yeah. Okay. Okay. You're, you're not gonna get any, you know. <laughs> yeah, I don't think anyone's <laughs> going to adjust. I don't think enough people really played it to really give it a solid. Well, supporting I mean, defense. me, Andrea, and Josh did play it. That's more and... than most. Uh, I think. Games here. <laughs> When when she mentioned to drop it and like the people who have played it all agreed like instantaneously. Yeah. And the people who yeah. haven't played it are just kind of sitting here like, okay. Uh. I mean, I'm not gonna rant on about how I think it should be there because I haven't played it. So right, I think. I mean, oh, it is yeah. it's definitely worth playing, and I would say Absolutely. that if you haven't played the other two, you definitely should because they're two of the best games that I've ever played personally. Um, so definitely check those out. They are coming to PC and PS4. I was going to mention one a year from today. We're going to say not other games. That's up for <laughs> best mental game. <laughs> yeah, I mean I'm super right? excited to play those again because they were so good. Like I wish I could replay them for the first time all Same over again. Same here. <laughs> yeah, I guess you will soon. I mean, uh, with better with voice acting and all that, so that should be. Exciting. Well, I mean, like not knowing the like the story oh, or, yeah. or the plot twists and all that stuff. But I think, yeah, it's, it's fair to it's fair to get rid of that by the sounds of it, based on all your all your universal reactions. <laughs> the only ones who played it didn't want it on here, so that makes sense. Um, alienation. Okay, let's talk about alienation. Alienation is uh, I think it was uh, I believe it was House Marky who uh, made that game. It's earlier on this year, probably almost midway through the year. It's kind of like a, a twin stick joy. Uh, joystick shooter um but has three different classes has the skill trees and whatnot um there's some very impressive tech behind it the way like you know environmental uh, structures are done it's 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 you know it's a genuine like story-wise premise-wise you're basically cleaning up the earth from aliens is very like an ex premise uh in that aspect um it's probably not gonna win here it's like it's one of those things once again that like it there's a lot of great things about it but nothing that really brings it like to the next level uh, but the time I spent with it, I played a good amount of it with a co-opted with friends, and it was just a nice, refreshing take on that implementing RPG systems into a uh, twin stick shooter that has like uh, actual like RPG classes as well. You have like this heavy uh, assault dude, you have this uh, more speedy spy uh, type of character. Um, it, it's it's nice mentioning because it's it's actually one of like the kind of I was very surprised when I uh, picked it up. I didn't even know much about it, but I heard so many people raving about it that I decided to give it a go. And it's actually like it's a weird mix of uh, just uh, twin stick uh, joy shooter, just like kind of like Diablo, and also Left 4 Dead. I I it's hmm. been a while since oh, I Left played Dead, it. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. 
yeah, but, because there's three because there's special like alien monsters too. Like of course ones like blow up. Be like you know if you if you shoot them and there's like goo everywhere. Uh, it's a, it's a fantastic like you know uh, just one of those games on the PS4. Uh, definitely check it out if you're into RPGs. But I don't think it it has that like you know X factor that'll make uh, that'll really beat out much of the heavy hitters that are on this list. But worth mentioning. So yeah. I'm okay with that. Yeah, getting cut out. Also, since we did a similar thing with Stardew Valley, I think we should cut Hyperlight Drifter because it was, is nominated for a yeah. later award. I was yeah. wondering about that too. Yeah, <laughs> let's let's do that then, because if, if that's if that's going to be it, I mean, we did mention that we're going to go over the other games in the other categories later to see if they belong. But I I do feel like Hyperlight Drifter was pretty much an RPG. I thought that was like kind of the consensus. It was an RPG, even from the developer standpoint. So it does belong. Uh, it's an action on. RPG. It's you can make the argument that it's more action game than RPG. Oh, but again, yeah. though, you know, oftentimes yeah. with this, we will, unless we seriously object, we tend to defer to whatever the developer says. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So well, a great example is before we were, we were recording earlier, we were talking about Bioshock 1 and how 2K kept calling it an RPG. And so we covered it, but then when it came out, we were like, this is not. And, <laughs> no, but, it's not. It's, it's but Hyperlight Drifter is one of those games, they, the developers call it an action RPG, and I, I don't really object to that definition. So yeah. I have to point one out. Okay. What's Gundam Breaker Three? Okay, Gundam Wait. Breaker. Th- Gundam Breaker Three. <laughs> Has is... anyone played that other than Josh? Okay. I have played I, it. It doesn't matter. Oh. Yeah, it doesn't matter. I will. I will. I will defend it. That I think it definitely uh, like deserves to be on this list because it's probably the best Diablo game that you didn't play this year. Um, what? It's basically uh, a game that like it's gameplay wise, it's uh, you know very much like a Dynasty Warriors game hack and slash, but the amount of customization you can do to it. Is fucking insane, and the and the, st- the way you uh, basically you have these parts from ma uh, you know Gundam models uh, that you can uh, basically kit bash, basically mix and match together, so you can make some crazy monstrosity of a suit, and then you have all these different weapon types from whips to axes to uh, twin spears, uh, katanas, whatnot, along with just another range weapon, the shotguns, um, grenade launchers, etc., and then different um, parts that. Like, say, uh, this chest on a Gundam had, like, you know, these little uh, things called fin funnels where you can uh, deploy them and then deploy beams. They're, like, like little wings that, like, uh, you know, spew laser beams at the enemy. And it's basically just that amount of, like, freedom in the way you want to customize your playstyle, and along with uh, customizing each and every single part. Because in this game, you're, there's also rarity systems, much like a Diablo game. Uh, huh. goes some from, like, uh, white to green to blue to purple to uh, orange. Cool. Yep. yep. Uh, sound familiar? And and then the the nice thing about this is like it doesn't it doesn't fall to the pit traps of a Diablo game because you can actually change the rarity of an item. So if you like this piece that you that you only got a common of, you just infuse that with say uh, an uncommon item, a green one, and then that'll uh, make that an uncommon item once you fuse them. Which uh, the rarity status only you know adds an additional ability slot, and then each of these ability slots you can basically uh, like take a part that has like all these abilities that you want, we can pick and choose which abilities you want and put that into that part that you want as well. So you're basically making like your your ideal suit, your ideal uh, mech, and have without the constraints of like having to worry about, oh my gosh, am I gonna like uh, go through this level and not see this part or have this yeah, part? I, I, I remember when we were talking about this on a podcast earlier, like. In Diablo, you're like maybe trying to get like I need to get this very specific shield or this specific rarity and this specific ability, and then I can use it. Or in Gundam, like you can get this part, but it's more flexible in how you get it, or you can kind of like make it yourself, mm. in a sense. 
Yeah, because like, say you like, you have this like, uh, purple part, but you want to turn it to legendary. You don't have to like run through like a single mission like three hundred times hoping it drops a legendary version of that. You can infuse like a legendary that you already have into that purple part. It'll make it legendary, and then so and any uh, abilities that legendary part has, you can pick and choose which ones you want into that part as well. And then you not only get the very status, but the stats that actually matter to your build that you want into that. And, this mm-hmm. this sounds like it stays to me, at least for now. Yeah. Like, okay. I'm fairly convinced. I did not expect Gundam to go early anyway. Yeah. But I look at the list and I, I, I think I see... There are some heavy that hitters are, that are... Um, <laughs> Uh, I'm I, nervously I, here. <laughs> I think we should return. I think we should return to Gunnerbreak because I really love the sound of that. I, I, I'm so looking let just, at. Let me just. Gunnerbreaker. It came out in English in Asia. Is that yeah. it? Yes, at the okay. Asian territories. So it's like not localized technically to United States and Europe, but it does have an English version. It does have an English version. Quote unquote. Is it coming? English. Is it coming over? No. From the scene of right. okay. a person <laughs> that, that, it. That's a thing. <laughs> <laughs> we're not we're not we're not like judging it by best localization or script or anything right. like that so we're just judging no, it but, on but, whether but, the people i'm just saying for the the english was so bad in that game it's it's the, it's the argument of yeah. of the only reason that question is relevant i guess probably why i had a masters because if that was coming out in the west next year we might hold it back for next year the same way we're doing with some other games but yeah if it's not coming out, then we should judge it on the only release we have that we're going to have access to. It's, yeah, yeah, it's definitely not. I think that if it, if it, yeah, if it was announced um, for next year, like in January or something like that, for the later that year or whatever, um, it would just be disqualified for the next one. That's all that would happen, yeah. I think, because it would still well, be okay. t- tangential. So, time. so <laughs> I'm looking at this Google Doc and I'm looking at that block of four that's <laughs> sort of on the top half. What are you talking about? And I would, <laughs> and I would, and I would get rid of that. I would get rid of that whole block of four. So let's I, talk yeah. about some of this. No. No, 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 no. Yeah. Let me get, let me get off here. Yomorari. Now. I played Firefly Diaries. It was bad. Is this that's better? not, it's not that type of game. So. <laughs> okay. I will, I'm not going to really defend much of Yomorari. I just think it deserves a mention because I think it has an incredible concept. Can you first like, explain what it is? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's, it's, um, let's see. I'm trying to think like what I can really compare it to because it's, it's an isometric adventure game. And uh, so it's a top down camera. You're controlling a girl as she runs around kind of like Diablo, but it's, it's, that's about all I can really compare it to. Uh, all that, uh, similarity is. Um, so the whole story starts and I'm not going to really spoil it just because uh, it's, it's not really needed to be expanded on. I can still address it without having to do that. So there's no point. So, um, a girl is walking her dog alone late at night and uh this is kind of like you've got control of the character and at some point she loses that dog now uh, this is a very you know crazy part and i even mentioned it so much in my review that um it was very powerful and that i actually my blood ran cold i was i was very um it was emotional. It was a very powerful moment that I haven't really seen in a game in a long time. And it may sound weird, but um, the dog goes missing. And I think it's. I think the part of the reason it was so powerful, at least for me, it's because I lost my dog earlier this year. And it, it was a very powerful moment that I, I got really sad about immediately when I saw that happen. So what happens is she runs back to meet her sister, her older sister, tells her what happens. Uh, her older sister is like, okay, I'll go look for the dog. You stay here and hide. 
um, so that I can go find her. Because, you know, she needs to go find that dog immediately because they're concerned about her. After a while, her sister never comes back, so the little girl decides to go and find her herself. All of a sudden, craziness happens, Japanese mythology happens, and then these ghosts <laughs> come out at night because the town suddenly becomes haunted. So it's, it, it, it's, I'm making it sound more jarring than it actually is. It just, it's just kind of the things that happens. There's all these urban legends that this town is known for that, you know, it's, it's, I guess it's that the town has always been haunted, but people don't really go out at night because everyone tells them, you know, you're not supposed to go out at night because uh, bad things will happen. So people just kind of see indoors. So the whole town is pretty much deserted uh, as a result of that um, at night. But I think that the, the problem I would say with Yamari is that uh, absolutely it's that the mechanics aren't that great. Uh, but I think that the story um, is amazing. There's absolutely no music, so it relies heavily on its atmosphere. Atmosphere that is very effective and very, um, you know, it, it really you really get lost. You get drawn in. You get you get kind of absorbed into the game. And once I got started, I couldn't stop just because it was such a great thing. The animation's superb. I think towards the end, it even gets way but, better. But but but, but do, okay. Does it yeah, be- yeah. Do, like does it belong though? I would dog. say no. That's a good. <laughs> 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 no, I mean I, 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 that's the thing is that I think that I, I, the reason I'm saying no, uh, and I'm sure you guys are saying like it should belong. Um, it's kind of like what Josh is saying. I don't think it hangs in the top three, but I would mm-hmm. highly recommend because Yomori is only twenty bucks. So wow, for that okay. cheap, uh, I guess you know, it's money is different to everybody. I would say for that price, especially because it's both on Steam and on PlayStation Four. I would highly recommend people trying it out if they enjoy those types of games, especially when it comes to like, you know, Japanese urban legends and mythology and stuff like that. Because the the art style is incredible. Uh, the characters themselves are interesting, but it's not a very long game. Like you can beat it in about five or six hours, and there's no real replayability. Uh, I will mention, and, and this is going to be a spoiler, that the, once you get done, it lets you go back into town and just do whatever. And, and complete all the things you want and get your trophies and all that stuff. And it doesn't really penalize you for that. So I think that that's, it kind of loses um, uh, its staying power in a sense. But for that low a price to begin with, I think it does enough with what well, it has. But I, I, well, I have well, better well. arguments for other games on this list than I do with Yamari. I don't want to disqualify a game just for being, you know, pretty niche or even short or whatever. But no. there's, when I look at some of the other games on this list, like, is it top three, though? <laughs> so, that's exactly, that's why like, I'm, I'm, I wouldn't admit. But I would recommend, you know, even amongst you guys, I think that everybody here should give it a try in, in this group and people okay. listening to this. I think it's, it's a great game. And it's got appeal not even to just, you know, people who love. It's not very, it's not really that anime or anything like that. I mean, some of the character designs are kind of cute in a way, but the content of the game and the, and the tone it sets I think is uh, powerful in a sense, you know, and but the, be, there's some frustrating things about the game. Yeah. The gameplay can be frustrating at times too. And I All did. Right. And just like Andrea mentioned firefly, when you mm-hmm. die and you do die quite a bit in this game, everything just kind of stops. Like it, it's, it's an abrupt stop to the, to the fun you're having and the checkpoint system is bad and that can, can disrupt the flow of your enjoyment. So that's why I, All right. I, I have problems with it. So, so we're cutting it. Yeah. yeah. Let's go ahead and Let's cut that. It. Right. What is Attack on Titan doing on this list? Like, I, 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 <laughs> it's, I, it's not. It's just like I the was, other. I was unconvinced. I was unconvinced, you know, 
15 minutes ago and I still don't understand why it's on this list. I played that game. Just it's all right. I it. love how fucking I love how fucking weird it is, but like just get rid of it. I, I would, is garbage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let me just say the manga, the show, or everything. Let me let me just let me just yes. say in defense of Attack yes. on Titan because I reviewed it just like Amore. That's why I can speak with some authority on it. Um, that Alex was getting into this as well is that the mechanics in that game are extremely fun because it's it's people who've played like you know old spider-man games on the playstation the best parts of those games was the swinging mechanics and once you actually get those mechanics down the controls uh, and get used to it and the camera and the way to, to manipulate it it's very fun because uh, you're you feel like such a badass flying around uh swinging around these giant humanoid titans and cutting them down to size uh no matter what size they are and they're, they might be climbing all over the place there's that amount of jank that the dynasty warriors types of games are known for because attack on titan is made from um omega force which are the dynasty warriors people i think it's the best one they've done so far when it comes to an, uh, an adaptation so you know hyrule warriors and um uh i'm blanking already about the other games they did um what's that uh, arslan yeah arslan that's exactly what i was thinking yeah. about that game was was pretty good too but um the I say Arsene was really good. Actually, it was. I think actually Arsene might be better in terms of the story, just because it it does a better job in the flow of the story, um, and getting into you know people who have never seen the show or read the manga or whatever uh, can really get into Arsene because they do a great job in transitioning the story and introducing the characters. Attack on Titan, the game, uh, assumes a lot in the people who are playing it. They assume you've already kind of seen the series, and that's why people kept asking, "Can I play this before seeing the show?" absolutely not uh, i think it, you do a lot better and that's probably the case in a lot of that type of stuff and that you do better off just watching the series getting to know the characters and their development throughout that before you get into uh playing a game based off of that um yeah but in, in which case i immediately disqualify that that's like like yeah, yeah. if you gotta watch we'll we'll talk about this more in the fucking story category but if you've got to yeah. watch all this external bullshit then you don't then have to fucking and you get it still, off the list you can still have a lot of fun with it and i think that's it's it's definitely not uh, i think that <clears> there's still some great moments in that but uh some of the pivotal moments in that series and you know aaron can speak for some of the uh, the key moments of the first season because that's this is all the way up to the new season that's introducing that's but aaron also said it's garbage cut it's it, garbage, so. but <laughs> i would say the, the moments that stand out that she liked polly before it turned to garbage uh that's they that those moments aren't as impactful as they are in the I mean, show just, because they just they just kind of game you do play it. for story in any way it's more of like a fan service like no you know, no 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 that you would just that's the thing <laughs> is that you would make the assumption that because it says attack on titan on the box but in fact <laughs> the thing is is that it subverts those expectations because of how enjoyable the gameplay is i think the gameplay recovers it from the problems that it has in, in its pacing and whatnot because it just kind of cuts from moment to moment and the transition is so abrupt in that you're like the the, the in-betweens is you running around this tiny little area and talking to a few people before going into the next uh key scene um it, it made me want to go back and watch the rest of attack on titan because i stopped it around episode nine or ten but um i will mention that you know the gameplay itself is extremely exciting but it's not going to hang up here for sure okay so it's yeah. It's cut. Yeah. Owl uh, Boy is one of the Owl, best damn games of the year, so I will not have Owlboy. that cut. Owl Boy is fucking incredible. Like I will say that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, no, it's, it's nonstop. Very good. It's got so, what? I'm sorry. 
It's actually very good. I yeah, said. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Okay, so I just okay. want to make sure Force, you guys. I want. I don't there. want to be the Force only there. one speaking here. So we'll we'll come back to that then. Stein's yeah. get zero. Man, I heard this who's played was, this? Didn't it, like I, this just come out? I, 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 that's the that's the thing. Like I bought it. I, if, if, if I if I if I had time to play it after FF15 and actually got a good of a way through, I didn't add this. I don't know who did, but I would probably if I got to read more of it i would definitely pitch for this because i've heard so many good things about it, but i have no idea who, who did add it was it one of us could have been david yeah i have i have no way of telling without opening the thing but it doesn't it, like yeah it, it sounds like it's not gonna i'm just trying to get us down to like four or five right. no, uh, i think no, it was thrown no. on here for inclusion's sake rather i, than... I want to say unfortunately due to time constraints that like yeah I can't we, we kind of have to cut it time. because we can't defend it i think yeah, I, yeah. david may have had i heard the localization wasn't that great but so was steinsgate had that same type of problem but i heard like you know people could get into it but let me just mention real quick because i had this question before steinsgate zero is not a prequel or anything like that it actually takes okay. place between like so, episode 22 and 23 but i, I don't want to get into that because we've got i don't stuff to talk yeah about. i don't i don't want to get into it but the the premise of where steinsgate zero starts is a direct spoiler of the final ending of the first game yes okay yes. move on yeah. right yeah, um, on. let's move on okay so i'm a big fan of this game but i also think it's it can pretty easily be cut because they've made a lot of these games now and it is really just more of the same and you know it's, it, it doesn't do anything particularly new or different. You know exactly what you're getting. But you get um, right that's, uh, that, that's Ace Attorney Spirit of Justice. I would... Like, I all would those games... Be... Sorry, go ahead. Well, it's a good game. Don't get me wrong. I like it a lot. But in terms of this list, all those games, all six of those games, and eight if you count the, the, the bloody uh, Edgeworth spin-offs, are all broadly speaking the same. It doesn't really bring anything new to the table. Unlike five, it's not even bringing the new 3D visuals and stuff to the table, it's just the same thing. I was really pleased... I think pleased. I'd argue it's the safest entry in the that, series. I would say it's, it's, yeah. I would say it's uh, the best entry, one of the best, better entries in the series, because I think what the problem is, is that, so everyone holds the original... I'm sorry? I, that was just me expressing disbelief. Uh, no, 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 no. I, I, what, let me give you some context. That the original trilogy, which I played last year, nothing's going to beat that. That's for sure. Because it's, it's got an amazing arc to it as well. The original trilogy can hold up as some of the best um, experiences. I don't, I don't think it's really necessarily that... We can't really call Phoenix the Phoenix Wright series like a visual novel series because I think that's doing it a disservice because it's way more than that. Um, uh, but uh, I had a great time with those games. I will say that there was this, there was that period after Trials and Tribulations that the series kind of took a dip because it wasn't. Uh, you can kind of see like with Dual Destinies, it was kind of like a blip on the radar because it's like it started to kind of find its way again. I think Spirit of Justice, and I was mentioned before that I was playing it all the way up to that. I've gotten really far in that game, and I'm getting close to the end of it. But um, I will say that it, you mentioned that Dual Destinies for example, did the 3D visuals before. I think it does way better job with those visuals than it did before. It's yeah, but very... it's, a, it's an incremental sort of, you know... I, mean, I, I, I think that's 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 I, being reductive about it, because I, I think it's, I, I it's very it to... expressive. Like the, the... I, played it, I, played it to, I played it to finish, but I just sure. came out of it and I was like, yeah, that was the Phoenix Wright game sort of thing. It's, it's the same sort of reason why... Uh, you know, when in these awards we've had stuff like like some of the more some of the more iterative Zelda games on the list, they've been cut for similar reasons. They're, they're great games, but ultimately, they're, they're, there's nothing to, to write home about. People who people who like these games already know they like these games, and they already buy them, and they know exactly what they're getting. And I think there are other things on this list 
that are more immediately new and interesting and and exciting. That's all. I'm not saying it's bad. But I'm saying I definitely don't think it's top three for that reason. I would say it's that, you know, even if they're coming to the same thing, I think it's that what that's what makes a series so reliable in that whenever you go to it, you know you're going to find uh, a very yeah, but this, this award isn't this, this award isn't most reliable. It's best. No, I know that. I know that. But I think it's that as someone who you know who loves RPGs, for example, I think that this there's never been a better time to jump into the series than with Spirit of Justice. I think that absolutely. It's, I, I just yeah. I just don't think it's top three. I mean, I don't know if anyone else in this group has played it, but we might be the only two people. No, not yet. Okay, I played yeah, a bit of it, but it definitely go fucking play like it. But I, that's not where my argument's going to lie. So I guess I'm okay with that. Okay, so we will get rid of that. But now, so, okay, now. Uh, uh, let's, let's, can we go back to? Can we cut? Fury? Can we go back yes. to Fury? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, like, yeah. That. Oh, yeah, okay. We talked about this earlier. Really <laughs> it's, it's... I love that no one objected at all. <laughs> well, it's like it's, it's gone. Uh, I mean, like I said, it's. Like I said, Fury is one of those games. It's like I won't, I won't like object to it being cut, but it's definitely worth mentioning that like, mm-hmm. hey, it, this is definitely think, a I thing this year. Your 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 impassioned argument earlier allowed it to hang on for a little yeah. bit longer. But now it needs to go. Probably more mentioned than <laughs> okay, Fury's ever gotten elsewhere. Yeah. Okay, so maybe go down the list again. What's left? Left of, okay. Kind of so we, with so, the heavy hitters. So we have Owlboy, uh, Last Guardian, Gundam Breaker Three. Uh, Hitman, XCOM, and Dishonored. So six. Left. So cut it down to three. <laughs> I think. I think. Whew, I mean, boy. it sounded really good, but shouldn't we cut the game that's not localized and that only one of us has played? Like, two. shouldn't Gundam Breaker go? Oh, two. Okay. That's the that's it's the not... tough thing because it's like it was never localized for the West. It was localized for right. Asia territories. Yeah. Like I think it's I mean, it's kind of the argument like Josh, would you make the argument now or if the potential will, potential it might get actual localized? It's, it's not going to get localized in the West. I can hundred yeah, percent seems too likely. This seems uh, to be well, bad guy strategy moving forward with a lot of their more niche titles, like the yeah. Super Robot War games are going to follow suit with yeah, how this uh, works. It's just one of those. It's like I think it's unfair that like it gets disqualified because it didn't get uh, a, a Western release, even though it got an English version, so you can actually easily get it. And, like it's actually seriously one of the best like you know Diablo games this year. If you if you like Diablo, you should probably get this game. You know, it's 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 impressive, to say the least. I, I I think it's unfair to it that like just because it didn't get a Western release that it disqualified. Hey, I didn't it. say it. He said it. Don't blame us. <laughs> it, but 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 by that token, is yeah. Persona Five Game of the Year? Then you know what I mean? Because that yeah. didn't get an English version. That's, that's it doesn't all. have an English language translation. That's, 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 and, and it's also oh, getting localized as well. That's, that's important fair. to point. Yeah, because it was very clear that we were we all agreed it was going to be considered next year no matter what happens. So fair enough. Okay. I think we should talk about Hitman, XCOM, and Dishonored. Yeah, we have. There's some of these games we've kind of just assumed okay. are going to be top three. So, 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 right. so, so I'll say this outright. I think XCOM wins this category. Personally, mm, without I'm a shadow of a doubt, I'm not like, letting it's, it. Uh, it's yeah, fucking not. incredible. It's 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 literally, in my opinion, one of the best games of the year. In fact, there are in this list those three bottom ones that we've barely discussed are three of the are, are three of the best games of this year. Um, I, yeah, I would put yeah. Owlboy above everything else, but that's just my but, opinion. Uh, Hitman, you're the, but you're the Undertale guy from last year. So what does that mean? You got three. <laughs> you was in the top three of the overall. That means that's, that's a good our thing. arguments last year. We're so, uh, that. so uh, as somebody who's put in um, 
I'll take that. I don't. I, somebody who's put in, I don't know how many hours. I'll talk about Hitman a little bit. As far as the 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 RPG esque stuff in that game goes, the thing that's interesting is the is the is the play over and over again aspect of it. It's almost like a like you know, it's almost in a weird way roguelike esque. I've almost spent twenty hours on the first chapter. I have not gone yeah. past Paris. And you are actually, you know, you're doing you're you're, you're doing tasks to gain experience and unlock new things on each on each level. Then you're choosing your loadout and going into it from the sense of when you think about RPGs as being the most free form game genre. Hitman is one of the most free form games. That's true. Uh, going. Hitman is the role playing game. You are literally <laughs> you uh, know, taking up disguises like, to get. So, the so if I'm access. so if I'm talking about these free Western ones at the bottom, um, Dishonored Two is 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 an open world, Im- fully immersive first person stealth action thing. It has some RPG skill tree stuff. But again, it comes in. It comes into its own in the RPG sense in how it has, um, you know, a great deal of choice in terms of how you play with those systems. But and I think it's a fantastic game, um, and I think it has some of the most incredible level design of any game I've ever seen. The Clockwork Mansion in that game is something that I think is it's been talked about a lot already. But I think in in it's the sort of piece it's a sort of piece of design where in 10 years people will probably be talking about that and saying holy shit i still can't believe that this was a thing yeah that's not a technical level that is super um, impressive i can only imagine you, how... you don't know what that is it's a level where the whole the entire of this house is clockwork and you pull levers and it turns a room into another room but they've actually um it's actually all built like it, you could actually go out go out and build this in real life um, and you can do stuff like you can get behind the mechanisms if you're quick and sort of get behind and into the walls and stuff like that and use that to, to sneak up on people. And it is, it's, it's incredible. They've also got the amazing time travel mechanic, which people who are uh, at E3, Bethesda, Andrea will remember, Zach, yeah. where, you, where they have the, a device that lets you see uh, that, let you, that you see at the same location now and 30 years or 10 years in the yeah, past or something. I that, yeah. And right. you're jumping between the two and it's fantastic. However, I, if, if, if you're cutting one of those three, it's Dishonored, I think. Which is why I just said all that about Dishonored to get out of the way how amazing it is before saying, I think you cut Dishonored before you cut Hitman or XCOM. I would, I would fight for Pitman strongly. So that's, that's kind of where I was too. Hitman is mine out of those three too. So. I, 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 I between, between those three, I think this I agree, agree that Dishonored more uh, before Hitman. I, I think Hitman definitely has I, a spot. I need to play the first one though. I've not played the original Dishonored, so. I hated it. I, but... I, I, I want to suck. <laughs> well, but I heard two was way better than one. So. <laughs> yeah, I have heard that. But. I want to briefly also just say, you know, um, <clears throat> Dishonored, XCOM Two is. It, it, it is it, it's so close to an rpg it borders on being relevant to be nominated for full awards here i think it's mm. it's it's a fucking amazing game it's a game where i i had a pre-release build and i spent uh, at least 60 hours on that and since and then when the final game came out i've logged 146 hours on xcom 2 nice. it is a fucking incredible piece of work um, you know, all the characters have skill trees. You've got the permadeath. This is basically, you know, 
your Western equivalent of a of a of a tactics ogre or a Final Fantasy tactics or whatever. Huh. And tactics ogre, you threw that one out. That's awesome. <laughs> I, I I begin to wonder. Like I I feel like XCOM two has a better shot at like best full screen one that damage. I, I feel I, like it's, I, I think it's more of RPG more than I know. I still I don't think it's quite relevant. I don't think it belongs quite there, but you know. I, I think that it's. I always felt like when when it was on that list that it would be top three no matter what. Cause, so yeah. for, for for me for for me like for me the top three is Hitman, XCOM, and then one of one of the other remaining three. Oh, we didn't. We never. I mean, sorry to kind of I, move away from it right away, but we never really talked about Last Guardian. I think it's it. probably because it's a very divisive game. It's a fucking it's great game. Very new. Just came out too. To be quick, okay. So, so, so here's so here's my thing, and I, I can imagine Andrew and Aaron are both going to take issue with this, but me so too. I, I, I finished that game. Um, I think uh, so. I'm, I'm, it's it's an incredible piece of work. It's a great piece of artwork, um, but visually, it's all over the fucking place, even on a PS4 Pro. Which is insane. I don't, I don't considering get that. It doesn't look that good. Neither do I. Think, I. The creature looks very good. The environment and stuff. Uh. I didn't get that at all. And the camera is is. No, the camera is bad. The camera is bad, and mm-hmm. there's a very thin line between uh, between the creature feeling like a real animal and being annoying because it's not doing what you want it to do, and sometimes. Sometimes it crosses that line, and I was starting to get really pissed off. <laughs> um, I'm almost done with it, and I still haven't encountered that. Like I've encountered the frame rate drops, just in particular areas. But like, as far as like art style and things like that, I I don't really care to count the feathers on Trico and graphic fidelity and all of that mess. Um, but it, the art direction of that game is gorgeous. Yeah. It seems like what, what it does. What would I, sorry, I just want to mention. It seems like it sacrifices some of those gameplay mechanics for the uh, the connection that well, you that, have with Trico. That, that's how I feel. That's, more immersive that, effects. Yeah, yeah. Wait, w- w- games are always kind of like that. Like for example, like in Shadow of the Colossus, uh, yeah. Ar- Argo kind of controls work. Like in in most games with horses in them. Uh, like Zelda or Red Dead Redemption, whatever your horse. When you jump on a horse, it just you just control it. It's like driving a car in Grand Theft Auto. But in that game, you're at, you're what? It's true. It's no, true. no, no. They're, I'm they're, laughing because it's yeah. true. That's why. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but but in in that game, you're actually controlling the reins on the horse. And when you're under a giant colossus, and you're like uh, Argo, get over here. He's like, I'm not going over there. Oh, it's a giant ass monster. But yeah, but that's how I feel about uh, Trico. It's, it's taken to the next level in that I can get that some people might find that frustrating but i find it it pulls me more into the game that game instills a sense of wonder that i haven't felt in so long like it actually feels like something different and they i don't know i i adore it so that that i'm gonna fight to the nail for that one i mean there are moments in that game though like i'm trying to call trico and yeah he won't come but he's like running back and forth in a field not like knocking stuff over and pawing at it and getting like he's acting like a puppy so mm-hmm. you have to like get him to come and call him over and over. But the way like just those moments when you're having to call him over and over, I think those are pretty cute too and special. But I have more trouble like getting the little boy to like climb right than I do with having Trico issues. So that's always weird to me that that's everybody's like first issue is getting Trico to cooperate because I have way more issues like climbing all over Trico than I do with him himself. 
I don't know. Mm. Yeah. No, that's. I, I saw people having issues with like having the boy like pick up barrels and things. Is that like? Are the I didn't have. Of... I didn't I have that. I don't issue. think I've I've run into that. Okay. Okay. I, I don't. I don't know something. what. It, I don't know what it is about that game. Like I feel like it's it's a beautiful artistic achievement in one sense, and in another sense, it is. It it it, it, it it's it's a frustrating, weirdly dated video game, sort of in between the two. I think that's and what makes I, it great is that it's not like, think, say, for example, Final Fantasy 15 and that became like a zombie and that they kept trying to tack stuff onto it. Last Guardian feels like a game that really like dug its heels no, and it, stuck into the what game it was and kept being that way despite all the delays. It, it, it's a game that it's not the most mechanically tight. Like it, it, on paper, it would be better if the little boy was as, you know, controlled as tight as a platinum game. But I understand what they were going for. They weren't sacrificing their artistic vision. Again, you know, Trico doesn't always cooperate because if he always cooperated just like that, it would totally break the illusion that he that he's an animal. That's my takeaway from it, and that's why, like, it just it, it's just you never I've never really played something quite like this, and I always really disagree with this notion that like oh these games you know Ueda's games have been replaced by like journey and uh no. things like that <laughs> no. like i like no, it's no, no. it's total journey, total i i love journey but it's a totally different thing like yeah. these things can exist and and yes it is very much of its era because it is it is interesting when you it's hard to not compare and contrast final fantasy 15 and the last guardian because final fantasy 15 has changed so much from when it was first shown the last yeah. guardian looks exactly like the game that they revealed yeah. um for better or for worse, some people might, uh, you know, it 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 is a bit antiquated in some senses, but like I appreciate it as a whole, what it's trying to do, and it just it pulls uh, me in in a way that uh, yeah. Go ahead. If if okay, if we if we look at if we if people look at this list, what it, what is what would everybody's top three be? Be that be out of these mm-hmm. six games that are now here. It seems like it seems like Hitman, I, Last Guardian, and maybe XCOM should be. For should be tough. I'm gonna not. fight for Owlboy. I, I like Owlboy. Last guy. I want. I want to hear about Owlboy. I have not played it, but basically everyone who has played it like raves about it. So like, from what I, from my perspective, there's obviously something there, but I don't know what. So can Zach like pitch a defense for it? Because so, I don't even really know what it I is. I mean, just to be sure, Andrew, you also played it. No, I haven't played it yet, but I purchased it. But I've been reading a ton about it, and I think the art's gorgeous. So it's, and I watched somebody play it a little bit. Absolutely. It's so it's if we're going to talk about a game that creates an experience that and it never deviates from that experience, I think Owlboy nails every single thing it's setting out to do. For one thing, the characters are incredibly likable, no matter what side you're on, good or bad, because there's a lot of nuance to those characters. There's a lot of interesting writing. Sorry to interrupt, but can you just kind of explain what the game is first? Like, so I have like some context. I don't even know what it is. The platform. Yeah, and and I'm just going to grab a drink, but I am listening. I'm going to turn you up really loud and mute the mic. (laughs) (laughs) Well, so it's 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 all about like this boy, uh, literally owl boy. It's a boy that looks like an owl, Uh, and the way it starts is that you're kind of just this. Sorry, it's been a little bit since I played it. Um, but you're, you're, the way the story begins is that you know, as soon as you start, uh, you find out that your main character is a mute. So what happens is that people just don't understand him, and so he's having trouble uh, getting the hang of this owl training school because there's like these very proud owls. You know, they're very proud people, and that they they take their training very seriously. And when owl boy has trouble, you know, getting the hang of it. Uh, all of a sudden he becomes like this 
this very much a bullied person. Like he's he's looked down on. He's insulted. You know, people make fun of him all the time, and for for all these inadequacies that he has, uh, he even has trouble like flying, for example. And so, and, and, you know, just for his inability to speak, you know, and it's something that I think a lot of people can relate to, like people who are shy or literally cannot speak. And so what happens is that uh, you shortly into it, he starts to, you know, he, he has these friends, these very uh, endearing friends that he has who can help, you know, kind of build strength within him. And, you know, someone he can kind of rely on to help get him through these sad moments that he's experiencing. And, you know, they can lean on them and, you know, people who stick up for him. And, and he does the same to other people as well. Like these, these other characters that uh, are just as bullied that they, they kind of like, you know, try to try to deal with it together. And I think it's that that type of scenario is something that I think a lot of people can relate to. And I love how what, what it does throughout the course of the story is that these these characters experience a lot of emotion and, you know, these nuances that I talked about before uh, that. So. For example, like in some RPGs, something happens and there's a resolution and no one talks about it anymore. You know, it just it kind of happens and moves on. In Owlboy, what happens is that something happens and it sticks with them throughout the rest of the game. There's something that they, they just kind of hold on to and uh, they they uh, like the like any important decision. It's like these sad, for example, like sad moments whenever there's a sad moment in the game, it doesn't just immediately get swept under the rug, like a Disney movie or something where it's like, everyone's happy, don't worry about it, you know, whatever happened. In this game, um, instead of being very optimistic about what happens, it stays with you. And it it kind of changes their entire outlook on the on everything that's happening around them and the rest of the, the journey that they, they go through. Uh, and even themselves, you know, their characters, uh, you can very much... Um, tell that these characters are changing in front of you over the course of the game, and I think that's that's very hard to do because uh, you know it's it's not really something you can relate to about a, a boy, but you can tell the people that made this game understand these feelings that these characters have, and maybe have you know affected them in their own lives. So that kind of relation that you have with these characters, uh, the relatability. Uh, only improves the game itself, the experience that you have. There's this depth that the, each character has. Each character has. Let me be clear about that. That there's multiple layers to these people that you get to know them over the course of that. And the writing is just so good. So good. Uh, I, I want to bring in some of my own personal biases into this. And I, and I, and I hope you don't take this the wrong way. And I, and I don't mean to be like super critical. But as someone who really doesn't put, like, I don't really put much, too much value in, like, story in games. The fact that you said literally nothing about the actual game itself. You asked me what the story was. I can tell you, you what the gameplay was if you want, because you just like, asked me about the story. Like, you actually kind of bored me, to be quite honest. Like, like what do you actually do in this game type of thing? Like, I mean, I, I can tell you I mean, you that's, my own, that's, my own personal, that's my own personal biases on these things. But, it's so, a platform. It's like... Yeah. <laughs> it's a platformer. I mean, you asked me about the story, so I was telling you the story because you asked me what, what what actually happens. But in the gameplay itself, it's actually just as good. So the great thing about – let's talk about like visuals as well because I want to make sure I, I touch upon that before I get right into the story. Um, the game has a lot of systems in it, a lot of rendering systems. There's, It's not – 
a 16-bit game. It is a game that could not run on the PlayStation 3, for example. You know, the developers even told me as much about that. So the way the gameplay works is that... Um, uh, well, let me, let me kind of... I'm sorry, I'm, I'm kind of collecting my thoughts here about how I want to start about that. It's that there's the, the flying mechanics is very important. There's like a partnership system in, in the way it works. Uh, there's a pacing to it that's exciting, that's fun, because it mixes combat... Uh, with exploration and so you've got uh, you got like the, your friends that you meet all these different people that that you you uh, I'm, I'm sorry I'm, I'm kind of losing my train of thought here um, let, let me no, let me come back to it in a second I'm sorry I just need I, I'm, I'm trying to kind of remember uh, <laughs> which I guess doesn't really help my thought that but you've got well, so I, you got you got main, the main character Elbor and he's got like three different people three three, three partners that you experience over the course of this that can act as uh, uh, different. Uh, uh, sorry, they have different. Like, they're like, I'm, I'm assuming they're like partner characters, and they each can do like something different on the on the field in terms of how you explore or something. Yeah, 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 exactly. So they have different like projectiles. Uh, so like, there's like a blaster, like a, a shotgun. There's uh, these different things. I think it's 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 beyond the combat though. Is the way that it 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 kind of uh, blends the environment with the gameplay itself and that like there's these very fast paced moments in this game where like the whole world, like you're trying to escape from like a, a cave and like everything's crumbled on you. So you have to kind of quickly get around all these different areas. There's a lot of puzzles, very smart puzzles in this game that I also really enjoyed um, these escape sequences. And I think it's, 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 it's like, it's not so much the gameplay itself because I think the cool thing about it is that the boss battles are fun. There's this really nice choreography to the way that the environment and the hazards within that environment kind of uh, have your heart racing in some in, in some cases, uh, and it doesn't get boring. You know, the, the gameplay itself, the way it mixes, uh, like I mentioned, the combat with the exploration and and the way that the environment can work against you in some cases. It doesn't feel predictable. There's always something surprising that happens in, in these cases. And there's these very, this very interesting like upgrade. It, it, it's kind of it's kind of modest in a sense. It's got this upgrade system that allows you to say like you know uh, uh, upgrade your weapons, uh, increase uh, your health containers, and things like that. Um, but the gameplay itself relies a lot on like your reflexes. And once again, the visual style in this game is bar none some of the best looking sprite work you're going to see. Around, everywhere, anywhere, you know, uh, the way the visual effects play into not only just you know enhance the sense of danger that you might be experiencing, uh, but it, it's it's, some, it's breathtaking in a sense that there's a lot of like these. It's not just you know very narrow, small environments. The way the world kind of just opens up and you take everything in. There's these layers to the world itself, like a lot of stuff in the background and the foreground, the way it plays off of each other. Uh, I think is a very amazing experience. And that's kind of what it comes down to is that I think as a whole, Alloboy is able to accomplish a lot considering it's a game that's been in development longer than maybe Last Guardian has been. It's actually been, it's been around for maybe like, I don't know, like eight or nine years. Uh, It's been almost a decade. It's been about a decade since that game was first kind of uh, released. It's kind of funny because I'm I'm even covering another game, Hard Fourth Alicia, that's also been in development for about a decade. Um, But it, 
I think these guys were able to accomplish something that uh, very few games of their budget are able to do ever. You know, it, it's. I think that uh, the reason I didn't touch too much about on the combat itself is because my the way I because Adam, you talked about you know the game that you the thing that you care more about is more like gameplay rather than story. I think for me, the game, the the story itself was very touching, was very moving, was almost like when I finally beat the game, it was bittersweet. I felt sad that I was, I was, I was, the game was almost over and the way it did end, it's a very satisfying ending. Let me, let me do mention that story can entice me. Like, for example, I played very, this is off topic, but like I played Suikoden 2 recently and it's like the gameplay there is nothing special, but it's a, you know, the story is what makes it. So I can understand when that's like the key thing that really is the whole, you know, thing that locks the game in type of, you know, yeah, me too. deal. It's, it's, it's just a very heartfelt game. It's, uh, there's a uh, great art in the storytelling. I think everything comes together very much, uh, it's a, as a package, it's it's very captivating to me. Okay, so right, one moment. So we've we've heard that argument <clears throat> going around the group now. Adam, what would you what what would you pick as your top three out of the out of the remaining okay, five? Uh, I mean, I have to be honest Not, and say you don't I, have to pick a winner, but just well, out of the. Okay, let me let me let me let's go down what's left. We have Owlboy, we have Hitman, we have XCOM Two. Gundam Breaker 3 and The Last Guardian. Those are the five that we basically need to narrow it down to three. Yeah. Um, I have to be honest and say I have not played any of these, but I have seen Hitman being played, and I have seen a little bit of XCOM 2 being played. And so, and from what I've from the type of games I have played and that I am familiar with, I do think that Hitman and XCOM 3, or XCOM 2, excuse me, um, are top three material. And as for the other one, I'm gonna maybe pick. I don't know. They they the last guardian arguments were were pretty convincing to me from both uh, Darren and Andrea. So maybe those would be my top three: Hitman, XCOM 2, and Last Guardian. Not not I don't want to like shit on Owlboy, but just okay. those three are just what I'd have to pick. It's okay, Kyle. I'll take credit for your argument. Yeah, I was gonna say. Right? <laughs> oh, it was Kyle. Sorry. All yeah. me. <laughs> Andrea, what about you? Okay, um, so for once to cut, I'm in a position with, uh, I really want to play. I would say pick your top three now. Okay, well, it would be Owlboy, Last Guardian, and Hitman. But with Gundam Breaker 3, I do want to say, like, between it and Owlboy, I'm in a position where I really want to play both of those, and I just haven't. But based on what I've seen from both of those, I think I'll enjoy Owlboy more. Just because Gundam Breaker 3, I'm really excited for the customization aspect of that. But, I mean, as far as combat, like, it, it's, for me, another hack and slash is what it looks like. I mean, I don't I don't really know if that's the extent of it. But I, I still want to play both of them, but I'd, I'd cut it. Kyle. Uh, Zach actually sold me, so I'm going to change one of mine. I would choose <laughs> Owlboy and... But from what everything, everything I've heard, I think Hitman sounds amazing so i'm going to keep that as well and last guardian is my pick so yeah. uh, like i should say though uh josh did a very good job of selling uh gundam breaker 3 it actually does sound like something i like because i do really like diablo at action rpgs like that so it's something i maybe i'll maybe i'll try it it sounds cool but i don't know anything about gundam so that you don't need to okay. that's the best part about it josh uh i think it comes down for me my top three would definitely be hitman Cowboy and Gundam Breaker 3. And I, I, it's not to say that I don't like XCOM 2. I really do like XCOM 2. I just feel like that 
I, I think that has a better shot at best big screen. Like uh, to me, that's a, that's much as much of an RPG as any of the other games on that list, personally, because mm-hmm. it's like a strategy RPG to me. That's I what I thought it fair. was. So. <laughs> and to be and this is maybe thinking ahead of it. I don't know if any of the other big screen RPGs are are any more uh, uh, worth. <laughs> It. Well, that's, that's, I we'll think XCOM has a chance. Yeah, Darren. I originally had yeah. pegged XCOM two as one of the top three. So are we moving that, or what are we doing? Well, no, that? this is what you would pick for your top three. I'd be looking at XCOM two, Hitman, and Gun and Breaker three. I I can't really say much in Last Guardian because it's a game that I have not personally played yet. I own a copy, haven't put it up yet. I've I've heard great things about it. I've heard some conflicting things about it. It's had such a long story development history. I'm not sure what direction that will take. I think the visuals for Alloy are amazing. The story sounds really compelling, but from the demo that I played and what I've seen a lot of gameplay from it, the gameplay looks kind of typical of your indie platformer. And I don't think that really, I'm kind of on the same side as Adam, where I really value the gameplay aspect of most games. So that's where I stand with those. I understand. I just, I just want to mention real quick that it might seem typical just from like very basic uh, shots and all that stuff. But the way it plays with the visuals, I think, is very powerful. But I, you know, I obviously accept that. Uh, uh, Brian, uh, I would pick Hitman, and then XCOM Two and Last Guardian. What are you doing with the stands kids here, Brian? You just suddenly made the uh... line go a lot farther. Do you really do that much? <laughs> Sorry, I have not. Uh, Aaron. Um, I'm probably gonna go with The Last Guardian, Hitman, and XCOM 2. She knows. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I would pick XCOM, Hitman, and probably Gundam Breaker 3, actually. Yeah. There so, you go. okay, so based so, on the based on the based on the votes. Hey, now, what about me? <laughs> oh yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> Because you spoke for fucking ages about Owlboy. Sorry. <laughs> I thought all three were Owlboy. Owlboy? All three votes for Owlboy, yes. <laughs> so it's, it's better than Last Guardian. No, I, I, the no. problem is is that, you know, Shadow of the Colossus is my favorite game of all time. I've, I've mentioned that before, and I'm still waiting to play it, so I can't speak on it. I'm sure I would choose it, but just based on the games I've played, it would be Owlboy, Hitman, and I guess XCOM 2. Hitman seems like it's going to win this one. I don't know. We'll find that out. But. How many? How many people that who, who have voted for Hitman have played it though? I played, I played like two hours. <laughs> I've watched it for a lot. Yeah, so. I think that's. I mean, as long as you've seen enough of it, I think that's. Yeah, be yeah. So okay, but based okay, so based on the votes, player top three is indeed Hitman XCOM, Last Garden. So, yeah. what I would say about this is, I I genuinely do think that. Um, that XCOM shouldn't sit in the big screen category later on. Um, because we talked earlier on about developer definitions mm-hmm. and, you know, Fraxis doesn't really look at it that way. Um, they look at it more as a, as, a, as a strategy, as a full-on strategy game. It is really more of a full-on strategy game. The RPG elements are very light. They're very light touch. But yeah. I think they're just very well done, light touch. That would be, yeah, um, be kind of. Uh, that, would be almost that's the reason why you know, around the game's release, we ran an article that was that was literally titled "Why RPG Fans Should Care About XCOM 2." Mm-hmm. Sure enough, there are some games in that ca- in those categories, in like the best big screen category, for instance, like your Deus Ex, for instance, which is a lighter touch RPG. But even Deus Ex being lighter touch, 
is a million times more in depth in those systems than XCOM ever gets. But that doesn't mean XCOM isn't fantastic. Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so, but basically, what I'm saying is, I would be happy with that top three based on the group vote. Fair enough. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. Play Owl Boy. Uh, You'll love it. I'm very surprised that Gundam Breaker 3 got this far, so uh, thank you. <laughs> Team Gundam. Gundam Breaker 3, and, and I'll break a tide for the. For the for yeah, that's that's well. very surprising, in my opinion. Elboy's better than Gundam. Let me just mention Dark Just kidding. Even though I didn't say Gundam Breaker 3 in my top three, like I, Josh kind of, like, in a sense, sold me on it. I mean, Josh has made me want to buy that game. <laughs> So I, I go to play Asia now. right now. I do think he's right in that sense is that you don't have to even like Gundam to enjoy that game from what I've been watching of it. And it's going to be one that I buy soon. I mean, like, for example, like, you know, some of the customization stuff he said kind of reminded me of like Armored Core, which right. doesn't have, you know, like it doesn't you don't have to know anything about Armored Core. You're just like, hey, I'm just going to put a <laughs> Armored Core, the amazing lore. You just put some cool weapons <laughs> oh, together and start blowing stuff up. You know? and There's this so, giant like dark mech that's off in the distance. It's like a giant. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway. Yeah, it's I think that Gun and Breaker 3, I mean, if we had the time to play it, if it actually got localized, that'd be badass. But clearly you can just if you buy some credit, you can buy it on the the Singapore store, whatever it is. Uh, okay, so I, I, if we're saying those are our top three, mm-hmm. I, based on the votes, even though my personal pick would be would be XCOM, based on the votes, um, Hitman wins. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's the it, best Hitman it, game it, ever. <laughs> so. Yeah, I, I, I think uh, Hitman takes this one for sure. And at the end of the day, we're looking at games that we think non-RPG or uh, that are non-RPG games in definition that RPG fans will really like, and I think Hitman does fulfill a lot of that. You do, and it is fantastic. There's a lot of quests. There's a lot of like conversation that happens, and I think there's a lot of appeal there. So much role playing. So much role playing. You actually Chico would stomp all over that people. bald motherfucker. Yeah, <laughs> okay, Chico, but, Chico so, would eat him. But yeah, exactly. So we we get him behind that. Last Guardian, Hitman, and XCOM with Hitman as our as our top. (laughs) I just want to see the reaction to this. Like Hitman, what? But yeah, it's it's. I totally agree. I think that that's 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 what it should be. Hitman, XCOM two. So that's what we're going to agree on. Yes. Yeah, Yeah. and and if you told me last year that that Hitman would be on this list at all, I would have laughed at you. Fucking crap. Season two, baby. Season two for twenty seventeen. Best (laughs) two years running. That's, Put that that's on good. the box. Yep. That's good, though. Okay. Weren't, weren't the last couple Hitman games terrible? Uh, exactly. Like, anyways. A, a, anything, like, contrast. everything that led up to, the, to Hitman's release, like, it was kind of, like, kind of, uh, as well, like, when they decided to go through the episodic format, and everyone's like, oh, man, because this used to be, and like, hey, a... Square Enix mm-hmm. won something this year. Oh, What of many, right? Savage. That's what we're saying. And what of many awards So... Okay, right. so let's. Um, I think we should just truck on because this is already going ages. Um, okay, so let's, let's just. I've got. Let's... I've got a change. I'm going to suggest in categories as well. I'm going to suggest on the fly removing one category and adding another. But we'll get to that when we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. Okay. Right. Next up is best writing, script, okay. and localization. You know, basically, it, this encompasses all the categories. It's the best story execution. So that can be for good localization, uh, good writing, um, good so, plot work, whatever. 
Sorry, just the, some of the nominations. <laughs> yeah, there's a couple here. I'm kind of like rolling my eyes at. It's going to get cut pretty fucking quick. I'm let's no. Like, let's keep. Let's go so, through them. List them off. We have. I want to hear him so say them. Say them. So we have Tyranny. We have Dark Souls Three. We have Ray Gigant. We have Xanadu Next. We have SMT4 Apocalypse. Shimigami Tensei. We have Final Fantasy IX HD PC re-release. We have Pokemon Sun and Moon. We have uh, Trials of Cold Steel 2. We have Final Fantasy 15. Uh, we have uh, <laughs> Agony again. Phoenix Wright Spirit of Justice. We have uh, Mega Dimension Neptunia 7. <laughs> like what? Hey. Jeez. Let me read the rest. And Super Robot Wars OG, the Moon Dwellers, and Project Cross Zone 2. Awesome. So the right. bottom three, okay. right? Yeah, yeah, let's right. <laughs> okay. Let's hey, hey, kill hey, Neptunia hey. right away. Hey. Leave Project X on alone. Yeah, damn right. I, 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 damn right. You better fucking leave that shit alone. Wow. Better leave Mega Dimension on this Passion list. Passion, wow. defense, over I, I don't know why okay. Neptunia is on this list. Because it's got Thanks. the best rating in 2016. I'll say this right I, now. It's got the best right in 2016. It's cross zone, Brian. Okay, I see oh. it. It's cross zone. Yeah, it's cross zone. All right, X zone. All right. Okay, Can first I go of all, proposing. Well, Final Fantasy okay. Nine. Are we counting that? No. No. Actually, no. actually no. I think we put that on tongue in cheek, but I think we can. I love we it. can I think deep down in our hearts, Final we know Fantasy it's the real IX. winner. But it, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But I think we can get rid of it. So, so goodbye, yeah. Final Fantasy Nine. So, uh, so I, I'm gonna kill the one I nominated, and that's Dark Souls Three because I'm the only one that cares about the lore. So, and even I then, think I, it's fantastic. But it's yep. so it, 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 its greatest strength is also its greatest weakness, which is yeah. yeah it's so. I want to mention. I want to say this real quick. Mega Dimension outlasted Final Fantasy IX and Dark Souls Three. I'll take that. Let's take Mega Dimension off. That's good. No, well, sure. It's, like, it's better. It's, it's better than those two games. When it's it. the third one out, I'll not, take neither that. Final Fantasy IX and Dark Souls Three would not be something I'd be embarrassed if no, an adult no way song we did this. playing it's the it. Order of greatness. You know? <laughs> so Mega Dimension better than Final Fantasy IX and Dark Souls Three story. Okay, we got this. I, I, I will say, in Dark Souls Three's defense, like it is the what is one of the strongest uh, campaigns in that whole series. Let's get rid of let's get rid of Neptunia. But I do think. <laughs> no, I don't know. Um, Actually, now that you say it, it I seems kind think, of off. Let's leave Dark Souls on there for 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 a little bit longer. No, there's a I couple of games on here that I would okay. that I would okay. cut. Okay. There's one I want to there's one I want to cut because I added it, but I wanted basically okay. So Ragegon. When I played through this game, I was really surprised how well I liked the writing of this game. It's basically localized by an, by like one ex Namco Bandai guy, for wow. um, for a, a a tiny tiny new studio called Actil. And I was really surprised like how much I was like invested in this game, and how good the writing was, and how believable the characters were. This game basically is like a visual novel slash dungeon crawler, but. So I wanted to mention that, like, I was really surprised how much I was like invested in this game, and especially when I just mentioned that story usually doesn't best me, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, even on that, even the fact that I'd be defending it by myself and no one else has played it, I am mm-hmm. disappointed in how where the story actually went and how it actually concluded. Even though I like the writing and the actual like diction and things like that, the actual plot itself was disappointing in how it ended to me. So on that alone, I want to cut it, but I did want to just bring it up. I, I yeah, and, and so it doesn't get like I know it gets getting shafted in here like nonstop, but I will like admit that like you know the new Neptunia game this year, Victory Two, like it, 
like say what you will about just the whole series and all the characters and whatnot. It's it's definitely the strongest like mainline game in that series. They did a yes. lot of smart decisions to really tighten up the writing in that game. There's a point like in the second chapter where all the the four main characters like split up. And they actually get uh, put the spotlight just not on Neptune, but all the other three characters, and th- their personalities get to really shine on their own. I actually do like playing pl- playing this game because Neptune wasn't in the fucking main party twenty four seven. Like it it, g- it gave them you know a, a bit of the spotlight, and they uh, met new characters like the the new characters Let's, that represented uh, gameplays like uh, C Sharp. Uh, like Bishop or Bandai Namco, and like they all they have, they all have their own little quirks. Like Sisha is like uh, acts like Dante, but likes the going monster hunting. Uh, Bisha has a weird fascination with mechs. Bandai Namco, her special really has... ability is getting in a mech. It's <laughs> fucking yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it, it's just the way they kind of poke spot at their own, you know, the uh, the publishers that they represent, and how that mixes in with their own like relations with the like you know the bigger publishers like Microsoft and Sony. There's like really weird meta things in there that like it, it's. If you're not actively okay. paying attention to, to it, it's, you'll miss it. But it's the it's best it. Neptunia game that they've ever released. It's, and I know that's not saying much think, for it as fans of those types yeah. of games, like a super niche like JRPG anime style. If you're into those types of games, making to mention Neptunia 7 is the best entry point. I, I, th- I think it's... Okay, it's, it's, so it's we're cutting it. Okay. I'll also say about Ragnarok, like, that's, it's nice that we got that mention, like, especially if that, you know, that being one dude, like Adam said, that's, that's really fucking cool. So kudos to him. Um, I um, mm-hmm. I, I feel like <laughs> I, I feel no. I feel like I, you know. I don't want to feel like I'm picking on this game, but I feel like Spirit of Justice can probably go like again for exactly the same reasons as as I said in the previous category. It's fine. It's fun. But in terms of it doesn't really do anything interesting to advance the the, 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 the characters and stuff of that series. I will say that to be honest, they're... that's kinda how I feel about Dark Souls three as well. It's not it doesn't yeah. really stand out or anything from the other games in that in that trilogy. It's just if kind I... of more the same. If I were to talk about Dark Souls, because I, I was the one that reviewed it for the site, and I'm obviously a huge fan of those games, but without actually spoiling it i think that dark souls three reminded me of the legend of zelda twilight princess where there were points where it was so concerned about reminding you of what came before in twilight princess it was ocarina of time and in dark souls 3 it's dark souls 1 and there are reasons for that i understand yes i know the world is literally the same world as the first one it's just been built over but it's it, it coddles to nostalgia too much for my taste. And I'm like, oh, I get it. I get who this boss is supposed to be. I think it's like too safe a lot with Dark Souls. Yeah, it's like they're, exactly. they're pushing that so hard to appeal to that core audience from one that they went way too safe it, with the lore it, after Dark it, Souls 2 was like completely different yeah, lore it, it point feels, where it alienated people. It feels like a reaction to the second one where that I do think it's like, way better than the second one, though. But, I wanna, yeah. Okay, so I want to I want to pair this down. I think I think. I want to come back to Dark Souls after we've talked about one of a particular game, but like I, th- I do think Ace Attorney doesn't belong in terms of the best writing script or localization I, of I, the year. That's, I think it's a good I'll, story. I'll take that, but I, I will mess, mention that. I think that as much as we're getting rid of Spirit of Justice early in, in both these categories, I do want to say that I still it's a great feel game. like, yeah, it's, it's a real return to form for that series that needed to find its identity because it was kind of lost there for a bit there. I think it does a lot of things amazingly well. I will mention that they don't rely too much on 
like fan service in a sense. Like they're not putting Maya in the game all the damn time. They actually switch out for these other characters and kind of change it around that I think I personally appreciate because it's not like they're kind of trying to, it's not so much like when you mentioned Dark Souls 3, trying to like recapture a lot of these older things, like a reaction. I think, oh, but it fucking is. It fucking is. It, it, it is in a sense. I do want to mention. About. It's I do all about, to... okay, here's Emma, here's Maya. Like it's all it's fucking all that, that in your face. I feel and like Like that's one of the reasons. It's a great game. Do not get me wrong, but I just don't think it tracks on this list. I, I was gonna actually give like a critique about it as well, in that um, it still has that same problem. And that, for example, like I think, it, but this is more on the mechanics than it is about the writing. Although it does that as well, uh, it does play into that. And in that, say, if you got like two pieces of evidence that you want to present that both say the exact same thing the writing is not clear enough than what it wants and i think that's part of the problem i do like i do kind of like the localization though in spirit of justice and that it although it was kind of he- silly hearing like heavens to betsy like the first time i heard that i was like what and, like it does have some weird that's, writing that's, things again but it's, it's that's the fine. argument i was, I was making it's earlier fine. that's just a staple of this series those yeah, yeah, few yeah. phrases stuff like that you know in, in that sense you know uh the, the tone of of the ace attorney series that alexander o smith set up in the first game feels like a natural conclusion of say you know it feels like one of those few japanese games that has that sort of attitude to localization that like this the the, the super nintendo final fantasy games has some son of a submarine or yeah 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 uh, um yeah but, uh, but i last... think it doesn't but i Sorry. think it's right here oh i was just gonna say i know because it's the last category that we have it in here for i just want to last say is that if you feel like you there's not there's never been a better time to jump into the Ace Attorney series than with this one. Play the trilogy we, first, and then play this. We have one. praised it. We have praised it enough. People know. I want to. I want to talk about the elephant in the room on sure. this category, which is which is which is Final Fantasy 15. Do you want to talk about that first uh, or these other ones first? Though I feel like I want to talk about that first because sure. I think that I think the decision we make about this game is going to shape the way this category shakes out. Because I think it's a really interesting game. Because in one sense, it absolutely has the best writing and localization of the year. Uh, and in another sense, it is a complete disaster. Yeah, so can I, can I can I ask? Because I'm I'm a new Final Fantasy fan, but can I ask all of you who've been with the series forever? Would you say that this game is like a step down from like things like Nine? Like so you, most thing. games are. <laughs> yeah. so, so Aaron's about to Aaron's about to go off on one. But, so what I'll say is I think that the, the the core four members of the cast and the main antagonist of the game are literally the the, the best written characters in the Final Fantasy series. There are certainly characters agree, that I've okay. <laughs> there are certainly characters that I've liked more, but in terms of the, the, the way those four guys interact, the way they mesh together they well, I mean, that's basically fantastic. all it is, though. Like, all you see well, are their interactions together, but the characters well, that, that, other than Noctis don't really get any development, and that's actually part of the problem with the writing. Well, that's, 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 I think all three of those guys get development. I think that, that, that main cast gets development. My issue with the game is that the actual storyline, it's a game where stuff happens, for the most part, away from you at a distance, and you just hear about it. In terms oh, of yeah, world that's, events. that's the main problem. They uh, everything is off screen, basically. Is yeah, and apart and apart from apart from Aranea, whose plot line is lifted entirely from another character who shares her name in an older Final Fantasy game. It, none of the supporting cast actually have arcs. Many of them just have straight lines. They have to patch in a fucking storyline. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> 
So it's like it's that yeah. weird thing. That I almost want to like I almost would want Final Fantasy 15 to be in the top three in order to acknowledge the incredible um, work done on those four characters. And also, I think some absolutely phenomenal localization work. Yeah, um, I do agree with the localization. The, 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 there's a really interesting thing about how they changed the final line of that game, and I won't talk about it because spoilers. But um, but there's a there's a really incredible difference between what the final line of that game is. In having not knowing how that game ends, uh, you saying that reminds me of Final Fantasy X. It's changing that line. Right. So here's um, the thing with FF15, like it's i i love the actual like just events that go on in it but it's like going from point a to point b there were 10 storyboards in between and the final part of it, like, there was only like three storyboards let's say that's what it felt like um it's just there like you said the main four i'm okay with like noctis grew with me as a character but, like when i first talked to you about it alex i wasn't too hot on, on, on noctis but second half of the game especially like the final moments with him i really and after like putting down the game after the main story and thinking about it over reviews, like I really like Noctis as a character now a lot. But the yeah. the, the other three I think guys he has a lot in common with Lightning. In that I think he's a fantastic lead in a not very fantastic story. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but the other three guys, like they could be so much more. Like I I don't agree that they don't get like sure they develop just a tiny bit. But if you got more development like from Gladio, like when you're on the way to the, the actual Titan fight. Like, if there was more moments like that with Gladio, and he actually, there was actually a logical question. Well, hey, question. guess what? There's going to be mm-hmm. a DLC. I know. Where you find out what happened. Or, and he's like, okay, guys, peace out for a little bit. And, and, and like, like, and when you were, when you were, uh, when you were talking about this, uh, you mentioned to me, Alex, uh, there's a certain point in the story where we find out, you know, the truth about Prompto and, like, how that was kind of completely yeah, yeah, shoved yeah. under the rug. It's like, oh, it's like, I wait, laughed, I laughed that, so that, hard. <laughs> that reveal comes out of nowhere. Yeah. And... And there's elements of that reveal that aren't even in the game. They're only in the fucking no, strategy guide, no, which is like, terrible. No, like, so when it showed up, I was like, what? Like, seriously? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I still haven't watched King's Live. I still haven't watched Brotherhood, so I don't know if those... Well, like, see, that's uh, the other part of the problem is, mm-hmm. like, for a long time, they kept saying, oh, no, you, you know, this stuff doesn't matter. But if you want, like, you know, legit character development between the bros, then you should probably watch the anime because, I mean, that's all that it is, basically. Well, can I say something? I'm not, um, like, here's my input. I'm not that far into the game. I'm in Chapter 8, which is, like, the last open-world chapter before, it, like, I guess the second half linear stuff. Uh, basically, you're almost to the part where the story takes a massive nosedive. Well, off the- um, what I, want, I want to say a couple things. First of all, when you talk about, like, like this backstory with Prompto, like, I'm trying to, like, see, like, is there any clue whatsoever, like, up to this point? <laughs> there isn't. No, there, like, is, there, there is not. There is- there's yeah. not a clue until the. There's, there's not a clue until a literally weird, the moment it happens. There's, there's a couple. Of, there's a couple of weird story things up to this point, and okay, minor spoilers, but like, like okay, we need to get to Altisha, but wait, before we do that, let's um, we have to go get our car because it was stolen, and then we have to like, okay, let's go to Cape Kayam, and oh wait, there's another base here, and let's just take it out because we feel like it, and. Then that's where they don't, meet Ari- Don't forget about Jared, who oh, yeah, you know, and then like, like two fucking lines, lines, and you know, all of a sudden he he something happens to him, and and the entire cast Ooh. is like, oh, this is awful. You know, we have Not to Jared. avenge him. 
poor Jared. <laughs> well, I, Brian was actually watching me play this part, so it's like, okay, we're gonna go to Cape Kayam so we can go to Altissa. And then like they they're driving there, they see like a like an imperial plane go to a base, and then they just kind of like immediately like oh let's take that base out and I'm just like poor yeah, are you guys really, doing this? I really hated that part because it kind of destroyed the sense of urgency of like hey you need to get to Altissia, but wait you you have plenty of time to go and do this thing regardless. It's, it's like they don't like the first base they take they take out is like okay they need to get the car back, and then like the second base it's literally like let's just take it out because we can and just like wait. What? So yeah. even, what I'm getting at is even the writing up to where I am is like, what is this? I think well, the, the bottom line is is the interaction between the guys and what we love so much about it enough to make up for what we hate about it. No, and I mean, I for me, no. I, I agree with Alex. Because what the, the fuck is Luna? So <laughs> I agree with Alex. I, I think some oh, of the God. interactions are really believable. Like. Yeah, like there, there's, a, there's a there's a there's there's a there's a scene early on which I think is optional between Noctis and Prompto, where they like are sitting at the on this on the roof of a motel. Yeah, it, it and, is actually optional, and I didn't get it until I beat the game, and I Jesus, was like, wow. oh, <laughs> And Prompto is basically like, and this is what made me like Prompto as a character up to now is Prompto is basically like, well, Ignis and Gladiolus, they have like a purpose and they have a reason to be here, but I'm only here because I just want to be. I just and, like, like part of the road trip, man. It sounds like... And, like Sorry, that, that was believable to me, but <laughs> that alone, based on all this other stuff, like Kingslave, like random cutscenes from Kingslave, like being... Oh, those are spice. awful. Like, Let's not talk about how the Omen trailer was. I feel, like, I, I don't I feel like they added that stuff in because people complained about like no CC cutscenes. Yeah, so I don't think it makes up for it. Like, I don't think this is. I, you know, I want to. I want to acknowledge how great I think the guys are. And to, to what you were just saying, Adam, for instance, you know, the, the final there's a fi- the final scene of the game um, where you have all four of the guys together um, is like it's a, it's a, the last time you have those four in a calm situation. You know, um, and, and a lot of Final Fantasy games have have, have this moment, right? Like. Mm-hmm. You know, like the most famous scene. one is probably is probably Cloud and Tifa alone on the high wind before, uh, while everyone else goes home and they have the did they didn't they bone sort of thing going on. Um, totally did. And and you know Final Fantasy VIII has a similar moment for the group and Final Fantasy X has a similar moment for the group and when they do that moment in fifteen they do it in a very different place to the other games, but it's so effective. It's so effective mm-hmm. and impactful. And I think those four characters are absolutely wonderful. But yes, the rest of the story is an enormous mess. Yeah. And yeah. So do you, now, do you now? I just, I just have to ask: Do you think it's because they split off so much story into this other stuff, or is it just not good in general? Um, honestly, I think it's because they had a a date that they needed to get the game out, and so yeah. they, you know, they had these ideas. Like the story itself, like the idea of the story is fine but the execution mm-hmm. is the problem so, yep, so yeah. like i was saying they they had this deadline and even though they might have had all the stuff planned out for it they had to start cutting and cutting and once you get uh like past chapter nine or so you can really start to see really where they had to cut stuff yeah definitely um and even in terms of like you know you get the last boss, there's some cutscenes during the last boss where the sound is just weird, like it's oh, all, it feels vaguely unfinished. There's a lot of that. <laughs> well, I, think, I mean, I even, even that story. aside, like if you go back and watch like uh, the trailers from like, the end of 2014, even up until earlier this year, there's stuff that's 
that didn't make it into the final game that was in those trailers. So I well, to be honest, I have a pain going on there. I haven't what? been following the game, and then as I was watching my brother play it, I'm like, I'm going to remind myself of the announcement trailer where they changed the title from verses 13 to 15. And it's just like, <laughs> wow, this, what, 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 what game am I, am I watching a trailer for here? It's not the one that I'm yeah, watching that, right now. That game was still verses 13. And that was that, that trailer was only like Bro, that three game years didn't ago. fucking exist. It was all it was all CG. So <laughs> yeah. Um, but box. I mean, even even after Tabata took over, um, there's a bunch of stuff that just didn't make it into the game, like the Dawn trailer. That's that was completely fake. I I I I'm inclined to believe that 4chan person who says that a lot of the Luna stuff was cut because they thought it would be heavily criticized for being sexist because a lot of her backstory was her being abused and beaten and stuff. Um, I, I believe it because you look at that Dawn trailer and that's what that trailer is. Yeah. And then none of well, that. Yeah. Is the Dawn trailer the one where like? Is the Dawn trailer the one where it was like Noctis and his dad hugging for like a whole yes. minute? Yeah. Yes. Uh, that was like, so like. They show some. They show some clips of like of like Luna as a child being beaten. Yeah. And yeah. like cowering. Jesus yeah, I'm, I I do and think none of that's that in the game. Once people saw that scene and then. You know, Square might have seen the reactions like, "Oh no, why is but, their child?" Oh well, <laughs> I mean, I guess, I guess the, the why is irrelevant. The point is that, despite some of the best written, translated, and also, I want to give a shout out to to the, the Western voice work, which I think is mm-hmm. on the whole really, really, really good. Again, for those main guys, there's some cringy, terrible stuff on the on the periphery, like I think Cindy's terrible and so on and so forth. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> oh, she! But, oh man, but, but, there was but, one one line in in particular where I was just like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> I remember <laughs> there, there there was there was an article by Patrick Klepek where he says he would actually avoid playing FF or go to the going to the gas stations where Cindy was because she was so embarrassing. If well, like, yeah, somebody was over, said, though, it was what she did. That's the important. But like, for, but like that's part of it. Yeah. The weird the weird thing about Final Fantasy 15 is that. You know, Cindy's terrible, but then, but then I think, I think Sid is really, but then I think Sid is really, really good. It's awesome. Um, he really is. And and Aranea is 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 absolutely fantastic. I think voice work wise, like that is um, a, a Carrie Walgren, who is also uh, Pain and Ash, and it's a very different performance to those two characters. Um, and you know, and and also I want to give a. Is this a spoiler? I don't know. I don't think it's a spoiler. If you're really sensitive, skip forward about 30 seconds. But, um, God, I don't. But yeah, there's Bigs and Wedge. There's a bit, that, and they're fantastic in this game. Uh, I really like the voice work and stuff. So there's some really good English voice work. Uh, Ray Chase, who voices Narcissus, puts in a really amazing performance in the back half of the game. Like, he turns, you know, lines that could have been cheesy, terrible. I was supposed to be the one to fill your dark soul with light lines. And makes them, <laughs> and makes them really, and makes them really sing. He's really, really. Yeah, he's good. really good. Like if, there, if there was, if there was, a, if there, if there was a, a video game voice actor equivalent of the Oscars, he would definitely be up. He would, I would definitely be nominating him for a category. Well, it, it was only a couple of weeks ago the video game Oscars. But, oh, I, was video ma- game I was making, I was, anyway, I was making a joke. So I, <laughs> I guess, making, so I guess. So I guess with that, we're cutting Final Fantasy 15 from this category. Yes. Um, from what I so play, we'll talk it about it a lot more later for some other. So time. we've talked about that a lot. So now we're back. Now we're down to: Are we going to cut Dark Souls? 
here here's my thing about Dark Souls. It it is too, it is exactly like Twilight Princess where it relies <laughs> on nostalgia too much. And what really bothers me is there's clearly a story that they wanted to tell, but they're like, oh, everyone hates the second one, so we need to make it more like the first one because there was this, the very intro cutscene. Hopefully, I don't sound like a Dark Souls lore nerd, lore nerd but I'm going to. Um, I'm says late. like says. Like when the fire is linked, the lords of Cinder arise. They never explain what's threatening the link to the fire, and there's this whole thing in the start of the game where like black tar is coming out of enemies. And I, I even remember at E3 2015 they had a, a big stand where like black tar spewed out of the yeah. like that was that was gonna be a huge thing in the game, and I can tell that they dialed it back for the nostalgia coddling. That's my thoughts on that game, and that's why I would say it, that despite right. there being lots of good story there, it can get cut. Let's cut it. Right. So that brings us down to Tyranny, Xanadu next. SM2 oh, I'd like to make a cut. Well, let's go for the uh, first. Pokemon yeah. Sun and Moon. Well, hang on. Let's just read out. Pokemon yeah. Sun and Moon, Trials of Cold Steel 2, Super Robot Wars OG, and Project Cross Zone 2. Okay. I I, I nominated. I'm going to cut uh, Super Robot Wars OG Moon Dollars, but I, the reason <laughs> it's on here are, uh, for, at first of all is like, it's one of those baffling things. It's a miracle. It's a localization, right? Okay. So, like, <laughs> It, this is like the first time in a very long time that a Super Robot Wars game has got an English version. It didn't get localized here. It's the same thing with Gundam Breaker 3. got an English version in Asian territories. And it's just like this whole initiative from Bandai Namco to start localizing more of these giant robot games into like the English uh, language. You know, for it, it's obviously for like more international release, but they don't have any confidence in the marketing uh, over here in the West. That's why they're not uh, releasing it here. Um, with that said, it's just... This is the first time since Atlas localized Super Robot Wars Original Generation 2 on the Game Boy Advance, like how many years ago, that uh, one of these got an English version. And just, I I can kind of, you know, I admire the the, the localization team uh, getting it out in a somewhat timely manner. It's a long game, a lot of text that's easily 60 plus hours and thousands and thousands of dial, uh, dialogue to be uh, translated. Uh, and they got that out like within a, mu- a little over a month of the Japanese release, which is like, a little bit of a miracle in itself. Um, with that said, it's just it's one of those weird projects that's like a, a nice uh, case sample of um, translation, direct translation versus localization work, because the English script in this game is pretty much it's uh, almost ver- word by word from the Japanese release even down to like the syntax of it so you'll have very awkward lines like this feeling dot 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 it's and then dot 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 and it's it's like all over the place along with oh, other inf- fine, uh, yeah <laughs> along with other like you know t- uh just simple typos like that the eins zwei dry like they they got like two german words like a uh you know a typo in that attack uh as well uh it's just one of those weird things that like if if anyone ever like pitches for like why aren't all games like directly translated to Japanese? It's like you should go probably play this game and try to uh, parse what the hell's being said at times. Because hey, this is there's a reason why you know lo- go games go through localization, not just direct translation. You know. Mm-hmm. So yes. okay. Okay. Well. So that's good. Project Cross Zone. Like as much as I I love those games. The, the campy writing and all of that. I don't know if it's going to be anyone aside from me and Josh. I, I The localization work in Project Cross Zone 2 is actually very impressive. It is really good. Like, uh, what is it? The the Jill sandwich joke and all of that other <laughs> stuff. Just just stuff like that makes me love it a lot. But compared and to I, other I, stuff I, here. Just heritage I, to video game history in it. I like, right. I like how in the, in the 
translation, uh, Yuri and Flynn from Tales of Vesperia are in this game, mm-hmm. and they like mention like uh, they I forget what the line was, but they mentioned like was there a pirate um, girl? <laughs> oh, yeah. And it's like it's directly <laughs> referencing like the English translations was having fun like referencing the PlayStation the 3 version that never very... existed in English. So yeah. The localization yeah, like, team for this for this game is very self-aware of like just general trends in video games and mm-hmm. how and the efforts they make to not only just like you know give each character you know uh, retain their traits from the original source material but how that uh, relates to one another to other pieces of history in video games like uh, say um, Se- Segata Sanchiro uh, interacting with uh, with a uh, Mega Man uh, X and Zero like you know there's a line in there that like. Uh, he kind of po- pokes off fun at them, or like uh, Sagata Sanshiro's like, are you, uh, are you guys Mega Man or Rock Man? And Zero and Mega Man are like, what the fuck is he talking about? You know, <laughs> and it's just, it's just this, a little. To be honest, like to be honest, this sounds to me like it stays. Yeah. Okay. I think, okay. I so I, I was thinking about it between like, because I haven't played Zanadu next, and I also haven't played um, Apocalypse yet. I mean, they're both that some that I really so, want to play. Well, we're down to it. We're down to enough. To, to so few now, in a sense, that we, it might be easy to start talking about what is definitely top, locked into the top three. Now, I know that not everybody else has played this, but I know Brian certainly has. I think Tyranny... Am I the only one that's like, played that? I've played, played it, it, and I, I think it it feels like top three material to me. I don't know All about right. you. Well, let me, give my, uh, let me give my defense, I guess, is that I guess <laughs> Obsidian in general is kind of known for this, but I don't I don't want to just kind of like blandly throw that accolade on this. Oh, it's from Obsidian. It has to be good. So what did I like about Tyranny? Well, I will say just to, just to get like the bad news out of the way first, I think it's overarching narrative isn't the greatest. It kind of feels like an experiment. Like there isn't any big story of overcoming odds or taking down a big bad or whatever. But I do think that moment-to-moment writing, it's just as good as other Obsidian titles. Like, the interacting with, like, unimportant characters, really, are still treated with the same amount of respect as, like, major dialogue scenes with big, important people. And, like, it is so dense. The the dialogue boxes and the cutscenes, um, all all of the terms and the locations and the characters that you play with, like, they're all... They all have, like, a fully... I don't know what you want to call it, a fully invested history created for those characters. And I remember one of the things is I picked up an item, and there's so many items in these types of top-down RPGs that I was trying to figure out what the hell it was. It had like a really long tooltip, and I actually like kind of grip my teeth and say, okay, let me read this. And I'm reading this tooltip for like a broken arrow, and I'm thinking maybe this is maybe this is for like some quest or something, and talking about how this arrow was made and who it's used for. And then at the very end, it says like, can be sold to a merchant for, for money. Like so literally I spent, you know, ninety seconds reading a tool tip for an item that is a junk item that you're supposed to just sell for money. But they you know, they gave you this history for this item, who what faction used it and you That's know why did, why did you find it here? And it's just crazy that they give you that much detail. And the one other anecdote that I'll share that I think I've seen shared a few a few times like on Twitter or things like that is that there's this one character who's like semi uh, psychic or whatever. And sometimes when he talks, he'll mention something and the text will be highlighted in green. And then if you mouse over this text, you'll see what he is telling your character telepathically and not to any other character in the game. 
So you don't see that unless you are cognizant enough to realize I should mouse over this term that he just mentioned and it's highlighted. And you'll see what he is talking to you in your character like, wow, like if you weren't paying attention to that, there's this whole like wrinkle in this dialogue that I would have completely missed because, you know, I wasn't you know smart enough to pay attention. Oh, this guy might be telling you something telepathically. That's a really interesting way that's to convey cool. that kind of like power, like uh, right. UI. That's that's. That's awesome. That's awesome. Because wow. most of the mouse overs are just like, oh, if they mention this character and you don't quite remember who it is, you'll mouse over it. And It'll tell say, you, yeah. This is the general of <laughs> yeah. so-and-so or oh. whatever. Um, oh, see, 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 I think that stays on the top three. I honestly do. I agree I, with I'm going to fight tooth and nail for that to be top three. The, um, the last thing I'll mention, I guess, is that one one thing that I do like about that game is that it has a, a part of the character creation setup is called Conquest, where you have to make some, like, political decisions during like the kind of like the prequel of the game like remember the original mass effect where you have to decide like are you a are you a soldier orphan or are you like things like that and it's kind of mentioned but it's not really like that important well this one kind of does that a little bit more thoroughly where it's like you will get a title uh i think i i burned down a library in that and so one of my titles was like flame seeker or something like that and it, like it's brought up where you'll meet someone and you've never met them before. And obviously a big component of the game is what is your reputation with this faction of people? And they'll say, oh, you, you burned down our fucking library. Well, I hate you. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> stuff like that. And it's it's I don't know. It, this is, I think tyranny should definitely be in the top three. I think Obsidian definitely did what they do best on that title. As someone who's played Pillars of Attorney and a lot of Obsidian's other work, I think, like, just based on what you've said and what I know of the studio itself, like, their writing is always on point, and they're always known to be of some of the highest caliber of writing seen across any RPG. Yep. Well, it's Yeah, famous. 100%. Yeah. Okay, I want to say, I think the story of this game is really, really good and different for the series, and I really like the steps they've taken. But I don't think Pokemon really belongs on the top three. Pokedex. I think Pokemon gets the the benefit of Team Skull being amazing. Yes. <laughs> with like their writing and localization, but outside of that, I'm not really huge on anything else I've seen from the right, just purely from like a writing and story aspect. No, I'd be willing to let it go, yeah, but I like also hate like Tales of Cold Steel. Oh yeah. Oh, really? Oh. <sighs> Yeah, no. this, this is slower. Okay. I can't so, get into either. Like, I, well, I tried the first. Well, yeah, Tales of Cold Steel too. Well, someone told me I didn't have to play it, but then that's I realized I did, and I tried. The, I that tried is, to yeah, play that's, it. That's, that's a, that's a the first one though is so miserably slow, and everybody keeps tut tutting about how it's so great. Oh, and like, uh, when okay, does it, I, when does it get good? One. We forgot okay. to include the first one because we didn't nominate last year. It actually, we'll put. I want to. I want to put that in real quick because I want to at least mention it because we didn't. Okay, well, the first ten hours are bad. We didn't nominate it last year because it was too late in the year for people who didn't listen to last year's podcast so we all came to the decision that cold steel one would be included on this year's uh, deliberation okay, so i at least want to put so, it on here so let, let me let me I, I played both of these games i i played the original japanese releases okay so trails of cold steel one i 100 percent agree with you andrew that i don't think it's a good game and that part of the reason why is because literally like it broadly speaking just in terms of storyline development nothing really happens in that game until like the final moments of that game but it does a great job actually building its world much yes. in the same same vein as you know the older trails in the sky games uh first chapter so it's like uh, a giant intro it, it, it's a gigantic intro That's before cool. it 
it, like I'm not, setting I'm not, up the not, first me, new trilogy. Me, like that's how these me, games are kind of structured. But, but no. So here's the thing about the the development of Cold Steel. Cold Steel one and two was originally planned to be one single game. So and then I have no. I forgot exactly what happened in Falcom. I've, I've talked with uh, people who are well known, uh, well versed into the Falcom business, that like. The, for marketing reasons and whatnot, and getting used to the PS3 structure, they split this off into two games because they put so much content into that game that they had to split it off into two games. So that's why Cold Steel 1 is a gigantic kind of like almost filler world intro into the uh, region of Erebonia. Uh, Cold Steel 2 is, I feel like Cold Steel 2 is a much, much better game than Cold Steel 1. But once again, it's it feels largely filler because it's it's delving a lot into political manners and the the magic of Cold Steel Two is not super apparent in uh, the the localized version because a lot of the the back stuff of Cold Steel Two relies on knowledge of Zero Nokiseki and Ao Nokiseki, which are the okay. un, unlocalized uh, crossbell arc of the Trails mm-hmm. games. So it's a, it's a very tough like call uh, like to nominate Cold Steel 2 on this because a lot of because a chunk of Cold Steel 2, the magic of Cold Steel 2 is just like how it introduces the the elements of Crossbell into it, but that knowledge is not widely available to well, yeah. to people. Let, let me let, uh, let me quickly just speak about you were talking about the world building. I think that that's what I because just like Andrea, I think that like when I started playing Cold Steel One, I had a hard time getting into it because yes, it's got a very slow opening, but that's like Falcom's most of their games are like that, where it's kind of hard to get into, at least when it comes to like the Legend of Heroes games. Um, but I don't think any game ever since maybe like the PlayStation One era has it been where I found an immense amount of appeal going to talk to all the students around the campus and the teachers and professors and all that before I decided to go to the quest. I actually felt it necessary almost to go back to the to the school and talk to everyone before I advanced the story in any respect. Because the characters they did an amazing job with the localization and the writing and like Becky with her Scottish accent was one of the best things. I actually had a lot of fun. Just wanted to hear, like, listen, like, just read what she was saying at all times because I always was interested in see how they played around with the the different dialects and whatnot. But um, I think that that was the best part of those games. It's not so much about the overarching uh, overarching narrative because, as you said, it includes things. I mean, I didn't play the Crossbell. I didn't read up on that stuff before I played and reviewed Cold Steel One for the site. But I still found a lot of enjoyment from it especially from the writing because of the the npcs and these other characters that maybe not be integral with the story itself but they're so well written i think that's very important to point out unfortunately mm-hmm. i've only played about maybe 10 hours of cold steel 2 so i can't speak on that so, but i do want to mention that yeah don't get me wrong like the characters in it are fantastic and exceeds localization like made me appreciate cold steel one more compared to the japanese version because Rian and the uh, and the original Cold Steel one in Japan, it kind of comes off very bland, uninteresting, yeah, unremarkable. Um, and in the localized version of him, they give him more of a personality. He's more of like a sarcastic jerk, uh, but like kind of likable in, in some respects too. <laughs> and that uh, like in oddly uh, odd manner. So I really appreciate that they do go with strides to like you know re- rectify you know some of the you know, the more ter- bad things about you know the the original writings uh, original versions writing. So I, I give actually like an immense amount of respect and credit that like just giving this world like more a more colorful cast more than it already does. It's like it's great, but at, at the same time, 
this is still an unfinished story. There, there's still a lot yeah. to freaking answer and explore. There are several characters in the main cast that have not been focused on too deeply yet because that's to be upcoming in the, the next Cold Steel yeah. installment. I mean, if it's planned that okay, way, so, it's not such a bad thing. So, but yeah. Okay, so yeah. I haven't heard any arguments for Xanadu or SMT4, and I want to hear those because then I think we can maybe talk talk about what is actually the top three. Adam, you want to hit Xanadu? Let me talk about uh, SMT4 first. Let me just preface this by saying I would put Xanadu over SMT4. Okay. So SMT4, I think three of us have played it significantly. Me, Josh, and Darren, I think. Yeah. Now, SMT4, I think, has a couple... So let's talk about the first Shin Megami Tensei 4. The first Shin Megami Tensei 4, I think the characters were actually, in a sense one of the weaker elements of it. And the reason mm-hmm. is, is because there is so obvious just the ciphers for the different alignments. Like this is the chaos guy and this is the law guy and this is the neutral person. And I kind of felt like, well, that, you know, I, I kind of get that that's kind of the point that they're supposed to be like so opposite of each other, but it was almost like too on the nose for me. Like right. it's almost not believable. Mm-hmm. Whereas in SMT4 Apocalypse, which is a sequel, there's really none of that, or at least not to that extent with the cast that you that join your characters. The lights so are that, definitely more blurred in it. Yeah, so in that sense, it's better. So, like, uh, you're, the main character is kind of like a silent protag. The main speaking character is really Asahi, who is basically trying to make a name for herself, trying to make her, you know, her dad proud and trying to, like, you know, be useful and trying to be um, uh, basically, like, uh, she wants to contribute. She wants to help, and she's a believable character. But I don't know if that's really necessarily interesting. But there were a couple. There were a couple of characters that really, really grew on me. Like I, I the characters I thought I was going to hate by the end of the game. I'm like, these guys are just awesome. And there, it's Hallelujah and Gaston. Uh, Gaston. <laughs> so Hallelujah, just and t- talking about characters here he kind of starts out like being like kind of like a wimpy shy like i don't really want to step on people's toes i don't want to you know get i don't want to get in people's way i just want to you know keep things smooth and whatnot but then he kind of like really grows a pair and he'll like start speaking his mind and then the moment in the game where he kind of really flipped a switch for me is when he i'm not going to spoil it but he basically clocks gaston uh like gaston basically pisses him off and he just punches him and like that was like him basically coming out of his shell like no you can't say that shit and just the way he grew from being like this timid boy to like this um he was like a really genuinely caring character and it's just kind of the type of archetype that i really really uh appreciate um unfortunately some of the things that uh, to explain it are kind of really big spoiler territory but um him and then i guess we'll talk about gaston a bit gaston it, it basically starts off as like the unlikable prick and he's there's no there's no hiding it he's meant to be the character when you first meet him you're not supposed to like him but um kind of the, some of the things he goes through to basically that change him dynamically over the course of the game felt really believable to me certainly more believable than any of the characters in the first game which are just basically i am law and i am chaos um but when i, I first said that i was going to pick xanadu next over this and here's why some of the story stuff in Shimagami Tensei 4 feels really, really convenient to me. And maybe Josh will know what I'm talking about or Darren here. So mm-hmm. the premise of the game is that your main character dies right away. That's not a spoiler. And then he's revived by a demon named Dagda who basically says, for, in exchange for me giving you life again, you're going to do my bidding. 
And then there's kind of this struggle throughout the whole game, like what happens if you choose to betray him? Basically, Dogda holds the ultimate hostage, you. Like, what are you, what are you, what's going to happen if you decide not to do what he wants? And so this is kind of this on the back of my mind, the whole game. Like, like how is this conflict going to resolve itself? Because if you, if you don't do what he says, he can just pull the plug and you're dead again. And then you get to the point where that basically that decision comes to a head. And then it's, it's resolved by another character, Danu, in kind of the most hand-waving, deus ex machina-type way. And it's just like, really? That's how you resolve this really kind of... I thought this was like this underlying conflict, and I'm really curious how this is going to resolve. And it, it just... It's so, like, easily swept under the rug. Like, oh, that's that's all that you needed to do? I, I can't really spoil it, but it's just... It was really disappointing to me. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you in, in that respect. Um, it's just... I, uh, to back it up a little, I really like the way that they had the Hallelujah and Gaston because both of them seemed like very different people, but their their inner issues are very much uh, they complement each other in uh, very interesting ways because they both have uh, f- family issues that are uh, later on like revealed. Like uh, Gaston is very more apparent because um, what was the name of his brother? Uh, that's Navar. like the little go- uh, Navar. So uh, like this. Navar is a ghost that hangs around you, a little ghost that hangs around with you. So uh, seeing that uh, family um, issue like develop throughout the game between Navar and Gaston and uh, what you find out about Hallelujah later on, it's very much uh, a nice character development moment that you don't really see in other Mega Ten games, like mainline Mega Ten games. Like there's definitely much uh, uh, like a Shin Megami Tensei mainline, like kind of borrowing elements from Persona and uh, making better strides at writing uh, like just way better characters. It's like less black and white. There's a lot more shades of gray. But in that uh, same aspect, it's still very rough around the edges, like uh, Adam was saying, in terms of like the, the whole revelation of like the, the big decision because there's still like a, a big main split and ending in this game. And like the there's one of the endings that I feel that that's more quote unquote canonical, which is the massacre yeah. ending. And, and, but the, the way they present that is so out of nowhere that like the context and behind why you would choose that decision doesn't make sense, even though it would be, uh, it would make better sense in the sense of like the meg overall mega 10 universe. Yeah, so, like I, uh, so basically the, the big split in the game is the dog, the villain that revives you, do you basically side with him or do you oppose him? And, the the game really didn't give me like why would I oppose him? It feels like that'd be like an anti like what the game is trying to build like with the characters and with the story that's presented to me. Like unless I just feel like being like a renegade asshole like in Mass Effect, just like just being like cartoonishly evil. I'm not sure why I would pick that choice. I don't know if either of you did, but it just kind of felt like I I definitely went massacre ending on that. Uh, just to see, like, because the because the way that massacre ending uh, resolves itself is very much in the spirit of Megaton. But like, whether it deserves best writing script or localization, there's obviously there's like the big two like hiccups in the Atlas localization of untranslated lines, and it's still in there. So it, just right off the bat, I'm not sure if that like it it deserves top three. But like in terms of like the actual dialogue, it's okay. Like it's not like. Like it's not super like remarkable or over the top or like anything that like you said the X actor like really like you know put it over all, any of the other nominees on this list, but I, I appreciate that like the the Atlas is starting to like uh, pay more attention to like the writing in Mega Ten games in terms of its characters because yeah. while I love Mega Ten like mainline Mega Ten games like the character aspect of it has always been kind of the more lacking well part. up to this point they've basically been ciphers for the different alignments and they've kind of been really obvious in this game it's less that. So kind of in a nutshell, what I what I said, and kind of in agreement with you, 
I do like some of the characters, like probably more than most SMT type games because of the reasons you said. But some of the story writing stuff is just like too convenient, too contrived. Yeah, it's still, it's still, it's still a bit of a, a little messy, a little sloppy. But uh, that that'll I hope that that'll improve. And I do like in terms of like writing, uh, the writing aspect of it, just in uh, respect to the whole like legacy of Shin Megami Tensei. Uh, just like the little, there, there's like a little DLC story expansion, like kind of does a crossover that actually uh, brings uh, elements of all the other uh, mainline Mega Ten games back in full circle of like what does this mean in the context of the whole multiverses of this uh, long running series. And but I, I'm t- I'm totally fine with it, like you know, not making the top three, you know. Okay. Well, I should. I feel like I should also mention that I really, really love this game, but mostly for the non-story stuff. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But we'll get to that later. Okay. Right? So it sounds like we're cutting. SMT. Well, yes. what does Darren think? He didn't really. I know he played it, and, and he didn't say much. Yeah, I think it's amazing how they addressed one of the bigger criticisms regarding like the, the actual story and narrative from four. Like when we talked about like the characters and how they're just kind of the ciphers. They're there to represent the alignment, not really be characters themselves. And I think this. I think Apocalypse is a really great job of bringing in that party aspect. Maybe in a vein similar to Final Fantasy 15, where you have a group that you like and they're developed throughout the game. Whereas some of the core story stuff near the end gets a little messy. I will say, though, I think there's a really interesting point that based on some of your the, the multiple choice interactions with some characters, if you do go for the massacre ending, there is different dialogue depending on some of your actions. Mm-hmm. So some characters might reveal in that massacre ending they've always hated you because you acted this way during a cutscene <laughs> where you first met them because you chose a certain choice. And it kind of it's like a really cool throwback that I haven't really seen in many other games like that especially because it's so minor so i think for like just looking at localization and whatnot and writing i think that's a really cool thing it does but i i get the argument for why it doesn't make top three all right so i think you've shouted its praises a lot and we're going to be talking about this game further on yeah i'll I'll just i'll just i'll just spoiler here and say i will be fighting it for it for small screen game like when you I started when you start about non-writing stuff, I think it really shines in in some ways. Anyway, hell, I'd even argue it for like RPG of the year. I I might too. So yeah. <laughs> I, okay, so that means we should I, should I defend Xanadu next now? I guess. Yes. 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 Has anyone else played this, or is it just I, I, I played it? I played it. Okay, so Xanadu next. I guess this is my spiel. So if you were to just take the story of Xanadu next, write it out just front to back. This is the story, and this is what happens, and this is the motivation, and this is the conclusion. You'd be like, okay, that's whatever. But the way that it's presented really, really appealed to me. So, and so, how it works in a nutshell is that your character is basically traveling to a ruins on an island, and at the onset, you're just basically there for for academic purposes. Um, it, the main two characters are. Uh, Charlotte and the, and the unnamed main character who doesn't speak. Charlotte is basically there for academic purposes to research ruins, and your character is basically a bodyguard ex-knight. But early on to the game, your character basically gets killed by a rogue swordsman, <laughs> kind of similar to Shimagami Tensei, you get killed at the onset. And then you're revived um, by uh, basically magic. And what you're told is like now, in order to keep your life, and basically to gain it back, you have to explore the ruins and find the Dragon Slayer, which is basically a magic uh, sword. So you go out and you start exploring these ruins, and you really don't know like what these ruins are, where they're from, and like you don't know like what's the story behind them. But 
throughout your explorations, you come across two different things that you can run into. One is like pages of a diary, and one is more of like a, like a historical text in terms of like explaining the various time periods that this, that this kingdom went through. So the historical texts you get are basically just more like bullet point on this date, on this year, this happened in this, you know, with this with these like main characters in this kingdom. And this is the aftermath and whatnot. And then like the diary is a more of a personal story from someone living in that kingdom, like going through their own struggles and like what, you know, this, these are the conflicts that this person is going through. And I should mention that these items that you get are not like chronological because they're, they're gone through exploration. So you kind of like piecing together these, these pieces of this story and trying to figure out what the heck was this kingdom and what the heck happened to it and why is it a ruins now? And then in addition to that, as you explore the ruins, you meet these mysterious characters who will start to reference these events that happened in the past. And if you didn't like read or pay attention to the, the diary or to these historical texts, you may not know what, what's going on. But the way that these pieces start to fit together and you start to piece the puzzle together, like, oh, that's who that character is. And that's who's writing the diary, because it's not clear right away who is this diary even for. And the way that it all comes together, I thought was really, really fascinating. Um, and Sonic the Next is a really, really good example of uh, a small scale segmented storytelling done right in video games. It's, it's a fascinating uh, thing of its own. So... Like like I said, if you were just to write out, oh, this character wrote this diary, and this happened to the kingdom first, and this happened second, and then this is the ending, and this is what happened, it's it's not that interesting on its own. But when you when the way that it's like slowly piecing together these these like plot elements, these like little snippets of story from a diary, historical text, and from the the the, the present time when you're actually exploring the dungeon. Um, it, it was really, really cool to me. I don't know if any of you have played Vagrant Story, but it kind of felt mm -hmm. like that in a sense. Both, it felt like that in a game as a game too, where Vagrant Story, when you're exploring the ruins of, I forget the ruins names there, um, but like you meet like these characters and you don't. I remember playing Vagrant Story. A lot of it doesn't really make sense right away. Like, what are these guys and what are they? What's their motivation? What are they doing? But it comes together beautifully at the end, where this felt very similar to me. Um, it's, it's just kind of a no nice short and sweet package. Like it's not like an epic scale thing or anything like that, but it just, the way that it was presented, it was really fascinating, really unique and something you don't see very often. So yeah, that's how I, I, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I really have nothing really more to add in for Zanadu next because the way that it is presented story, think of it like, um, I, I can't think of a, a TV show off the back of my head, but think of it something that. Uh, is presented out of order, and like by like the, the the very last arc of that show, things start to piece together in your mind in a very logical manner because the way they. There we go. Yeah, memento is a, a great way to, uh, a great analogy analogy to it. It's just, <laughs> it's just the way that um. I, I like that you kind of have to think about it. Like yeah, a lot of games, exactly. it's like exposition is basically spoon fed to you. Like, hi, I am this character, and this is my motivation, mm -hmm. and this is what I'm doing, and this is what, this is who you should feel empathetic for, and things like that. Where this game, you're more figuring it out, and it's it's just neat like that. It doesn't spoon feed you. This is what happened. I I think I think Zadu Dex definitely has a spot. Like in my mind, Tyranny, Zadu Dex, and Project Cross Zone Two take this category. No. Ooh, I would not. I would fight tooth and nail for Trails of Cold Steel too. 
I I love Trails of Cold Steel too. As someone I, who reviewed it for the site specifically, I never really got to see my piece on it. Do you want me to say a quick thing about yeah, it? Yeah, go for it. Determine what to do with it. Go for it. So here's the thing: like we talked about before, how there's like it really relies on knowing the whole series up to this point, really, and it, it does have a lot of reliance on games we have yet to see. So that is a major weakness. It's unfortunate. I do think that there is also an argument to be made for people that know those games and who are caught up get a lot from this. And I think it like it's it sets up a world setting that's I don't think that's ever been seen in an RPG for years or decades even. And I think it's kind of unparalleled what Falcom and with Exeed is doing to translate this and I think bring it to the most understandable format regardless of that knowledge gap. Like I think I think someone as someone who's not played the Zero games but kind of loosely knows what happens to a degree, I can still appreciate the reference and throwback to these other games and still understand the story as a whole. And I really want to point to the last 10 hours of this game, I think are some of the strongest setup for any sequel or any next installment I've ever seen. Like I think it's unparalleled wow. what they're doing with bringing in other protagonists from other games and looking at to like how does this whole saga in this continent over the over what like now like almost eight games like how it all adds up and i think it's really exciting and it's really fantastic and that's worthy of being a spot here i agree <laughs> it's it, it, it's tough like, like i said trails of cold steel 2 is going to be the, the weird wild card here because yes and no like I, I, fuck <laughs> fuck i put it over pokemon I well, first of all are we, i thought we cut pokemon already no, we we, we we sort of talked to the point where we were saying we were pretty happy to cut it, but we didn't outright cut it. Um, Team Skull, yeah. But if we, but if we if we cut Pokemon, that's our three, right? Right. Yeah. So, yeah, well, and we no, already yeah, said. I think that's like yeah. the gameplay and the design of Pokemon's better than its writing. That's right. That seems like it's the case. Well, also those games are just light on story in general, but yeah. and I think. It, it, it deserves mentioning how they sort of have the way I described it in my review is it's, it feels more like a it feels more like a traditional Japanese RPG than ever before. Like in terms of, you know, they have cutscenes where the sky goes dark because shit's going bad in other parts of the world. And all There's that. actually <laughs> some cinematic element to it, right? Yeah. But that's still, you know, in the end, when push comes to shove, that's still, you know, it's not a. Uh, it's not. It's not on the same level as actual RPG stories. Um, Actually, if we cut Pokemon, we still have four. Yeah, we have four. We've just seen one more cut. <laughs> we have Tyranny. We have Xanadu next. We have oh Gold yes, still two, and we have Project X Zone two. Uh, see, I think oh, Tyranny yeah. belongs hundred percent. Yeah, it does. I, I'd agree with Tyranny being there. Want to well. do the votes yeah. again, or us just? Well, if I remember I correctly, like, if yeah. I remember correctly, both Andrea and uh, Josh were saying that. Project X Zone 2, while it has some really clever writing, may not be top three. But Alex was like, it was you know, well because if you, if you think if you think sold. if you think about it, like Project Cross Zone 2, like it has you know the crossover storyline is it's there. That there are definitely mm-hmm. moments in it when uh, characters rediscover like you know their powers because it was gated for one reason or another. But like the actual overarching plotline, you know, I mean, it has I mean, moments. It's a, it's that, a crossover that, story. So but not... yeah, I know it's not you know, <laughs> a super deep storyline. But like, but in terms of like actual localization and and just like what, like I said earlier, just thinking about the video game industry as a whole. 
and thinking about a lot of these characters are forgotten in the realms of time to think about shinobi with hatsuma uh of course shenmue is still coming back somehow uh. but you know um and what was it nightshade isn't there and just all these like characters that were forgotten in you know in video games that that are like get one more last hurrah I mean, to interact with other characters. If you want to talk about fourth ball breaking and fan service, we could bring back Mega Dimension. I mean, if you're going to make this argument, we could bring it back. No, but but just just the way, like, but the way, (laughs) but the way it it they interact with each other and Mm -hmm. actually uh, retain what they know in their own respective source material and how that sheds light on what other people think about their own circumstances. Like that's. A remarkable effort from the localization team to to make make that fit not fit not only in the context of of a crossover game but also make it flow naturally. So it's like, oh, I understood that. Like, like I get it. You know what they're trying to do here with these characters are the like a kind of poking fun at both at what happened in the real world and at the same time what the the events that went on in their own respective games. I have a question though. Does it rely too much on references? Like if No, not in the main storyline. These are these these quotes that I'm talking about are just like pre-battle game quotes and actual like storyline like they, they 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 all have a common goal. They they still have some, you know, like uh like things that like kind of reference like offhand like say uh, Dante really getting pissed at like there's no pizza in the fridge, you know. Um <laughs> but <laughs> Okay. Like, like I said, like it's a, it's a crossover storyline. It's not going to be like as deep as say like Tyranny, but in terms and it of doesn't just... have to. The writing exactly. is really good. I mean, you yeah. kind of have to. You kind of have to give it some leeway that it is a crossover game. Yeah. So, it's not so, I, have, like... I, so I don't know exactly like where you guys would fall on if that's enough for it to take uh, to be in the top three. Well, with I Tyranny think, and well, or like Cold I think Steel. a previous winner was like South Park, which you know it didn't win for its story. It won for its writing and humor. So, uh, I, I, th- I think if, to... th- if this is if there's a category that uh, this is meant for, I think Project Draws Zone Two is one of the strongest contenders for this. So we have yeah, and the things that you guys said, like the references and stuff. I think I have a great appreciation for that sort of thing. Did you want definitely? To so we have getting cut. We have to, <laughs> yeah. we have to, do we have to vote? I mean, I, I uh, think we have to just because yeah, I think I, I, all I, I, way I, different I, things. Yeah. So I'll go first, just for fun. These. Uh, since I put more weight into more original stories, uh, I'll go Tyranny, Xanadu next, and Trails of Cold Steel 2. Uh, I'll go next. I picked Tyranny, Legend of... <laughs> uh, Trails of Cold Steel 2, and Project X-Zone. You know, these games I've never played. All three of them. Awesome. Cool. <laughs> that does, that's okay. It's all argument. Uh, I... Adam... Are you finished tallying his? Oh yeah, you didn't put Kyle's Cold Steel too. I did. That was mine. Oh, sorry. That's all right. <laughs> Making sure. All right, who's doing the tally? Maybe you should uh, get one person to tally. Wait, we only have two votes for Cold Steel too, right? Yeah. Yeah, me and okay. Kyle have only one's gone yet. Um. Okay. So I picked Xanadu next, uh, Tyranny, and I'm gonna pick uh, Project Cross Zone. Okay. I'll pick Tyranny, Project Cross Zone, and then do next. Oh dear. I, ha- I have to go last time because I have to really think about Zada do I really have to think about it. Andrew? Okay. Um, I'll do Project uh, Cross Zone, Tyranny, and Zana do. What's going um, on here? Darren, what's happening? Do, uh... I know, right? <laughs> I'll do Tyranny. 
uh, Trails of Cold Steel 2 and Project Cross Zone. Mm. I'll do. I'm gonna do Tyranny, Legend of Heroes, Trails of Cold Steel 2, and I'll do Project Cross Zone because I'm a sucker for some funny lines. All the funny lines, man. Those funny lines. Everybody bring except me. Uh, I I have to go too. So, but you go first. <laughs> Tyranny, certainly. Um, yeah, Project Cross Zone. And Trails of Cold Steel, I guess. Oh, man. Oh. Oh. I think no matter what you pick. Yeah, the vote is yeah. pretty clear what's going to be the top three now. But Yeah, I'll pick Zydadu, Cold Steel, Cross Zone. Ooh. Okay, well. Anti-tyranny vote. Ooh. I think, mm, okay. <laughs> so that means that means Xanadu goes. Unfortunately, Darren, I think it's very clear that <laughs> yes, mission accomplished. I think, it, I, I think yeah. it's very clear that, <laughs> yeah. that, that it's very good so. though. Yeah, Z- Z- like well, I love Xanadu. It's just that, like Darren said, Cold Steel has the the super hype train for the fucking third installment of that, oh, and just and, 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 and just and just the the whole prospect of a of a like epic rpg story like spanning across multiple platforms and games and all just like it's fulfilling the dream of an rpg fan that like no other game can really compare to like this consistent storyline the only so, other like, rpg series i can think of that tries to put a storyline together is kingdom hearts and we know i was about to say i'm like it's kind of like kingdom hearts <laughs> well, but done a lot, lot more lot. elegantly <laughs> there's yeah. one thought that's what at least with cold steel like the trails it's usually one like straight line it's not you know dancing all over the place yeah and so far there's no time travel yeah not and, yet anyway we're we'll not, we don't have we don't have cold steel 0.2 yet yeah, it's so. not like zelda or something either with like two different boys and all that. All right, so what do we have here? Well, I think it seems so, pretty clear. Yeah, sorry. I, I think I Tyranny think, uh, was the clear winner. It sounded like from what yeah, we were talking yeah. about. Well, I mean, as it was, it me and Alex who played this. Yes. Or, yeah. Okay. I will say that like its overarching narrative wasn't the best, but it was maybe it was suitable enough where the moment to moment writing was so stellar that it carried it well, enough it, to you know. As we said before, South Park last year didn't win on the story on the strength of its actual story. It it won on the strength of how funny it was and how they used the characters and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay, with that sort of mindset, then yeah, I could agree. Oh, that's part of that's part wanna, of the writing. Sorry, so. I do want to mention like a game that's not in here it was Fire Emblem Fates. What about the writing there? No, Fire Emblem no. Fates. No. Its story was not its strong suit. Yeah, it it, it was nowhere Don't near. Okay. It was nowhere near what Awakening was. Okay, I just want to be sure because it wasn't mentioned here, and I felt like there'd be a disservice. I think I think there's a reason why it wasn't good mentioned. Reason. Yeah, well, <laughs> I feel like I oh, feel like about some other games on this list. I would assume. Uh, but... have you fully played mm. it? No. I mean, I mean, I, I mean, to be honest, no, I put a hundred hours to it, and I wouldn't even put it in the top like ten. Yeah, it had a really yeah. bad. I, 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 think, I think it's remarkable okay. no one put that I think, in I think Well, this is something we'll talk about more on the second half of this, but in my opinion, that's a good game, but it's it's no awakening. Or Bravely Second well, or anything it, like that. The only, um, the only thing I would criticize this list for is it definitely needed some blood and wine, and I think I forgot to put it on there. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, but at the same time, I don't feel blood and wine is that... It's not as good as the main game or the previous expansion. So Yeah, yeah. It's, it it's definitely... Oh. 
It's definitely story weekly. Story wise. Story wise. As of this writing, it's 10 bucks on Amazon, so everyone wants to buy it. So. Well, we'll talk about that more later. Anyway. Yeah. So, uh, so that gives us uh, Project Cost Zone 2, The Legend of Heroes, Trails of Cold Steel 2, and uh, winner for the category Tyranny from Obsidian. And I guess it's not too much of a surprise to see Obsidian win a. Uh, Right, right. Category. I mean, this is where they dominate. Yeah, we'll see yeah. what it's going on because apparently recently Obsidian let go of a lot of people, so hopefully things are still. Yeah, you know, we'll them. see. But anyway, so yeah, yeah. Uh, that brings us on to one. I think this one's going to be a bit faster, if I'm honest, which is yeah. best soundtrack. Yeah. And... Hope so. Oh, yeah, hope so. Okay, um, so best soundtrack got... score of 2016. This has a much shorter, this has a much shorter list. Uh, so we have for the best soundtrack or score Dark Souls 3. SMT4 Apocalypse, Xanadu next, Final Fantasy X and X2 HD Remastered. Mm. We'll talk about that in a moment. Uh, I Am Set Sooner, um, Trials of Cold Steel 2, Fire Emblem Fates, Tokyo Mirage Sessions Sharp Fire Emblem, Final Fantasy 15, Odin Sphere Left Frasa, I don't know what it's called, <laughs> and Knights <laughs> Azure. After you so, got Tokyo Mirage Session's sharp fire emblem, I was really proud of the Odin Sphere. So, so the, <laughs> it's really obvious what needs to get cut. It's the best soundtrack, but it, the it, the ten remaster, like, come on. It doesn't matter. This, this would be like the third year in a row it released or whatever. Yeah, yeah. 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 And, 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 and also, and also it, I, I actually think in many places the remastered version of the soundtrack is worse. Yeah, it is. Okay. So, yeah. I think that was the kind so, of uh, feeling. But the PC version of the game allows you to pick which soundtrack you want. Well, yeah. they all do. But they were good before. It's 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 a game. It's a game from 2001. No. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. What Final about Fantasy the laughing version of the soundtrack? <laughs> oh, it left a um, mark on my heart. Yeah. Anyway. So. I think oh, I want to. Okay, so there's a there's a there's something that I think should be cut immediately, and it's a lovely score, but it just there isn't enough variety. It repeats itself too often, and that is I am said sooner. Damn, I, I do think it. it's an incredible soundtrack that lends a lot to telling the story that it is. I think it's a beautiful soundtrack, and it's a shame that more games don't have a more piano-focused soundtrack. Because it feels like not long ago we were talking about that, that they don't use enough piano in soundtracks anymore, and Setsuna is all about that. Yeah, but, and I think, um, I think yeah, you yeah. know, we, we could we could talk about it until the cows come in, but I think when push comes to shove, there's just not enough music in that game for the length of the game. It repeats itself too often, and I actually think while the piano-only thing was a very nice idea, in parts of the game it comes back to hurt it in that the music isn't dynamic enough. There is parts where it feels like it could be more powerful, and it, or at least they use a better, better track for that. But yeah, well, obviously I'm I open mean, to hear any harder. Yeah. Actually, I don't know how it was implemented because I've only listened to the soundtrack. Like most of these that I haven't played, I've still listened to the soundtrack. Oh, me too. So. Well, that'll be me for some of these for sure. Yeah. Okay, so we'll cut that. Uh, okay, I think we should cut Fire Emblem. Same. Like it had a couple of songs that were used Great. that were I don't remember. great. I don't like, remember much of Fates. <laughs> yeah, Is that because like, it came out in February though, or because the music wasn't good. It wasn't there's, remarkable. There is like a couple of tracks that use the main lead motif of the main vocal song, but that's about it. <laughs> like, I don't think it belongs. What about? Like, I thought it had a phenomenal soundtrack. Like, I'd argue it's probably more on point than like Apocalypse. If we're gonna, or if that's gonna be cut, I'd say that. I think also Apocalypse be should be cut because a lot of the music is not from Apocalypse. It's from SMT4. 
That's true. Yeah, the, like there's 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 mm-hmm. the the while the, 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 there are this there are new trucks fast. in it, there are new trucks in it. There's not enough to like really level. I, I do think like, like the the, the, the SMT4 apocalypse like world map music is like on fire. Like I really really like it. But I love it. And I like I like the new main battle thing as well. Yeah. Yeah. It just uh, this is good. It borrows too much. Talk about Odin Sphere. Yeah. Odin Sphere has a phenomenal soundtrack, but once again, it, that that is a soundtrack that came out a few years ago, and there's there's not really there's a few new tracks once again, like Apocalypse, but a lot of it is from the main baseline game. That that, that game has bigger fights to uh, battle on uh, the second half. Odin Sphere like is uh, Sakamoto, right? Oh man, what was the the Valkyrie think, Chronicles? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, I just, okay. I'm just going to add on and then immediately cut um, Pokemon. Uh, <laughs> World of Final Fantasy. Um, oh, sure, yeah. And I'm also going to add on... Uh, no, actually. No. I was going to add on and immediately cut Star Ocean, but I don't think it deserves to even be added on. Um, <laughs> oh, oh, man. My favorite um, game wasn't that great, but I still loved it. But I'm gonna add on World of Final Fantasy and say it's got a lovely score and some lovely, some lovely work, lovely original work, great use of old Final Fantasy themes, but it also doesn't doesn't truck to stay here. So, oh man, yeah. the rest of this though is that's it's tough. It gets yeah. into it, doesn't it? Uh, Dark Souls Three. How about that, Kyle? Uh, I would say that. You... It's got the thing about Souls games is the only music there is is the boss fight. Yeah, um, Dark Souls so, too. Or, or like I think, uh, <laughs> yeah. or like Firelink Shrine or things like that. The thing is, there is a couple tracks in Dark Souls Three that are extremely good. Like the the Soul of Cinder, the last boss is yeah, extremely. It's so good, but again, it yet again, it <laughs> goes into a, a song from Dark Souls One, and uh, but I, I, think, I think you know there's there's, there's that's how it Unlike the main game, I feel like the music does it makes the right choices about how much oh, yeah. it, it, it it how much it leans on the classic soul stuff. I think it's much more restrained about it, and I actually think Dark Souls Three might be top three for me. It is extremely good. Like I like the Soul of Cinder, the first phase. It's like oh my god, this is so good. I think yeah, there's a lot of really phenomenal there, boss tracks. The, Nameless the King, game. I really love. Um, that I really love uh, Pontiff Sullivan, where it's just kind of like a choir, like a low choir. I, 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 yeah, thinking about it, I think Dark Souls Three definitely d- deserves uh, not not to be cut right here, right now. I think because here's the thing with Dark Souls Three: there's also variations of the themes depending on what phase the boss is in. Which you know, yeah. a lot of games do do that, but I think it does it to great effect. And I think the Souls series also knows when to play the music at the appropriate times. Like yeah. when you discover a certain area and a theme starts playing, and you're just in awe. So I think that is a good use of the, the music. I think it. I yeah. think it should be taught. Okay. 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 So this is this is a tricky one, um, and like it's always tricky uh, in cases like this. But like I guess Josh played Knights of Azure, and I did listen to a couple of tracks from it. But I'm gonna guess that not very many other people are familiar. No, with yeah. 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 Not a lot of people. I mean. Like Knights of Azure has some really outstanding tracks, especially this. Like uh, there, there are certain uh, I always forget the, the the names on the. There are certain like themes on the overall map areas of it that are like really good. It has a nice tempo to it. it, it it's basically like you, you know how Gus uh, is with the Talia games. They have really solid soundtracks. Uh, Zach, yeah. you know that more than anyone. Yeah. And th- this this cranking them up uh, to be more aggressive. 
uh, more action packed because uh, Knights of Azure has a you know is more is more of an action RPG more uh, than Natalia games which are turn based. You know, so it's kind of like cranking that up to eleven. But the the it's not used enough. It, it suffers once again like a lot of like these other things. All, like, all there I, are all some I know. outstanding tracks, and there's some great boss music. I don't know if it has that. The it's it's I don't know if it's consistent enough. All, all I know from top. listening to a couple of tracks and from trailers and things is that like some of the battle music is like you know, guitars up the wazoo like just electric you know. It's uh, some pretty amazing stuff, tracks, so. I would say. They're like the battle music is pretty damn good, but um, yeah, it's. I like. I guess I have to. I have to take Josh's word. Like, what? How, how does he think? Like the variety is like if you're in like the hub or town area. Or like I said, it's, 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 it's not consistent enough. Yeah. There are some outstanding tracks in it, but like like you said, the hub area. It's it's okay. It's like it's a nice tune. But it's not like it's not carrying not, the game. It's not Gus Best, but it's still pretty good, and I'm I'm looking forward to the sequel. For and sure. it definitely deserves a mention because yeah. it's the, it's a, it's one of the most overlooked uh, uh, OSTs this year. Yeah, I'm like Andrea. I listen to the soundtrack. I haven't played the game, but you know. Yeah, <laughs> the only one I haven't heard on this list actually is Zana Do Next. So that's I feel like the one I guess I need yeah. some sort Zana of Zana justification for. Zana Do Next. Um, I put that there. But I, I wouldn't be. I, I'm actually might be a fan of cutting it because the game is fairly short, so the, the soundtrack is fairly short. But it's it's the type of game where it's not very um, melodic, like in terms of its music. It's just that each area has like a, a like an atmospheric theme that's like really really believable, and it like kind of sets the mood and things like that. Um, and I think it's really well done. And basically anything Falcom does music-wise is usually well done. And that's why Cold Steel 2 is still on this list. Yeah, but it's, Evil Doer it's, is the best, one of the best Falcom sounds I've heard in a Evil while. Evil Doer is the boss, is it's the final so boss demon. Just like usual with Falcom, it's it's up there. I know music is always a hard thing to describe, but one thing I like about Falcom music is that they kind of go unconventional sometimes with like instrumentation or even with like normal like beat structure. And it, it kind of makes it have like a unique flair to it. And I know this is, might sound really vague, but it just, it does stand out. But I do think that it's kind of like, Xanadu Next basically has like four or five main areas and those each of those areas has a main track. And that, that's kind of it plus a boss theme. And so it's it's kind of on the short side. So I, yeah, I I'm okay with Xanadu uh, getting cut yeah, So what well. we do Xanadu, Knights of Azure too, is that we agree that that should be cut yeah. too? Okay. So that leaves us with four. If we cut those, right? Man, we have uh, Dark Souls. Three. We have Dark Souls three. We have The Legend of Heroes: Trails of Cold Steel two. We have Tokyo Mirage Sessions, Sharp FE, and Final Fantasy fifteen. I'm gonna go oh. ahead and say outright. I think the top three is Dark Souls, uh, Final Fantasy, and weirdly Tokyo Mirage Sessions. I agree. <laughs> because oh, I, I don't know. Of Cold Steel well, let me talk Tokyo. about Tokyo. Let me talk about Tokyo Mirage Sessions. First of all, I've completed completion. Is anyone else in here? Yeah, I played, no, not I, I played a good not like three fourths of it. Not Me too, yeah, around that. So Token Mirage Sessions, I think the battle themes are really cool. Like the main theme is like kind of like energetic enough and uh, poppy enough to be like, you know, uh, engaging and things like that and doesn't get old, which is, you know, always a typical thing for the main battle theme. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's always difficult to make it so it doesn't get old, you know, after hours of gameplay. And then it, it there are like four different boss teams that it kind of cycles through depending. So it kind of keeps variety there. I will say I was kind of disappointed in like the dungeon themes of the game. Like, yeah, like that, 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 
or like you're they were kind of dull to me like it's yeah, like not, not, I, I would it's, say it's the, very I, muted I the battle the basically i think the battle themes are good i think the like the city theme when you're in shibuya is uh is it, it's very very persona and it's very catchy and it's i think it works and some of the vocal stuff, to be quite honest, I'm not really a big fan of vocal music, but it's one thing that's kind of nice about it. There's like 12 different vocal songs in this game, and each version of that, each song has like a, an instrumental reprise that plays like when the relevant character has a scene or something like that. And I think that's pretty cool. Um, like I know Yashiro has like this uh, kind of like this Spanish sounding one that... Um, I really like like when it's doing like a scene. Yashiro's main thing is trying to catch up with his father's footsteps and things like that. Like stuff like that, I think works. Even though, like, I'm not a fan of the vocal stuff. Like the concerts general. are so good though. Give me is so good. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, I, I think I think Tokyo Mirage Sessions. I'd be fine with it being top three, but I don't know if it's the winner. I I I, I don't know. Cold Steel too. Like yeah. Is, it's a really, really fucking good OST. I but, personally, I but would but 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 the, the, but yeah. the, the but the whole main thing about Cold Steel too, and its soundtrack, it's like Falcom is just really good at fucking OSTs. But I don't know if it's enough fucking because well, because all, dude, because the all all the other games on this have phenomenal OSTs and uh, Falcom. Yeah. I would argue just, it's stronger it's, than Sharp FE. It's, I would I would actually say it's at the fucking brink. It's like you can you, you can you can you can. I'm like, not feel, Cold I'm Steel not... two and Sharp FE are like. At both sides of the coin at the moment, reaching for the top, and like I, it's hard to pick one. And fifteen's at the top. I'm not, That's my top three, by the way. I just want. I'm to not. Know. I'm not familiar with Cold Steel 2's music, like like specifically, but I've played plenty of Falcom games to know that I like Falcom's music. So, um, <laughs> like I, it's. <laughs> it, I mean, yes, there's a little bit of an assumption there, but like, I, uh, I, I mean, like I could easily pick Cold Steel 2 over that, even though I haven't. I played Token Mirage Sessions and not Cold Steel 2. And part of it is just kind of my own bias is that I'm not really a big fan of vocal music in general. So that that's a big mm. knock on Tokyo Mirage Sessions in my personal, you know, vantage. Well, it is your vote. Oh, so, man. It's... I, I, get, I would personally, speaking uh, just on my own opinion, I would put Cold Steel 2, Tokyo Mirage Sessions, and number one, Final Fantasy 15. I'll just say it. That's that's, that's mine I too. So. I think yeah, I think I can't remember one. many themes the... from Dark Souls three, so I'm having a hard time keeping that around. Honest. I, can, I, I can make an argument for Dark Souls three, and it. I would really be, like I, Dark Souls on this list. I, I think, think. Go ahead. I just think the the, the 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 music in that game is is minimalist in the right places it needs to be, and and in your face in the right places it needs to be. And, and I think by by its very nature, it's not sort of melodic hummable music like say final fantasy is but it's still cool as fuck composition timing and cues and dark souls 3 yeah really really i think i think dark souls has always been or just from software's action rpg series has been always been extremely good at communicating things even in the narrative in the music that's playing i realize that sounds strange but like one of my favorite tracks in any game ever is gwyn lord of cinder from the first dark souls and and again i feel like at the end of this game, it, it's extreme. I feel like it's from acknowledging all the people that went on this journey in not just Dark Souls 3, but all of them, even Bloodborne, even Demon Souls, and saying, thank you for coming with us on this. Now it's time to say goodbye. And that's why I would say, because I really feel like 
you know, I, I can't spoil it, but it really feels like a, it ties everything together with just a single piece of music. Yeah, like the, the music in Dark Souls 3, like as it does, like even more so in Dark Souls 3, give each piece of music, especially the boss tracks, gives each boss like a distinct personality, like, but in without words. So, yeah, so I, something... I think I think it's pretty clear from the way we're all talking. Final Fantasy and Dark Souls are a lock. So then sure. the question is, is it Trails... Oh man! Oh, is it TMS? See, I only played ten hours. Pick your flavor of Japanese anime, I suppose. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, pretty much. I haven't played enough of Cold Steel. I mean, I love the battle music in Cold Steel too. From what I played, I can't get enough of it. But I love the concerts and Tokimura sessions, and that's like the music is so Mm -hmm. catchy. And I, I I myself, the way I gauge this category is like, is this music I can listen to outside of the game itself? And I can never get tired of the Tokimura sessions music. But that's just me. I think it's just the way. I think I'm gonna give the edge to uh, Sharp Effie because Falcon I mean, are also, <laughs> yeah, Falcon are also are all really good, but it, we're, we have now transcended into how the <laughs> to yeah to how the music is employed in the game. And while Falcon movies are really good, they're once again there's they're more of a backdrop. They you, they're, they're easily listenable. They give each uh, encounter you know it has meaning, it has tempo, it, get, it, it matches the scene. But it's not like employed in a way that's like story significant. Let's wait for the mm. evolution version of the soundtrack, and then maybe. Oh fuck that! Oh, <laughs> you don't uh, like that? Zero Nakaseki's evolution is pretty good. Just kidding. No, not the evolution. What's the uh, remix? What they call the remix? Uh, they they call they call the 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 was it the Vita releases evolution? The, no, not, no yeah, stuff. I messed that up. I didn't mean evolution. What's like they they release it like a re-release the soundtrack, but like with. Remix versions of their, of their oh, songs. does it like the suit the Falcom arranged versions or super? Yeah, they're they're arranged, they're called, they're arranged. That's what I meant. Range. That's what I meant to say. Okay, so. I know earlier I said I uh, like I wasn't huge on Tokyo Mirage sessions, like maybe, but I do think it belongs in the top three just because of how it incorporates music. Yes, like like each point. character has a theme. They're, like I said, there's like twelve vocal themes, and they each have like a musical reprise, and they play in appropriate times. I think the battle music. Um, is catchy enough and there's enough variety there the town music is basically persona catchy poppy and it works yeah it's really um, good the should be like the the should be a theme that you're just, that you hear when you're just going around town is like yeah i don't want to say it's perfect but it's basically like exactly what it needs to be like it feels so appropriate so i do think while i was disappointed in some of like the dungeon team stuff i think it belongs in the top three Okay. Yeah, it's just it being like uh, being a, a main focal point in the game. Like it just it, the way it incorporates like tunes into the story itself. I think, I think we found a consensus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sounds like I, a think, I think it's I think it's Dark Souls, Tokyo Mirage Sessions, Sharp FA, and then Final Fantasy is the winner. <laughs> Nothing needs to be said about FF15. It's just yeah, we didn't. It, it really it's, it's the only it's the only aspect of that game that really is incredible. And even then, it's probably Only realized. It, it, it's 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 probably not as strong as previous Final Fantasy games across the board. Mm-hmm. Um, like, you know, they, they definitely have problems with there's too much silence in the game and they leave it too long when you're wandering the open world between those lovely, only... slow, quiet snippets. And there's only like one dungeon theme. And... and there's only one dungeon theme. But when the game takes, when the game really grapples hold of itself, it becomes something else, and certainly, the the last two hours or so are a musical tour de force. They are yes. incredible. Yeah. Um, like the last two hours is, it's it's weird, but because the last two hours is so linear, suddenly after this game, which has been quite 
simple in its use of music, you end up barreling into this insane section where you play constantly for two hours and every minute is a new piece of music. And, you know, uh, there's a the second to last boss of the game has not only incredible music, but incredibly deft, wonderfully well used um, transitions, dynamic transitions that change as you go from phase to phase of the boss. It's really good. It's really good. So I yeah. just want to point out that 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 specific track is actually Shimamura. Um, oh yeah, it's, 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 Suzuki it's, actually did that track. Yeah, Suzuki did a lot of tracks. I know. That yeah, Shimamura yeah, might get credit for. Not just, Unfortunately, he hasn't been getting his proper credit, so I just kind well, of want to point that out. Well, that's because he's not listed in the yeah, fucking credits for the game. Like, it's one of those things where it's incredibly frustrating, actually, that, that music is one credit. It's one of the last credits that come up in the credits just before, like, Shinji Hashimoto, Tabata, and Matsuda. And it's just music, Yoko Shimamura, nobody else, which is <laughs> terrible. <laughs> but, uh, I know I've seen, like, I know I've seen, like, I, I, I'm, in pretty, I'm in pretty close contact with one of the people who worked on the music, and there's really, like, five different composers who have, like, contributed significantly to this, not to mention all the other people who contribute to music, so... It's, yeah, but Yoko's it's a little bit. Say, it's a little bit uh, of a disservice just to say it's all Shimamura, which of course she no, did. And some of the we should things, make but... sure to, in our write-up and in our video, make note of that fact um, that it wasn't just her, but there is some really not just well-written music, but but actually, um, when it's used well, it's used really well. Mm-hmm. And even even not like the epic scale stuff. To be quite honest, I kind of liked. Like the over, like I know people criticize it, but I kind of like some of their overworld, like town music, kind of like the Route 66 type feel. I like the like, outpost music too. actually. <laughs> like with like things, things like accordions and whistles and things like that. It just it gives it that, that Route 66 type feel, and it just I, I, whether or not that's Final Fantasy or not, or if it or if it next messes with the rest of the game, I still really liked it. I don't know. In the past, Final Fantasy experimented really hard with, with, you know, uh, with music with towns and music that were themed after certain cultures so i don't feel like it's that new it's just that 15 obviously due to its style it is much more realistic you do look at a place and go oh it's cuba um and the music (laughs) matches but it's it's yeah it's a deserving winner so we got dark souls 3 and tokyo mirage session sharp fe as the runners up and final fantasy 15 which is not just by yoko shimamura as the winner all right. Um, and now we've okay. Got, yeah. Quickly moving on. This one's really short because we added it in the middle of this podcast. But I wanted to have this category. So we, if anybody wants to add anything to this list now, please do really quickly. Ooh. But I think this one's going to go fairly quick. It, it's I best art to. slash visual design. So the games with the best look. This can be art in a, in the regards and visual design in the regards of performance. Like, oh my God, I can't believe they managed to squeeze that out of the console. Or it can be, you know... <laughs> art from the perspective of you know beautiful menus or beautiful character design or whatever um so i'm just giving it a second for you to to uh, to, to, to write into the why is somebody writing that it's right writing into the uh, into the document any other further suggestions but we have uh final fantasy 15 dark souls 3 the witcher 3 blood and wine odin's fear whatever I am Setsuna, <laughs> yeah. uh, Tokyo Mirage Sessions again, Salt and Sanctuary, Mega Dimension, Neptunia, Seven, Die, 
Uh, <laughs> oh, Alex, settle down. And do we have any more? And do we have any more suggestions on top of that before we just Grand Kingdom? Out? Yeah, that was also just added. He said that. Yeah, oh, I, said that I, I thought he just went there. So, yeah. So that seems like it's. Well, this is actually a really a hard one. Sequels, so it's kind of tough. And Dragon Quest. Mm, yeah, that's we've almost forgot so, about that, right? So, uh, I want to take a quick second off the top to talk positively about Witcher 3 Blood and Why. Because mm-hmm. although it's an expansion pack to an existing game, and we already know how the Witcher 3 looks, I want to talk about uh, Beauclair, which is the, the, the world that you go, the land that you go to. Beautiful. And what's really lovely is the core game of the Witcher 3 is, is, is dark and gritty and nasty, and it's a terrible place that you're in. And everybody's living in borderline poverty and in fear all the time. And then you go to Beauclair for this final, you know, this final goodbye to, to, to Gerald. And you are, you're given this beautiful resplendent land with, you know, honorable knights and not as many bandit and monster problems. And it's really colorful. And, and, and basically they do something. You know, they do they do something with their engine and their art style and their lighting and all that sort of stuff that looking at The Witcher 3, I wouldn't have necessarily thought was possible. Mm-hmm. Mm. So I really have it's... a lot a lot of love for that. Same. I... Blood and Wine is a guaranteed top three. Like, it, what it yeah. does to the engine in terms of just overall performance and just looking at, like, the actual design of the world and how it complements, like, kind of the fairy tale setting. They're trying to set up this extra expansion land into and how it kind of contrasts some of the darker elements of the narrative of the expansion i think it's phenomenal i i also think that there's things like when you go into like the fair the actual fairy tale land it's like it's one of the most beautiful environments i've ever seen in a game ever like the oh yeah just stunning brilliant i also want to then loop back around and be nasty about a game which is that oh don't say bad about mega dimension come on i i don't I don't know. I'm not going to talk about that game. I'm going to pretend oh, okay, it doesn't okay. exist. But um, I, I'm not. I don't know why I am set soon as on this list. It looks like a mobile phone game. Like well, it looks damn. like an iOS. I think like it's a phone a game. brilliantly beautiful. I think it's the game. art style. I think it's beautiful. Yeah. I think it's got a lovely art style, but like it's just. It does it a lot of like what, like, what it is. It looks, like, it looks like an iOS game in a bad yeah. way. It's a it's a small bit um, of game, but I'm not gonna for it but i, like I do it, think it's, yeah. a, it's, it's a beautiful i mean game i mean does the, the way the way that the the characters move through the snow is is very amazing it's it's alluring i, I really it, enjoyed that but i'm not gonna it, it has a lot of charm it has a lot of charm to it i just think it looks it, it looks a bit cheap yeah it does like i compare this to like like cosmic star heroin which isn't out yet but it's from two people and looks way better i would i would put uh, it's in a way above say, cosmic star this, heroin. I, would too. I think i think it's like it's it's <laughs> There's too much of a disconnect between like the concept art or official art of the characters and then what you see in the game. That that's yes, absolutely. I mean, it kind of reminds me almost. It's not even on this list, but like exist archive. Yeah. Like, oh, this art, this art, this art, this artwork is pretty good. Then you like look at it in the game models. And you're like, oh, that doesn't. Yeah, I think in motion it's bad. It's a lot better than <laughs> that's the thing with best art visual design is that is that if all you do is look at like screenshots and stuff like that, it's it's not going to give the same when you actually experience it and playing it and for hours. I think it, it gets fun, but uh, I would not put a top three. No way. That's that's as much as I love it. Mm-hmm. Like I said, there's yeah. there's nice environmental storytelling in Ayan Setsuna. Yeah, but 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 that's in terms hard. of like you know, it's not best art. Like the character designs, the concepts of them were nice. 
I, I like seeing it in motion, but it's not exactly like it's not it's not like visually starking. It's not really popping I, out. To I me. think I appreciate that it stuck to its art design and didn't like move away from it. It stuck to the the snow. Uh, For better or worse, it did. Yeah. Anyway, but that's uh, I don't want to keep talking about that. That's off. Um, Mega Dimension. It looks great. I did want to. I actually didn't mention that Mega Dimension has the best soundtrack that the series has ever had. I think it's absolutely uh-huh. incredible. But I, it's not going to stay here. I just it's always for the laughs. Winner of game that would make you embarrassed if your mother saw you playing it. Yeah, no, they wouldn't. My mom would appreciate that. My mother mom would likes, disown you. My mom likes Neptunia. I'm a... uh, I need proof. Uh, what? Need proof. Yeah, we're gonna need, we need proof on that. I need but, to see your Steam, your Steam library. But um, she, she I, I will say, watches me play it. The character designer, main character designer, Sanako for the Neptunia games, it's like always has the colorful. Oh, let's, ideas. let's talk about Neptunia. Yeah, yeah let's move yeah, on. She, like I say, like <laughs> she has great ideas. You know, I, 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 I feel like it's generic anime, though. That's what I think. Yeah, it just yeah. doesn't <laughs> like any other shit to me. Like. It's, it's the writing. I think that, that's that's very just, fun. But let's not let's stop talking just, about. It. There's no reason. Neptunia had, had its five girl. minutes in the spotlight. Uh, how about <laughs> um, Salt and Sanctuary? I it, t- think it looks game really looks good. Cool as fuck. It looks pretty cool, yeah. but I don't know. I'm not it's huge fun. about like how the characters look with like their faces, but I think like the actual like environments <laughs> and whatnot look a lot stronger. But I, you also have Dark Souls Three on this list, and that's kind kinda, of just imitating that. I kind of have to be honest with Salt and Sanctuary. Like I, I did a preview on this and whatnot, of, and a couple years ago, and I do think it's good, but like it's like it's just. Like, they're very open about this, too. It's just 2D Dark Souls. Like, everything about it is just, like, there's not enough of its own DNA there, in my opinion. It just, it's, the art the art style looks like Bloodborne, looks like, uh, yeah. I, I can't get into that one. It's too derivative of, of, what it, of what it's, you know. It's also hard to, like, argue for it when Dark Souls 3 is also on the same list. But also, like, Salt and Sanctuary, did that come out this year? Or is yeah. That, yeah. Like, yeah, it did. Yeah, it did. I was thinking it was just in development for so long, yeah. Um, Odin Sphere. Oh, Odin Sphere uh, definitely deserves a system. I mean, uh, like, it deserves a spot on this list because, because the, uh, Life Thrust here, like, they didn't just, like, port over the PS2 game and this is, like, upscaled it. They, this is all new assets that they redesigned once more to uh, go into this remake, it still it still stands the test of time. Like you know, most vanilla bear games are just like how visually like beautiful it is. Just seeing it in motion, the way uh, their uh, models like mesh together, and just the, the I little just effects. I just always think it looks quite busy. Mm. Mm. I, I don't know. Really good. I think compared to some of their other games, this is a lot more tame. In terms of like what's actually, like, I would. Like, I mean, like if you screen. compare if you compare Odin Sphere to Dragon's Crown, it's a, oh. not as it's not like as stylized as that, but in, in like Dragon's a weird way. I would, way. Also, I I would, would also say it's. I would say that the vision, like the flow of everything in Odin Sphere, is much better. Like Dragon's Crown, I couldn't tell, literally couldn't tell what was going on if you were playing like multiplayer. It's just like there's so much stuff going on and so many elaborate animations, and it's just like this is gorgeous, but it also is like a like a clutter. Well, that would be. I mean, if it was multiplayer in Odin Sphere, would you say the same thing though? But that's not the focus of the game, though. Sure. And I think that the art and the art direction for vanilla for vanillaware games like kind of inform how the game is played almost, and how like you how and how people interpret it now. They enjoy it. 
Yeah, it's also just more to it, just like on what like the actual art style stuff, but like just costume designs, the little animations you do, especially when like uh, when making, preparing food and actually consuming them. It's just very little touches in the art design. I think definitely gives it a leg up on like a lot of uh, other games on this list because there's a lot of minute details in it that just it makes it shine because the little things add up in that game and just. Okay. I, I can't. I can't. I can't speak highly enough of Odin Spears' art design. Well, let's let's move on then, and that'll stay here. What about Grand King? Uh, yeah. I don't think it belongs here. I I, I, I I don't think I don't think it belongs like as the best, but it's worth noting that once again, it's not, it's not vanillaware. It's uh, I forgot the actual. It's, it's from the Grand Knight's history. It's static. It's static. It's right? It's uh, yeah, it's Spike Chunsoft, but I forgot the actual developer name behind it. Um, but uh, the actual like interface stuff, like you're using uh, like going through the. Like a, a map board, almost like a board game, and you're like a chess piece, and it's uh, navigating the, these maps. It's almost like every time you move, the enemy moves. Uh, it's worth mentioning just like how how visually cool that uh, that game presents itself. It's 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 very unexpected, I guess, uh, from a first time developer. It's like not not necessarily it's not vanilla bear level, but it gets damn close to it. And while I had my issues with the game. I think it's just worth mentioning that if there's going to be a category to mention it, it's going to be this one. I actually kind of, I actually really like, it's kind of like a, it's like a slightly anime style, but with like stylized, almost slightly deformed proportions and things like that. And I kind of like that style. Um, I don't know if it wins, if it belongs top three here, but I, I do, it is kind of a style that isn't too common. So I kind of like it when I see it pop up here and there. I don't know. I, I, I tend to see that style quite a bit maybe that's just me because i like on mobile games i've seen that style before but that's just my opinion mm. I'm, I'm okay with it with cutting it but I, I definitely think it deserves a little bit of a spotlight i think we should cut grand king grand kingdom yeah yeah what about stranger of souls oh someone add that i didn't i just I didn't Sandra did added stranger because of souls. it's really pretty as much as that game made me sick from the environments like the, the dungeon crawling <laughs> <That's not solid>. <laughs> um, <laughs> well i get motion sick really easy the same way I oh okay so, i'm literally sick. sick okay i thought you yeah, were like yeah, sick to it makes, one. no it makes me sick like that <laughs> this art but style not makes the, me not ill not the shitty anime <laughs> ones that you can choose but the, say, the other art style yeah you can choose there's two art styles in that game there's they're, they're, they're shitty anime or there's not shitty anime. There's the schlock and then there's the pure art. So, for the sake of its nomination, I'm pretending that the anime one doesn't exist. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I think only one other I think, I think, I think it. Andrea and I are the only ones who have played this. <laughs> right. And I agree, the character art is really, really good. Not it the is. anime version, but the other version. Um, it's you know it's obviously describing art is pretty difficult to do in words, but it's just it's it's got like this Japanese style to it without being anime. It's very very pretty. Um, each character is kind of very unique in how they look. They, but, they don't have yeah. same face that a lot of anime art styles run into. Well, it's very nineties influenced. Well, beyond style. the beyond but, the portraits, what yeah. the anime? I'll just say the portraits are basically it. It's a dungeon yeah. crawl. Okay, it's the a dungeon crawl, and that's fine, you know, but. The re- the rest of it is whatever you know. Physically ill dungeon crawling. Yeah. <laughs> that's uh, that's experience, you know. That's their games, and that's fine. I mean, uh, as long as it's done well and the way it plays with like the effects during battle and stuff like that, but it doesn't sound like it it does it that well. I don't know. I haven't played it, so. You know what? Yeah, I think I we like should. It was cut... just worth mentioning. Oh sure. Even if it does get cut. Yeah, I think we should cut Dragon Quest Builders because it's it's great, but it's also not like compared to what else is on this list, I really don't think I agree. it's. 
I agree yeah, with that. I too. really want to play that, that game. game so bad, but it's so good. It's, it's I, I, I do want to that game. That, cool. It's a great game, and there's discussions. Briefly. There's further discussions to be had about that game, but I don't right. think it stays on this list. Okay. I just yeah. want to spotlight kind of how it is that love letter, and I do think it really blends that kind of Minecraft style of the world with the, the Dragon Quest Akira Toriyama designs quite well. Like it's not top three for sure, but I just wanted to comment. Absolutely, on that. absolutely. Uh, Tokyo Mirage Sessions. Yeah, Stace. I think it's it, it has an incredible really? art style that really lends a lot to it. Yeah, absolutely. I think I, I love the. I think the style is what really sets it apart from all yeah, the other. Yeah, like every aspect of its presentation is yes. uh, outstanding. Like especially I was the menu transitions. Um, the way you upgrade. Oh, the uh, level ups. The, the screen when mm-hmm. you level up is so yep. damn good. <laughs> it's so good. Really good. I was watching Adam okay. play this, and I think jokingly you mentioned like if you have a game that you like its menus, put it in this list. And I was actually saying like, wow, these menus are really colorful and different, and you pay attention mm-hmm. to them. Oh, they pop so out. Well Presentation is very oh, no, yeah, it's top notch. Okay, so that's there. Um, I uh, Final Fantasy. let me let me let me just say with Tokyo Mirage Sessions, mm-hmm. I don't think it should win. Like top three is fine, but otherwise, I don't think it deserves any more than that. Gonna elaborate on that? Yeah, I just don't. I think the color stuff is almost a little bit too obnoxious in places. Yeah, yeah. you can see that it's very yeah. loud. Like Persona Four, Three, and Five, like all of them have like, like more interesting color. use of their color palettes. Where Tokyo Mirage Sessions is like you just spilling paint buckets on a canvas and sometimes okay. just yeah, like I can colors everywhere. So yeah. I feel like it's almost too loud in places. And even if that was the intended style, it's not what I'm like. It's not what I uh, think is gonna be a winner here so uh, i don't know about that but yeah so i i just want to final fantasy 15 is a weird game because in, in in moments it's absolutely gorgeous and in moments it's not but when it's but but i do think it's one of the better looking open world games there's ever been uh, it's another situation with 15 where does the good outweigh the bad again the lighting. Bad that it keeps coming down to that but final fantasy 15's lighting is surprisingly good i don't know if anybody here has played it in hdr but holy i hear it's phenomenal in hdr like it's like incredible and it's like it's something that i i don't think it wins this category but even with all the jank i could easily see it being top three especially when you consider we're talking about visual design as well and i think definitely um far more than 13 and even i you know it almost like it pains me to say, even than twelve, I do think it has a really strong sense of visual style running throughout its world. You know, yeah. we're talking in the music category about the different worldwide <laughs> towns and stuff like that. What's that sound? Andrea's dog likes to comment on oh, this. Okay, dog, dog is playing along. Okay, <laughs> I didn't know he was right there. Oh. Sorry. Adorable. Oh God. It's a, he's don't, on bread. Don't make eye contact on one food. He's throwing so in his five cents on, on Final Fantasy fifteen. It's all good. Yeah. Dog it's like, it's I, rough. I, I, I couldn't. I couldn't. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> oh, shit. Aaron, what do you think about this? Because I know you've got strong Final Fantasy feelings. I think the, the art direction and the visual design was actually quite good. Uh, but like you said... There, there are parts that, well, you know, yeah, there are parts that did look good. There are other parts that did not look so good. So, you know, maybe top three, but maybe not. Not the, the winner. Top. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm still like, 
like the the whole the whole clash of like all the main characters wearing like these black fanboy outfits is still like, <laughs> I don't know. Like, I think I think you know that is something where I'm convinced that 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 were they not shackled to trailers yeah. and verses and things, yeah. they they would. Well, got you can that. see they tried. Well, sort of tried. They gave you a, a couple extra outfit options but even then yeah. those options were still kind of like uh have you know. in a baggy coat <laughs> yeah that that outfit wasn't so great i will give ff15 and uh it's due credit of like just amazing enemy designs and a variety of them yeah, it's really it's... cool seeing classic final fantasy creatures like the gorilla or hund legs yes. i don't i don't know if they've had like 3d versions before in 12 or anything i know some of them have but like seeing those like classic creatures or like the Katoblapas things, like seeing those in like these HD, you know, visuals is really cool. I think these are some of my favorite iterations of the summons too, probably. Oh yeah, they they look pretty incredible. I haven't played it, but I've seen the summons in man. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're cool. I just wish you could actually use like, them. Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. Problem, yeah, but that's like a, obviously a more gameplay versus art. But yeah, I totally agree. That seems kind of unfortunate that they didn't okay so it sounds it sounds like we're gonna lock that in for 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 top three top but three. not but not win i i would say hyperlight drifter might be a winner i think the really? art style in that game is i pretty love that damn game amazing. i put hyperlight drifter here on this list when we when we added it because like it that game basically lives on its art style Absolutely, yeah. um so like it's basically this pixel art um like reminiscent of I don't know, something you'd find on an old Sega console or something, only, uh, like, it's very, very, very smooth. I guess they more recently added, like, a 60 frame per second mode, which... Yes, yeah, you played it after it the 60... Yeah, I didn't even realize that was new when I was playing through it recently. And um, it does these cool effects with, like, when your character gets hurt or or even dies or falls or whatever, like, kind of like where the screen almost starts to glitch out on you uh, and things like that. Um, and then like, I will say though, that the art style, it almost, I think they almost went too far with some of the interface where it almost gets kind of confusing to know what you're like equipping and things mm. like that, maybe. Yeah. Because, because it's, it's so reliant on like, we're not going to convey anything to you with like a spoken words. It's, it's a, right, like, no, no one's I'm, like, it's, it's all visual storytelling. There's no uh, like audio cute, like words being spoken. It's all symbols. Like, like even going into the shops, like there's no dialogue. It just kind of shows like it uses cues from the, from the art or from the menu to try to like, what, what are you looking at here? What are you purchasing or whatever, but it doesn't tell you anything. But I think the art is strong enough that I was never really confused. Yeah, it's so, a gorgeous game. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, okay. So the question I do think is, the, I do think the game is a little bit style over substance, but when we're talking about this category, that doesn't matter. But this is the category it's so, all about. I mean, okay. Yeah, yeah. I think we can probably cut Dark Souls. I, yeah. I think it has beautiful enemy design, beautiful world. I think it, it looks phenomenal on, on the new hardware and on high-end PCs. But it doesn't bring too much new to the table for the series, right? No, um, I mean, yeah, we've seen this how many times now? Like in three yeah. main games, and even in Bloodborne, like well, it's slight variation. It's fucking incredible skyboxes. But if we have to yeah. get this category down to three games, yeah. How about make a best skybox category? Yeah, <laughs> there are things. There are things like Irithyll look that just look incredible, but they are very like it reminds me of. Uh, Cairnhurst Castle in Bloodborne. Like, it's very clearly like they were running out of ideas. Like, uh, and it's like, oh, look, it's Anne Orlando. Oh, I guess that's a spoiler. Uh, never mind. 
Um, but uh, it's, it's been out for nearly a day, uh, whatever. Yeah, okay. But it, yeah, it, it's too much. Yeah, too much of stuff we've seen before. We're going to have spoilers um, on this cast. I'm sure everyone's aware of that. Anyway. So, if we cut Dark Souls and we say Final Fantasy 15 is a lock, and we also say Hyperlight Drifter is a lock. Ooh. Tokyo needs to go. I think Tokyo stays. Then, yeah, then, then, no, then that leaves us. I would then pick that... Tokyo over Hyperlight. I would too. I would too. I like Hyperlight, well, but I, I like I Tokyo. Put it over I really, I, I really like Hyperlight, but I think Tokyo barely edges it out. I think there are really cool, phenomenal, like really good things underneath the Hyperlight Drifter engine, and the the, the like work they had to do to get that to sixty frames. Like that's admirable beyond just anything. I can muster, but it's. I'd, I'd also put Tokyo above Hyperlight because yeah. what I said about like the Hyperlight, I, I, maybe it didn't confuse other people, but some of like the, like some of the menu navigation, uh, with that art style, it, I think it almost went too it's, far. It, yeah, it sticks to its guns too much, like it's, it's, to, to the detriment of like just trying to uh, connect the dots at some point. But it's so good, I don't care. Even if it, even like mechanically, okay, it doesn't so, make okay, sense. Okay, so it's it, still seems, okay. it seems like we have consensus <laughs> on, on Tokyo over Hyper. So let me ask this. Does does Odin Sphere also beat Hyper? I think it does. No, I, I think yeah, no. yeah, Odin Sphere looks better than Hyperlite. Right, does, does, does Odin Sphere beat Tokyo? I don't think so. No. I'd say yeah. absolutely not. I would say so. Okay, so we'll cut, we'll cut Hyper. Now the question is, which is still on the list as well? We have three. We have three left. I would. I don't know. We forgot. No, Odin Sphere before we have. We have Final Fantasy 15, Witcher 3, Blood and Wine, Odin Sphere, and Tokyo Mirage Sessions. I'd, I'd sooner cut Odin Sphere than either of those three. The other three. I would too. I would, I would cut Tokyo before Odin Sphere. I think we should have a two. vote at this point. Okay. Yeah. Well, no, it sounds pretty. It's... Okay. Okay. I can, I can make an argument for Odin Sphere on on why it. it it does the beats us out. Well, we, 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 you know, Zach spoke impassionately about that earlier. But uh, okay, Zach, what's your top three? Oh, okay. Um, yeah, Final Fantasy fifteen, which I'm not actually. To be honest, I'm not. No explanations, uh, just just the name. Okay, how about uh, yeah? Let's see, fifteen, Witcher three, Tokyo, our session. Okay, Josh. Uh, fifteen. Odin Sphere, Tokyo Mirage Sessions. Aaron? 15, Witcher 3, and Tokyo Mirage Sessions. Kyle? Witcher 3, Final Fantasy 15, and Odin Sphere. <clears throat> Megan Dimension. Uh, so, uh, Andrew? <laughs> no! <laughs> okay, sorry. That was um, 15, Witcher 3, and Tokyo Mirage Sessions. Darren, I'll go Witcher Three, Odin Sphere, and Tokyo Mirage Sessions. First one, lots of over fifteen. Huh. Uh, Brian, uh, Witcher, Tokyo, and I haven't played Odin, but I don't really feel like fifteen belongs. So, can I only vote twice? Yeah, well, three. Yeah, yeah sure. Three, buddy. Uh, uh, Odin, fine. Okay, Adam, <laughs> I'm going to say the same thing. I, I'm not sure. I would put Final Fantasy 15 in the top three here, so I'm going to pick the other three: Witcher, Odin Sphere, and Tokyo Mirage Sessions. Yeah, I didn't feel. I'm not feeling strong about 15 myself, but I did. I just think, like, I linked that screenshot, like that 15. Or there's such a painterly look to Blood and Wine. It's just so beautiful. 
And I, my picks are 15 on the strength of its enemy design and world design. Sure. Um, which are on the strength of things like the screenshot that, that, that was just linked. Like, holy crap, that looks so good. Um, and and Tokyo on the strength of its menus. Like, the weird thing is I've picked them all for very different reasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a, it's a hard category. So it is. Uh, Odin Sphere, I, I, I appreciate this is really close. Like, even if you t- even if you tally the votes, it really it ends up being Final Fantasy versus Odin Sphere. Oh, not but another game one... like that. I don't know another Final but Fantasy. But it's versus... but it's but it's one but it's one vote in it. Yeah. Um, Final Fantasy versus thirteen. And yeah, I don't know. Like, if we're going off the votes, then it's Witcher, Tokyo, and fifteen. Mm-hmm. But very yep. close, like Odin yeah. Sphere. As close as can be. Um, in terms of votes, The Witcher is the winner. Mm-hmm. If people don't, I mean, unless people feel because we don't, you know, we don't necessarily decide based yeah, on the mean, votes. Once we get down to three, we can revote or whatever. Um, <laughs> or it's top totally one. different art styles too. You talk about like Western versus Japanese, right? Course, but... Yeah. Oh yeah, I feel I like saying, you know, Final Fantasy Fifteen is too productive. rough in areas to stand up to Witcher. That's I my see, opinion. Yeah. 15 is, I, I don't think... Yeah. I, you see, here's the thing. I do think 15 absolutely 150% belongs in the top three. Sure. But I also, at the same time, do not think under any circumstances it wins the category because of how rough it is in places. Sure. Right. Sure, sure. And yeah. I think that's a key... So, revote after distinction the three? <laughs> Witcher 3 is the benchmark that other open-world games try to be. It's like, sure. even, even, if, even if in places, you know... So, in places, I think 15 looks better in, in a visual sense than The Witcher 3. But you look at the screenshot, like the one I just posted into the thing, and yep. and it's just like the colours that pop in Blood and Wine in particular, how different it is to to uh, to the previous to the original game, um, how different the world feels in Blood and Wine. Is so, l- l- let me just say that like I have not played The Witcher Three or Blood and Wine, but even just from like looking at screenshots, I can almost like pick out oh that's a blood and wine screenshot they, yeah. they, 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 they yeah. clearly right. they clearly made a distinction like in the not only in like the colors but like the the buildings that are shown and like the grass and the forestry and things like that I don't, like it's something yeah. i wanted something i want to add on is despite how like all these screenshots we're leaking or linking are really beautiful and you know very painter-esque like there's some you know part of art direction is obviously also like you know, you, if there is something supposed to be disgusting or convey revulsion uh, and it's done well, that should be taken into consideration, too. And there's some really, really grotesque, uh, disturbing looking creatures uh, in Blood and Wine. And, yeah, I think it's the whole package. It's not just pretty in like the colorful, you know, in, in the, those screenshots we linked, for example. Yeah, I, I, I think that wins this category. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of feel a little bit hesitation having an expansion win, but it's like I said, it's it's so well, distinct well, from the original no. too. Well, it's, well, it's like substantial. It's, it's yeah. so different. Thirty hours or something. I, like that. I there also is, think. Sorry, Heaven's Lord won something last 30, year, and that's it, an expansion. Long, look at it this way: it's longer than Final Fantasy XV's story. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, Third. Okay, so. And that would leave Tokyo as the runner-up. Okay, that's that was really close. Time. It was very close. Much respect to Odin Sphere, um, 
Clearly, two more categories before the break, so just looking at this. Well, right. The last these, categories these, will be longer. But these two, these two, yeah. these two are kind of easy with I respect think. to these categories. They're kind of bullshit categories, really. They're not kind of. We're not uh, rewarding games in 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 real ways. We're not rewarding the artistry behind games with these categories. So, yeah, that brings us on to the biggest surprise of 2016. Hmm. Um, so this this award can go to. Um, <laughs> Sorry. The, the last one great. just made me laugh. Can can go to this this award can go to surprises, good or bad. So, for instance, in the past, we gave this award to uh, we gave Your a version Tomata. of this award. We gave a version of this award to the original Final Fantasy XIV because we couldn't believe how bad it was. We gave a version <laughs> of this award to Nier Automata uh, just for existing. Um, oh, by no, games stuff like that. So we have uh, World of Final Fantasy. World of Warcraft Legion, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, specifically uh, the fact that it has this sort of creative open world thing going on and it has voice acting and things like that. Uh, Prey and the fact that Chris Avalon is helping out on it. Uh, Romancing Saga 2 being local localized. <laughs> Princess Maker 2 Refine. Yeah, well. uh, <laughs> there's Star Ocean with a frowny face, so I'm guessing this Why is that. that a surprise, though? Why is that a surprise? I think well, that's I wanted to believe low, in the but... dream. Yeah. There's yeah, Final Fantasy 15. Anyway. There's uh, Yeast Origin actually being acknowledged as a thing and coming to PSN next year. Uh, there's the Zero Time Dilemma <laughs> Disappointment. Oh my god. There's oh, man. Project Cross Zone 2. There's Dragon Quest Builders. Uh, Odin Sphere rears its head once again. Somebody's written Princess Maker 2 Refine down again. Uh, somebody's written Final Fantasy down again, but I'll get rid of those. Uh, and then Wild Arms and Ark of the Lad making a triumphant or, depending on your perspective, not so triumphant return as Bone. Oh, gosh. Yeah. That's got to be the biggest so, one. But anyway, yeah. So, uh, let's cut Star Ocean. I mean, yeah. those games have never been yeah, like okay. fantastic. So, like, <laughs> number two Ooh, was amazing. Two was freaking great. You on that, sir. <laughs> two was awesome. Okay, I just like the that I was just explained the Star Ocean things I put it. I was just horribly disappointed with the game. I think it's a lot worse than I would have anticipated it to be because it does a lot of things worse than previous games, which already were in a rough spot. And it just kind of took me aback as, like, how did this get released in this state? Like, what happened here? I'm a, I must be... I actually liked that game, even though I don't think it's that great. <laughs> I think I gave it its highest Metacritic score. We all know why you liked <laughs> it, it, Kyle. Oh yeah, that's true. You like the girl with the crazy dress, Fiore. Uh, what about... She, does, she, she okay. definitely she definitely doesn't wear a dress. Let's clear that yeah, up. That's... What about oh, why, yeah, is, why, why, is, uh, why is Legion on here terrible. anyway? What's the big surprise about Legion? I don't know. Uh, both Warlords good. of Draenor and Mr. Here... Pandaria were both like horrible. Oh. Yeah. Basically, basically, I'll, I'll, I haven't played WoW for many years, but everyone that I know that plays WoW so... said, and the, and the the consensus has been that the expansions have been co- getting progressively worse. Since Wrath of the Lich King, which came out in two thousand nine, that was like one it of the, got, yeah. yeah, and it got to the point where like Warlords of Draenor was like they lost five million subscribers because that that expansion was so bad. Um, and basically, what I understand is everyone thinks that this is the best expansion since Wrath of the Lich King, and I don't really. I mean, maybe it's a surprise that it's a turnaround, but like, I mean, I, I mean, I haven't played it, so I can't really say. But that's my understanding. Why? <laughs> Apparent, apparently it's apparently it it did away with a lot of the oh, what's that thing that everyone hates in Drainer the 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 Facebook thing oh what is it I can't remember you could buy Domino's um, pizza 
No, no, no. Sure, oh. Surely, it's the thing. Garrisons. That's what everyone hated. Oh. And then apparently, apparently, this game is really good at, or the, the expansion is really good at exploring the world again. Um, people really like the uh, the artifact weapons, even though they're just the relic weapons from fourteen. <clears throat> uh, but uh, hmm. yeah, I hear, I hear it's, I hear it's a lot better than, and the game is in a much healthier state, and they've actually been doing really good post-release content with like actual expansion or actual patches whereas like there have been out of the 10 years that world of warcraft has been around well actually more like 12 years um or 11 whatever uh there were the two of the two whole of those years never had a single content update if you can believe that but yeah that's it i I hear it's good (laughs) so okay i i think we can come back to wow because i think that that deserves to stay a little bit longer. But um, I don't know why Final Fantasy's on the list. I don't know. Because I it's still I don't, a mess, isn't it? It's not. It's, not, it's, it feels, it's, 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 it's sort of in between, which is, I think, exactly what everyone expected it yeah, to be. Yeah. yeah. I think it was like, like the, a, the, 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 like the critical consensus was better than I, we were expecting it to be. Yes, but I think I there's still problems, that. yeah. Mm-hmm. I like it more than I thought, but not to yeah. the extent that it's that surprising. I'm actually more surprised. I love The Last Guardian. It's, that's mm-hmm. the one I thought I was going to hate. <laughs> so. Same here. Same still, here. Apparently, 15 is still on fire, so that's kind of. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, now I, that I... people have beaten the game, like the the realization that the story is a huge hot mess is kind of like the big topic yeah is that, like, that's not really a surprise though you know i don't know like because like, mass, well, yeah, mass effect 3 is like that's the precedent for adding like changing the ending to a game not, but 15 is doing as well <laughs> so that's also not like a crazy <laughs> surprise anymore i don't know coming off of heaven's word which which has like such a yeah. good story and world building and you know the localization and writing it's like well maybe i might have expected a little too much with 15 bar too high i just i, I just don't I, think it's well, really a surprise like yeah yeah i don't think i expected it to be like a total like flop but i didn't no. expect it to be like an outstanding masterpiece and it's kind of like an ambitious mess which is kind of exactly. right, what right. we expected what I yeah I so it's not really a surprise on average yeah, final fantasy is better than a lot of games but like maybe the biggest surprise still, yeah maybe the biggest surprise will be ff15 uh Maybe being have a, having a coherent storyline after they get their What's long-term the goals. Yeah, yeah, gonna win next year, right? Genuinely joking apart, if they do well, that could end up being next year's biggest surprise. Exactly. Because right. um, I, yeah, I don't expect them to do well with that. Yeah. Um, nope. I think, I think, I think Prey can go like. That, very yeah, I mean, I feel like that stuff kind of leaked out, and we were like, okay, like when it showed back up, we were like, oh, okay, well, it was there the worst it kept secret well, in the world. Well, let's be yeah. clear though; it's it's not so much the prey existing because that's awesome. I think it's Chris Chris Avalon being part of it because here's this guy who's very much in the trenches of RPGs, helping up with like prey. I think that's amazing. Uh, but also a game like, stuff. also a game like prey. You know, we talked about Dishonored on the tangential category earlier. You know, a game like Prey isn't exactly the 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 biggest, most crazy connect. You know, distance from three, our, no, for anything. You know, no. it's agree. it's got a similar sort of level of storytelling that the, those games that Arcane makes. So I can see Chris working on it. I, I think it's worth a mention, but I don't think it makes the the, the, the final list. Of yeah, I, I think it's a, that they stick with Prey as a name. <laughs> I think it's just a little bit of a narrow surprise, like one, yeah. like. 
guy who's well respected for what he does kind of moving to another studio to help them out to doing what he's known to be to what he's known for maybe it's so. just weird it's it's called prey and not prey yeah. three or something like that okay well, can we, can we yeah it's a, reboot, <laughs> no, it's a reboot which is all anybody does these days yeah, yeah can we yeah. can we cut princess maker like, yeah, please. I, yeah, I don't please. even know what that is. Like, okay, I'm sort of, I, one, Josh I don't Prince. know what it is. Two, I'm sort of okay. So, to the... have a game that's called Princess Maker on the list at all. <laughs> uh... Okay, so there's like a very misunderstood series, right? Because yeah. the Princess Maker series, it's like it's kind of like a simulation game. You do, you do like raise a daughter in it, and they know that sounds kind of creepy at, at first. <laughs> You know, it does. It's a simulation. It's like I mean, I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna be like oblivious. Like, no, no I do. I it's do not creepy. It's it's your bringing a daughter. It's it's just like a father daughter kind of thing. I don't and think like you're kind of, and then you're kind of like you know setting up her schedule, like oh, like raising her stats and whatever. And there's like the the main appeal of the game is like there's so many fucking different endings to it. And it's more of a surprise that like it's making a, it's it, because this like. I think one of the first times it's being localized actually to here. Yeah, here's the thing: like, aren't there like a lot of Japanese visual novels that have been like known quantities in Japan for quite a while now? It's kind of like a dormant making their way to Princess Maker is like uh, is actually a big. It's like it's it's got like a history to it. It's like a big series in Japan, and it's it's older than most of the series we've mentioned here. Yeah, early nineties. We're talking, you know. it's just it, it, was, it was an out of nowhere announcement. I don't know if the, if that re- really is in the spirit of you guys, like you know, like acknowledging it uh, coming over to the West. I just think it was just having that surprise announcement and like them considering to bring in the whole series on Steam and now having like you know some sort of uh, follow up installment like a VR or whatever. It's just it's just one of those things that, as like me personally, like I don't have a strong attachment to the series, but I think it's it's a fascinating thing to see like just the history. Of it. In my yeah. head, I just kind of blended in with all the other Japanese visual novels that are. Well, it's easy to. It's, it's, totally it's easy, easy to, too. but the fact is, they were. It's like when you know Final Fantasy IX was announced, the HD version earlier this year. They released English screenshots immediately, so you're like, "Whoa, whoa, wait a second. It was, it was kind of a one-two punch because not only is it the like the English screenshots means it's being localized. I think that was like a huge surprise at the time because. Yeah, it's it's it, you you can lump it on as much as you want, but these series actually has kind of a, a pedigree to it and actually a reverence in Japan, uh, the Princess Maker series, because there's like multiple ones. So it's like the first time an entire series is finding its way. It's like Far East of Eden, like it's a huge but series not, in Japan, not, but it's, it's coming it's, over it's here. It's not really top three, is it? No, but I, that's why I want to at least mention what that's what we're talking about. Like at least it deserves a mention here, so not to lump it in with the other. Andrew, are those, are those screenshots you just sent me from this game? <laughs> yeah, they are. No, Fucking in fairness. Fuck this game. That's, oh, <laughs> no, Jesus. in fairness, that's not the second one. The second one does look way better than the, the modern ones. Oh, no. Princess Maker 2 is way better than modern, the modern yeah, ones. Yeah. I'll say that. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. No, I think okay. Princess Maker 2. The, this is considered the okay, best race, the best yeah, entry in the series. I or would play Princess can... Maker 2. I would not play some of the newer ones no i wouldn't i'm either. disgusted <laughs> okay oh oh another reason why we should cross this off the list is because gynax is involved and they can <laughs> you've got your you could take your pot shots all you want but <laughs> they have enough trouble as it is lately i don't know if you need to do that they, they're, in a, they're they in a lawsuit kind of... right now I like uh, i just thought it's like there's a there's a deserves a mention there's a little bit of spotlight i know it's gonna be forever misunderstood and whatnot whatnot it's, it's a fact of life yeah. but Definitely, uh, it's it's cool. Michael Jackson was misunderstood. <laughs> <laughs> Mega Dimension is the biggest surprise of 2016. Uh, I will Good say, Lord. if we're going to talk about the surprises, 
I absolutely do think Romancing Saga 2 belongs in the top three because it's a game that was released in the early 90s. Apparently, it was super hard to uh, to do the fan translation. They were having so much trouble because there's a lot of, was it kanji or something like that? I forget what the problem was. They were having a lot of trouble with it. Up to this point, it was never mm-hmm. translated into English, like even by fans. The fact that, even if it may be on a mobile version, the fact that they brought it over, Romancing Saga, like, they never localized any of the Romancing Saga games until, like, the PlayStation 2 era. So, I, I think, like, the Minstrel Song or whatever that game was, I think that that, mm-hmm. by itself, qualifies in the top three. I agree. Well, okay, so I think we should cut Project Cross Zone 2. Yes. Yeah, because the first yeah. one was surprising. It did no, well, I, I, so the fact I, I, that it's, it's better, but that's not no, a huge no. Surprise. Yeah, it's not. It's not a huge surprise, but I think it, it just rectified like so much of like. The, I'm not <laughs> the gonna content, say this top yeah. three, but it just Story rectified sucks. the whole fucking first game. Yeah, you know, I mean, yeah. So, like the first game is yeah. goddamn awful, but yeah. so, yeah, the second one being it's surprising that it speaks so much and <laughs> just being a great game. Like oh, worth noting, but well. I think also worth noting. <laughs> yeah. What about Zelda though? Because I'm like I got to play it and it's awesome and all of that, but I'm not surprised anymore whenever a game is going open world. Well, it was the I'm, only no matter what it is. I'm sorry, I don't mean I cut you off. Oh, I think no. it's it's crazy. It was the only game Nintendo showed, and it stole the show mm-hmm. for one. I think that's crazy. The, it's the first time the series has ever had voice acting. Uh, so yeah, but it doesn't have know, that much. Surprising that is, I think it's like Andrew it's and real. I. Here's the thing: it doesn't have that much. Andrew and I played it, it and there there wasn't any voice acting in the section we played, even though we were talking to characters. That's true, true, but then again, you're, it's not... It, obviously, aren't going to so show literally, much of the story, no, but, what I'm but saying that's what we're going off of. Yeah, 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 literally, so far, in terms of voice acting in Zelda, we have literally heard... Who we presume is Five that? words. There are, <laughs> yeah. We've heard five words of voice acting <laughs> for that game, and that's it. And we don't know how much is going to be in the game. So that's, I think the voice acting side, that isn't going to be a surprise until we see to what extent it's used. I also, I also it's don't just, think... Oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. So I thought you were done with the voice acting thing, but but kind of like with Andrea, I don't think it being open world is that much of a surprise. It's, it was kind of mm-hmm. like in the back of my head, like Zelda could go open world, you know, they, right. they could do that, and then they did. So it's like it's. I mean, it's not like it's was like a hundred percent totally like a no brainer expectation, but I don't think it was like an out of the out of the blue like wow, what are they doing? I think you it's know? it's awesome. Like it's leaning it more to like RPG stuff, but yeah, yeah. But that seems kind of right. like more of a natural progression than like a Fair random enough. surprising thing that they did. Fair enough. Yeah, let's cut it. Okay. Yeah, let's cut. And zero uh, and, and zero time dilemma being a disappointment. No, I don't know. I don't know how you guys feel about that. Oh man, that's that. It's a surprise, all right. It, you guys I don't think I'm disappointed by it enough it. to make just, it. We will come back. I feel like that one has to be in the top three. Actually, we'll come. I'll, we'll I come back to that one. Could I? I think. I think we should cut World of Final Fantasy. It was a surprise. It was good, but it's yeah. not. It's it's yeah, meant to be an onboarding experience for new fans. Not earth shattering. Yeah, it's awesome for fans, um, but not. As it's fun. also not earth shatteringly good. Like it's a fine game, but it's not like a oh my god, ten out of ten game. Sure. Um, can we? So that's gone. Can we? Can we keep in favor of a top three? Can we keep Dragon Quest Builders? Because like I was pretty I surprised was at how good say, that was. I think that belongs in the top. Three. Yeah, I yeah. agree with that one because, because I. I'm not a fan of Dragon Quest or building games, and I loved that game. It was surprising well, how good it was. I had never played, really played a building game, and I had a lot of fun with Dragon Quest Builders. So. Same. Yeah, exactly. I think right. with Builders, it's kind of like this onslaught of like support in the West for Dragon Quest games, too. And apparently, it, all, apparently it also sold really well, too. Here's the no, there's a surprise. Dragon Quest. Here's, here's, here's the way I see this now, looking at this list as it stands. <clears throat> I think you have Dragon Quest Builders and you have Zero Time Dilemma. 
and then you have one of what remains. Oh, I, man, but uh, I will mention, because you've got it highlighted, I know it's going to cut East Origin. I think it's fucking crazy that they showed it on care. stage, because that's never happened before. Yeah, but okay. So here's I just, I know it's going to be cut. I just want to mention. This is a pet bugbear of mine. So here's the reason they showed it on stage. It's because Sony doesn't give a fuck about that PSX conference. It doesn't matter to them. That's why they use it to guff out all the stuff that they would literally never show at Game Sure, Con, never show at E3. Like it's so. literally that's that's why people are going, people are on Gaff going, oh my god, they 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 showed the Vita like six times. The Vita's not dead. They I, will not fucking breathe. I, 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 I get that. I get that. I just think that it's because yeah, it's it's only it's PlayStation centric, so they got to cram as much in. And that conference was only I mean, that whole thing was an hour like, long. But I just it's I, not I, that. It's just. Uh, They've got this event, and they just they need to fill an hour. So they're like, "What okay. bullshit can we put in that we don't that, that you know? What bullshit can we put in from publishers that we are that are clearly not going to get any time at E3, but <laughs> but we'll be ecstatic to be on any stage? It's, which it's is more, why you get Trump uh, and all that stuff." Okay, I, I just want to I just want to mention though it's that I understand that, but even when that's happened, I've never seen a game like a Falcom game be part of this entire conference. I know right. that's it's it's the third time they've had a conference and all that. I just think by principle alone, it's crazy, and I think it's awesome that they put it up there and they actually didn't put it in some sizzle reel because they still had sizzle reels in that conference even when because like here are the other games coming to PlayStation VR or whatever else was happening. But they actually, you know, I think I, I just thought it was cool on concept that they gave it any time at all, and I, I think that's awesome. But that's why I, like I feel like I'm okay with the cutting. And and I think part of the fact is is like anyone who's familiar with the East games, like East Origin is awesome. Probably <laughs> the most popular, if not one of the most. Right. And so like the fact that it's that game getting a spotlight and a port, it's just like people are you know it's a game that people like like yeah. anyone who's played it basically likes it <laughs> i mean obviously i'm generalizing but it's i love it i mean yeah. i think that was my biggest takeaway from that conference oh, i submitted totally. that i mean totally. but i think that was mm-hmm. the biggest I, I mean i do i totally agree with alex's point that they just kind of like looking yeah. for anyone to fill time not so like, to, hey, that's totally right. obvious that was obvious yeah. from the very onset is gonna happen yeah but, those people yeah. you know the people on gaff going like oh the beat is back because yeah. Geo got out, you know, bought his yeah. feature out on stage. It's like, we'll fucking see it, E3. When it's coming to about PlayStation it for, 4. So like, they talk about it for literally minus seconds somehow. Yeah. <laughs> it's not <laughs> a big exclusive. They managed to anti-talk about it. Anyway. Uh, the Vita never um, existed. I, I will say, um, uh, we're talking about top three. I think Wild Arms and the Ark the Lad coming back, regardless of it being mobile, because I don't, I honestly couldn't care less as long as the game is good. I think that deserves top three. That's that's well, okay. insane. It's kind yeah. of here's, here's, here's my here's my is it is it is it romancing saga? Those two or Odin's fifth? Uh, Odin's fifth only added on here because I thought it was uh, surprising at how much that game has changed ever since its original release. I don't think it's okay. like the the biggest biggest surprise, but it's worth you know it's cool that like they they fully realized the uh, the vision of that game. Boy. Absolutely. Okay, so is it Romantic Saga or Wild Arms? I kind of want to knock down the Wild Arms thing a little bit. Like, here's why. Here's my argument. So, like, the PlayStation Vita is basically dead outside of a very niche audience. And Sony, like, what are they going to do? Are they going to make a successor to it? It seems like this is maybe their goal. Like, well, instead of doing a PlayStation Vita successor, how about we do something with mobile phones instead? Because, of course, especially in Japan, that's like the market to, to target right now. So that, that kind of makes sense as a transition. Let's put some games on mobile phones. So that's not a surprise. And then like, when you get to the point, okay, what do we put on mobile phones? Well, 
old franchises crossover games like the Wild Arms game is going to be a crossover game. They've already said that. It seems like a natural selection in that frame in that frame as well. I so, don't know about so, that. But... I mean, it's not like it's like once again. I don't think it was like this is brain dead obvious. Yes, they were going to do this, but I don't think it's that much of a stretch. I well, I'm sorry. You, are, are you done? I don't want to cut you off right here. Yeah. Oh, okay. So that, that, sorry. That, um, well, at least from my standpoint, the reason why, and I, I feel bad because it feels like I'm talking a lot during this cast, but I, I did want to mention at least with the Wild Arms and Arc the Lad is that I think personally, it's it's that they acknowledge these two series. I mean, Wild Arms of course is celebrating its 20th anniversary, and they put up that banner earlier this year, so that kind of made sense. But Arc the Lad, that is a series that's been dormant for over a decade, mm-hmm. like longer than Wild Arms, much longer. And so when you're thinking about Sony franchises that belong on mobile that deserve a spot the last thing to think about is the jrpg games they used to make i think of the games they announced were like parappa hot shots golf um even yokai watch was there which was really bizarre uh, but so, but i would say it's like the other series i would think about is like uncharted and their mlb game and all this other stuff that would be in there Wild Arms and arc the lad i think even if regardless of the platform they're coming on i think the fact that both were announced one I, I after the other is, is get, a huge surprise. I get the point, but I have a question. Is yeah. this just because it's new news? Because it's recent? No. I think would the you, fact, it's the Would it's you feel as significant about this shit in six months? Yes. Would it absolutely. stand out as much in six uh, months? Yeah, absolutely. I, it's like, it's like near getting a sequel. Like For me, it's that the fact that these games, both of them are back-to-back being announced like this. That's why I think if they belong together in a single thing is because the fact that they're announcing new entries with the original staff, but reboots. And that is a promise of you know future games based on their success, just by the fact that it's called a reboot. Don't know if it's a promise. Well, I'm... okay, uh, but just if imply, I had to be really honest, it. just looking at this, I think it makes more sense to have Wild Arms and Arc the Lad than the Zero Time Dilemma thing, because yeah. I think that's yeah. kind of subjective, and it's I can't I don't think many of us can chip in on that so far. I actually wouldn't say it's subjective. Like the creator of the series promised a bunch of stuff that never made it into the game. So did they run out of money or something? I wonder. No, there's something that happened in the, I don't know if it's money or if it's time, but there are definitely promises that were made in VLR and that the creator uh, even commented on after that game released that we're going to supposed to be in zero time dilemma that never access had a bad year. So I don't know. Maybe it's yeah, so, <laughs> like, both me and Josh, when we got to the end of the game, we were like, well, oh. so where is like, there's, there's not, there's not even, there's not even like our just opinions on it. There's universal of the people who played it and all these three games, you know, it's, it, it is still, you know, one of the hottest topics, if not the hottest topic in that whole series, whether it's, I definitely think it's the one of the biggest surprises because there was so much, you know, anticipation and excitement going into this game because you know we all we had to really truck on after VLR is like what you know the creator pro- was t- talking about it and like uh, really really driving home that like the third game will answer your questions and what happened? Well, is that yeah, a bigger well, surprise though than anything else on well, this it, list? We have to no. at least one last <laughs> couple. Wouldn't. I like would. Th- like, I mean, I played all three of them too, though, and I just I think it's more of a surprise that any questions that I had like remaining from nine 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 or VLR got answered. Period. That the game even came out. Um, I didn't. I don't know. I felt like I had enough closure with that game. I have a ton of questions. Yeah, sure. Still, but compared okay. to some of the other stuff on this list, no. Here's the question: What like uh... romancing saga? What's the weakest of these? I think romancing saga is. If we a assume surprise, Dream Quest is I a think. Lot. 
here, here, I'm gonna, I'm gonna argue Ooh. one in favor as the weakest. World of Warcraft Legion. The thing is about yeah, this, and I, the, the thing, the thing about this though, it's like okay, it's good, but like the something you need to realize about WoW fans, and I say this as someone that played WoW at the beginning, is they always think the new expansion's great for a little while. Who <laughs> in six months from now are six months from now are they gonna love it? We'll see. But right now, like. Their last expansion was universally considered one of the worst. Of course, they upped their game for the next one. You know what I mean? Blizzard's like, it's not really. Show, it's yeah. like, like this. This isn't very. This is too general. Like, like, what's the surprise about it? Another yeah. World of Warcraft expansion came out. Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. I think. Yeah. I mean, the argument can be made. It was better than people expected. But you know, Blizzard has like their off years. It sounds like, and they and they can come back if they need to and do a good job. But yeah. I, I, I don't think, think it's a surprise, thing. though, sure. like much of one, yeah. Uh, but I can't Either or. that, but I'll, I'll trust your judgment on it. I, I haven't I, played I, it, I, I just have a history with the game and with uh, people I know that have played it, that it's like, I don't think it's that much of a surprise that it's better than the worst game like Blizzard's made in like, recent <laughs> you can't times. Get worse, you can't make it worse than their game that literally made it so 5 million subscribers left. Right. You can't do worse than that. Anyways. So we'll I agree. Go. World of Warcraft doesn't belong on here at I all. I think the arguments are stronger right. than the other ones. As, as, yeah, could I'm, it? I'm sure, as, as good as people who are probably listening to this, as big a fans as they are, they might argue that. But I think that, yeah, we're more passionate about this other stuff. The what's, surprise what's week is now. I actually would put it above Dragon Quest Builders, the other three, but that's that's my own opinion. I, I, I think as cool as Dragon Quest Builders is, I think it's it means it's got potential. And like when I saw it come out, it's awesome. But I don't know. I think it's a cool game, but I don't know how big a surprise it is. Because it, it relies on Minecraft mechanics. Even if it's way more story-driven and all that, I think it's cool. Uh, but it's got it's got games that came out before it that it's it, it's inspired by. And I don't think that's... It was a huge surprise. Like It's just like Final Fantasy XV. It's like it's slightly better than what you expected. Uh, World, of Work, but, World of Final Fantasy. But I would not say it's a surprise. Like a huge surprise. My- my, I would say it's a surprise because almost every, everyone I've talked to that have played Dragon Quest Builders really loves nobody, it. They were, they yeah, were nobody expecting... expected anything out of it. Sure. Yeah, exactly. Sure. No, That's I've, the surprise. I've it's not, okay. it, it's derivative of, yes, Minecraft. We all know that. But the thing is, like, the, what I don't like about Minecraft, the like, super open canvas that you can just do whatever you want. Like, Dragon Quest Builders has enough of a carrot on the strick, stick with its uh, story and with its yeah, you know, progression. Yeah, the, the day-based structure is a huge deal. Yeah, it, it's an excellent game. Like, okay, everyone that's played it loves it, right? Everyone in here that's played it, right? Yeah, I yeah, played exactly. it myself. Yeah, and 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 going into it, did you think you would love it? I didn't. No. <laughs> no, no I mean, not. when they announced it, I was like, oh, this just looks like another Minecraft clone. Like, Even yeah. Yeah. someone who really really likes Dragon Quest, I went into it going like, well, this is going to be some weird spin-off, like whatever. I was ready to write it off, and then you play it, and it charms your yeah. pants off yeah. of you and yeah. it has that neat twist of oh this is the follow-up to the alternate ending in dragon quest one where he teamed up with the dragon lord and then got betrayed and killed oh that's right i forgot i i played that game recently that was and i uh, that's awesome i even i even love the dialogue in it like i remember there's one point where i can't remember that her name but she points out another npc and she's like i don't know his name and he was kind of creepy but he has a beard so he's probably charming and like it's, it's just, like really adorable things <laughs> like writing, that writing's pretty good i've heard yeah that game is great like i think that is by far the biggest surprise Okay. Well, it sounds I like agree. I think I think the argument then is whether 
about zero time I, 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 I think it's i think it comes down to whether it's zero time dilemma or wild arms and arc the lad to be honest right. i think i think romantic saga 2 has a, has a place in here me too me i too. think so too but i would i would put wild arms and arc the lad back just because they're so significant but they're so old like you forgot so many major rpgs <laughs> one one so... thing i one thing i will say is mm-hmm. that as far as the zero time dilemma thing goes there is a precedent in this category for if obviously a disappointment is a subjective thing but right. if there is a precedent in this category for if 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 a disappointment is so overwhelming that it's you know okay the, th- the, think about star wars so, so, <laughs> sorry to sorry to cut you off here but think about this before this game was uh, was uh released like there was so much excitement from the from the fan base universally and now look at the status of the game. It's all fucking memes. It's uh, it's game released to acclaim. No, yeah. like not even that, but like even Jeez. Uchikoshi, he's like like people have asked him about these, you know, things that are missing, and he's like, Well, you know, about that. I never really planned on on having that stuff anyway, and it was all just like a what if situation and, and people are like there's like translated like, interviews out there of like what the dude has said. Uh, yeah, and I read those, and I was just like, that just feels like an easy way out. I I, I think this is significant enough that it might just edge out barely Wild Arms and Arc the Lad. Yeah. Well, I'm surprised by both of them, and I just I still yeah. don't disagree. Like I'm, I, I don't I am disappointed by some of the stuff in Zero Time Dilemma, but just not nearly to the extent of seeing something like arc the lad come back regardless of the the format mm-hmm. i totally agree with that just it's it's such it's such a crazy thing to think about that arc the lad because once again it's been like 12 years i think since that there was right. a new entry and so you'd understand maybe wild arms but arc the lad as well and you know right. it's, it's 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 easy to make fun of mobile games but they're getting better i think mobile games because alex i mean you can speak for like record keeper it's it's amazing experience and a lot better than people give it credit for uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, I, I, I think it's, I think it's, it's, it's potential. And you know, *Romancing Saga 2* is this full-fledged RPG. Even if it's on a mobile device, they also in, like increase the assets. I mean, Adam can speak for that too. He's posted the screenshots and whatnot. They did a better job with that. And <clears> this <throat> isn't a remake. This is a whole new entry. And it's not breath. It doesn't sound like they're going to do a free-to-play *Breath of Fire* six thing. Uh, at least from <sighs> what I can tell. I don't um, know. They haven't breath, really, really haven't really announced anything. I, I, I highly doubt it's like a new installment, like story-wise. I think yeah. it's a gotcha game. Yeah. But yeah. Okay. Regardless, but either regardless, way, I think. Yeah. Me too. They've already I mean, said that, that, that's, not, that's bad or good. That's not to say that gotcha games like you know are are can have like have bad storylines like Valkyrie Autotomia this year you know like uh, speak shit about it all you want but that game does uh, is very much in the respect of the first Valkyrie profile with Ein Heriar stories and whatnot and the, the writing of that is actually pretty damn fantastic before I fucking quit it because the free to play mechanics just ruined it for me <laughs> those those percentages but, you know. yeah but you know but it, I had I had fun with it and I was like man this would be a, this would be a great game if they fucking released it on not a free to play format mm-hmm. I, I yeah I, I guess it's I, I guess it's that I can totally I totally see the zero time dilemma because if like it's like Mass Effect three levels of disappointment sounds like because you had so much fun with the previous two. And then the third one, I mean, third one, I guess, can also be sort of subjective if you think about it, but it seems like the consensus was more negative, which makes sense. Um, I guess it's more that um, Wild Arms and Arc the Loud is like a more exciting thing, but that's, I guess it's because for me, it's more about like 
I, I guess I lean more towards the optimistic when it comes to surprises than the. the, yeah. the, the well, here's the thing negative. I have with that announcement is that I haven't thought about Ark the Lad for like over a decade, <laughs> and now after that announcement, I'm like, huh? Ark <laughs> yeah. the Lad was a thing. <laughs> yeah, they talked a, about it. That's what a lot Remember, of people said. That's a surprise. <laughs> Remember, it's last installment, Twilight of the Spirits. I couldn't even tell you what the yeah. game looks like. Oh <laughs> fuck! Don't, yeah, don't, yeah. don't fucking play Twilight of Spirits. <laughs> it's it wasn't don't so do it it wasn't so great but i guess it's because it's a reboot but yeah and and wild arms i have such a love for that series that uh i i mean i just i'm so excited and see that happen because i think it's because after playstation experience i kind of gave into like well okay they're never going to announce a new wild arms at this point and then suddenly like a few days later it just kind of came out of nowhere so but like uh, it's hard to say about zero time dilemma because i'm like some other people here in this cast even like i'm waiting for 999 and vlr to be released on playstation 4 and steam before i get mm-hmm. into it so i'm sure if i played those games i'd be feeling as strongly as well, you know aaron and josh do i played 999 but not vlr but i guess one part the one reason why the disappointment is so impactful here is that like 999 does not wrap everything up it leaves a couple right. of loose questions and you, you kind of just assume well these will get answered eventually right and i assume vlr does something similar yeah it does that like it, so you kind of like expect like when you play 999 and not absolutely everything is answered you kind of give it a little bit of slack like okay this will be this is just a this is just something that's to expand upon in the next entry but then like when you finally get to the point where things should be wrapped up and, and they're not then i can see why that, that, that why that could be incredibly disappointing because it's almost like retroactively making the earlier games almost weaker because they have these open-ended questions so uh, in zero a weird sense. <laughs> zero or zero time dilemma is the lost of video games is what you're saying <laughs> <laughs> it's a smoke monster don't worry about it <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I think i think zero time dilemma barely edges out wild art like i like i wild arms that aren't glad i used to love the old games you know and I, I'm, I'm i'm very very happy that they're back but Zero time dilemma. Just it's just the way that VLR ends itself. The way you expect a certain caliber because you know you've heard so much about it. The way it's marketing, you know, and the way that the creator talked about it, you know, that all your answers will be answered in this third game. It's like okay, you expect a certain caliber because you trust the creator at that point because of the of the trust that he's built up with the last two games. I know this is maybe mm-hmm. a hypothetical, but like I think the Wild Arms thing or the Ark the Lad thing would be more surprising if they were like proper like entries. And I'm not saying like because they're on phones, they're not proper entries, but like the Wild Arms one specifically, it's like they already basically said it's a crossover game. And that kind of feels like like the low denominator. Like if Wild Arms comes back, they'll just bring it back as some mobile crossover. Hey, game. man, uh, know, guess, just... guess what other game got a crossover mobile game recently that was just recently released? Yeah, I don't Give a I heard that game was great. <laughs> I haven't played it, but I heard it was good. Uh, I don't know. I, I I guess it's just I'm 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 excited for the fact that they're even talking about either of these series anymore. Like like Darren. I feel like we're going in circles a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So, we are. Yeah, yeah. So, this is going on. Nope, note? I guess. <laughs> we we really need to just pick between these two. Okay. So. Okay. Um. So I'm going to vote for Zero Time Dilemma. Zach, you're going to vote, I assume, for Wild Arms. Yeah. No, surprise, Project Cross it. No, it's good. No, all right. <laughs> uh, Josh. Zero time. Darren. I'll go for uh, Wild Arms and Lad. Uh, Kyle. I'll go for uh, Wild Arms. Uh, Adam. Zero time. <laughs> 
Aaron. Zero time dilemma. Oh man, we gotta. <laughs> I know exactly what it's gonna happen. Anyway, Ryan. This is... I'm gonna say wild arms. <laughs> oh, I... <laughs> it's a good thing we have an odd number of people. Yeah, yeah. thank God. So, <laughs> yeah, Andrea. Andrea. Wild arms. Damn. Mm. Ooh. Okay, I guess that does. Is this it. revenge for the Valkyria Chronicles 3 thing? Or Valkyria Chronicles on Steam? I'm still not over that. It should have won. Damn. Yeah, that's right. I know, right? Okay, oh. so so that leaves us with just really... falling short Damn. the Zero Time Dilemma thing. And we have oh. Romancing Saga 2 finally localized. Wild Arms and Art the Lad returning as mobile games. And the biggest surprise going to Dragon Quest Builders just for being a really fun Unique I just little want to play that thing. game. I just can't afford it. It's super good. good. It's super I'm good. I'm excited to play that game eventually. Yeah, hammer through this last one quick. I think this is a pretty clear cut category. Yeah, yeah. The thing we wanna, the thing we wanna watch in 2017. The thing we're most curious about. We have the Nintendo Switch. We have Persona 5, Cosmic Star Heroine, Horizon Zero Zero Dawn, uh, Mass Effect Andromeda, Nier Automata, <laughs> Valcom in general. They've got a lot of stuff coming. Uh, similarly, whatever Tokyo RPG Factory as a studio is up to next. Super Robot Wars 5, 4 Goddesses Online, Cyber Dimension, Neptune. <laughs> I did not I put I that. Alex so. die. Um, like, someone else put that. Expecting a lot of Kingdom Hearts, uh, Yakuza 0 and 6, mm-hmm. uh, Tales of Berseria. Well, how do you pronounce that? Berseria, yeah. Berseria. Oh, okay, I was you right. got it right. Uh, Valkyria, Azure Revolution, Neo. Dragon Quest XI and Blue Reflection. It's, it's okay. going to be the second time Persona 5 is going to be up here. <laughs> I so, think we should cut Persona 5. Yeah. I agree. Why. Last year, we still weren't sure, because that was before the big reveal of like even like the second half of the cast. Like There's still yeah. a whole lot of things we were curious about and didn't know. And now it's like, now we basically... We know what it is. Yeah. We know what it is. No, excited for I mean, it, in but... a sense. Yeah. Now we're just basically waiting for it. So it's well, like I think it's, yeah. it's been such a known factor for so for long and so many years, and that the game is out in another region, so we are aware of what the game is at this point. Yeah. And I think it just gives yeah. it it gives the other games this category a chance to win. Mm-hmm. And be last noticed. year, last year there's still a lot of mystery, like revelations on like characters and things, and now you know, we're just waiting. So it's. Mm-hmm. Sounds excited. I mean, oh, I I'm so excited, should. but yeah, you're totally right. Yeah, like, it's going to be amazing. I'm, I'm super stoked for it, but I don't think we really need to be excited for it again. Yeah, I Watch think we should it. also... Cut... And if, if, we're, if we're not being clear, Persona 5 won our category last year, yeah, so... Yeah, yeah. 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 I think we should also cut the Kingdom Hearts thing, because... The remasters. Other, well, other than... Uh, other, other than a yeah. small... Other than, There's like, a 2. demo. 0.2. <laughs> 0.2. There's 2.8, and then looking forward to 3. I don't think right. that's either of those, and that should should we cut the switch? Like it almost seems not. No, fair. I think it dissolves on here. I think that's something. I, I think, think we'll talk is... about that in a second. I think, yeah, I'm really interested. Can we? In no, no, can it, we agree it's not that cut... it's. Go can we ahead. Agree to cut Kingdom Hearts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like sense. And Berseria, right. I think, also needs to be cut. That's I do too. Yeah. And Especially Bruce after all that censoring. Oh my gosh. Okay, Berseria's gone. Um, Tokyo RPG Factory, I think, because we don't even know what they're working on. That's, that's totally and I just think, like I think we might not see it next year, either, yeah, to be honest. Right. Who knows? They were pretty quick, but we'll see. I'm still, I, I would, you know, okay. maybe it'll be the biggest surprise we'll get rid of, of that. 2017. Yeah. 
Let's cut like, uh, Neptunia. I mean, it's just another <laughs> Neptunia game. Come on. But it's on Unreal yeah, Engine oh, 4. Shit, yeah, that's awesome. Can, okay. Yeah, that, that can go. It was I mean. gone the moment it was read off. I did not. I did not. Uh, it's, that, so, yeah. it's unreal I, how much your mother is ashamed of you. I almost, <laughs> think, we should cut, I almost <laughs> think we should cut. Well, first of all, we should cut Blue Reflection. Cause What's that? It's, it's just a Gus game. It's, it looks it's like a Gus Magical game. Girl game. You know? I don't know. It's, yeah, it's not one to watch. I'm, I'm, I'm interested in it, but it's like it's, it's just another Gus game. But and it has a cool Val- style. Valkyria doesn't have a. I mean, it's the type of game where Valkyria. I would expect we get a localization of it. It's, if we're getting mm-hmm. Yakuza and things like that, but because it hasn't been announced yet, I don't know. It's just. It'd be the biggest surprise. <laughs> it's not. I don't think it would be a Come surprise. On, Kyle, we're gonna do this. Darren was with me on that one. Sorry. I think it's just more of a curious case of like how the hell that thing is gonna. Yeah, because it's, it's, it's a spin off. It's a spin off, and it's so it, it's different. How people will take how different it is, you know. If Liam was they, here, he would tell us, you know. Wish they could make well, a proper. I, I've actually played the demo too. Oh, okay, like, cool. Okay, you know, because I got a code for that. Yeah. So I mean. But it's not the final version of the game, so who knows? I think no. I think we should cut Neo. I don't think it's proven yet to be. I, I, I'm oh, afraid with the alpha that, and beta. It's fucking I, great, I'm, but it's I, not I'm, great. I'm in, I'm afraid with that game that it's going to buy into the whole Dark Souls marketing no. thing. Like, are, are you hard enough to? Are you no, man enough to no, be no, no, this no, no, game? No, 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 no. That's it's like it's like Onimusha. It's way more Onimusha. No, no, than no, 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 no. You're you're not you're not. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying is it, is that game going to focus too much on difficulty? And being difficult for the sake of difficulty, because like the reason Dark Dark Souls focuses on that because it's like a snappy marketing thing. But that when you play the game, that's not what it's, it's about. It's actually funny that, you mentioned yeah. that because between the alpha and the beta, they actually dialed back the difficulty because that was a complaint, and so it doesn't seem like they actually are doing that. It seems like they're kind of the the not as challenging as Souls, but not as easy as like a, a Zelda game or something like that. I think it. I think it's going to be a great game. I don't think. I, I I'm personally interested though. in it, but it's it's yeah no, it's definitely not top three. I I, I yeah, that's what play. I mean. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So cut Valkyria and cut Neo. I mean, they're both games we're looking forward to. They're just not. Yeah, by that same respect, you probably uh, cut Super Robot Wars V because even though that's uh, a very exciting aspect for you personally, because we the, be the first licensed Super Robot Wars game to get an English version. Um, they, you know, just for the site purposes, I don't think anyone really shares that same sentiment. Robot Atakus unite on their excitement for Super Robot Wars V. I, I hope more people get into the the yeah. series. Well, oh, totally. that's a perfect time, yeah. Uh, especially if it's going to be like all these the crossover stuff that yeah, you'd want, yeah. not like OG, which was like original, of course. Hey man, OG cast. Uh, no, no, it's totally cool. I uh, just you know. More <laughs> I think we should cut Horizon. Yeah, I think yeah. that's fair. Yeah. yeah. I played Sony's the demo. Shown a lot of it. Go ahead. I'm yeah, sure Sony's it's gonna... shown a lot of it now. Yeah. And. I, I'm I, nervous. I, I'm more nervous about that game than one to watch excited. I got to I'm, play I'm... the demo of PlayStation Experience, and that was my first time playing it. And yeah, I'm kind of, uh, I'm not totally sold on it as it used to be. The art style is amazing, but the gameplay, I'm not totally sold on. I, I'm worried there's not going to be very much to do in it. Yeah, frankly, I'm, I'm worried it's, I'm worried it's going to be like an Ubisoft open world game. That's what I'm well, worried they did about. Have the giant like giraffe or about whatever you can stab in the, yeah, in the head, go on the top, and, <laughs> and like, then it I'm also gonna say I think we should cut Dragon Quest Eleven just because we don't know enough about it and it's kind of like an uncertainty at this point. As much as I, because I'm a huge Dragon Quest fan and I will vouch for the series every step of the way, but I think I think there's just way too many unknowns right now. Yeah. Where I'm excited for it, I'm thrilled for it, but I feel like we need to see more gameplay before I can be fully on board and Luckily, say it's we'll a see. Oh, you're in luck. They're gonna yeah. show it this. Uh... <laughs> yeah, within a Shit. week. Shit. 
Just keep something. <laughs> 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 All right, I made a Everything I've said. Something validated. Oh no. Something 2D else that should. Something else that should be cut because I put this here, but I don't think anyone else cares. And who knows if humans are going to come out this year or next year? Is Cosmic Star Heroin? I'm super excited for it, but and I think I think it's going to be wonderful. But it, you know, yeah. It There's other things PSX, more so. And it looked almost complete, so I guess we'll find. I didn't. It, I forgot it, to ask. It, it him, was though. it was at E3 2015. And yeah, I played complete. that. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. remember that because I talked to the guy. Yeah. I I, I should I should I should. You probably talked to Robert, right? Yeah, he's great. Before I did, yeah, Robert, I did. I did not talk. I saw them at PSX, like I mentioned. It seemed like it was getting very close to being completed. I but think it, it is. It crashed it is. a few times, so I don't know. <laughs> I think we it can is. we can safely cut it from the top three, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah it yeah, is yeah. definitely uh, something we're all looking forward to. Absolutely, absolutely. I, 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 I put. Sorry, go ahead. No, never mind. You go ahead. Oh, I was going to move on to another game. Yeah, okay. of course. Yeah, of course. I, I added and then immediately struck off, but I just wanted to mention it. Oh, Cyberpunk so 2077. Much. I want that so much. Um, okay, because I don't know if it's going to be. I don't know if it's going to be shown this year, but I hope that at E3. It's a long time off. It's got. Yeah, it is, but yeah. it is, but you know, CD Project. I, I hope that this year at E3 or Gamescom, we get to sit down with them. I feel like it's the type of game we need to know more to, to even anticipate it at this point. Because right <laughs> no, now, the trailer is one to <laughs> I mean, watch for 2017, I'm, and Cyberpunk's probably not going to get. Oh uh, well, keep in really mind this coverage isn't necessarily later. something that's coming out. This category can be something that we expect to see an information dump on. Yeah, I'm yeah, not that's... sure that we'll even see that though next year. Um, I'm not sure oh, yeah. why well, I added it immediately struck it off. I just yeah. wanted to note it. Yeah, because uh, like anything CD, Pro- CD Project Reds like touches i'm immediately so, so here's where i here's where i think we're at. i do think switch is a lock for the top of this list yes. i'm really curious about many things about that machine from what it is how it works how well it works also down to for us personally um what <laughs> the mario support. and rabbits game that's what we're most excited Sorry, about yeah, like mario I and rabbit it... rpg is a fascinating <laughs> thing skyrim coming through is a fascinating thing Xenoblade. this rumor that uh, from software has the entire dark souls trilogy working on it and is considering doing that as a release is is fascinating mm-hmm. um we've obviously got the new zelda and also being a unified machine presumably this means this will be the place where we see where we see fire emblem oh um, and also guess, gamecube virtual console is a possibility too that's, that's I, guess, yeah. also, I should just, I, yeah. I i i just wanted to bring this up since i said it earlier uh it's not that i'm not excited for the switch it just like just on the basis of what it is, is it even fair to the other ones? You know what I mean? The other ones are just games. This it, is a whole console with a whole bunch of games. More than that, but yeah. It is. It is what it is, though. You know, the, the year that 360, that 360, the Xbox One and PS4 were announced, mm-hmm. um, where they were going to be announced, a game one, just because, you know, it's it's it's. I guess it's about the timing. Like we know so much about the Switch, and at the same time, so little. Like I, you know, I probably think it wins this category. I also, so, I also yeah, think. Yeah, Go for it. I also think Mass Effect stays because we still know so little. Me too. Near gets to stay. Near gets. Near wins. Stay. That's Nier. the that's yeah the exactly end, end exactly. discussion here. Oh, so y- y- Yakuza looks cool. Falcom does great stuff, but come on. Falcom, come on, Tokyo Zenodio, I'm really excited to play, but it's Axis, so it's I'm unsure about that, what, but we'll find out. What if what if the list is what if the list is the, the top three is Switch, Mass Effect, Nier? 
I like that's that. Perfect. Uh, that sounds yeah, perfect. I'm okay with that. Yeah, yeah. I think Falcon, perfect if Nier is number one. I think Falcon. The thing is, is like like Nier these one, games. These two. games are already out, and or I guess Trails of Cold Not Steel. We don't know anything about, but like. Yeah. ESA PS4 is actually a very curious thing because I've been here, I've been talking with someone, uh, and they've been saying that like there have been uh, severe limitations on the Vita version of that game, and they're kind of curious to see if that content's going to be. Yeah, it sounds like it could be pretty different. That's been the consensus. When I talked to some independent developers at at PSX, they kind of all said that the Vita is hitting a real wall in terms of memory limits, and it's causing them to not really consider porting their game to the Vita anymore. So it seems like PS4 is where Falcon's going to be able to really yeah. shine with that and I, I, I think and i think just like as a personal thing i think the still just uh the fact that we'll finally see trails of cold steel 3 oh uh, you see that year. picture yeah. it looks so good yeah <laughs> i'm i'm stoked for that but i i don't think yeah. it'll necessarily uh, be able to win yeah, these, it, it, it doesn't win this no, but, no, but no, uh, no. so we have three left we have nintendo switch mass effect andromeda and near automata Mm-hmm. That's tough. I think it's but... pretty easy. I think Nintendo's it's the easy pick, that... right? I think it's Nintendo. I think it's Nintendo. It's... I think it is. I, I, you know, I've got a great deal of love for Nia. Um, what one thing? Okay, so I can say this to you guys because by the time we release this, the embargo will have passed. But everyone will know a lot more about Nia by the time this goes up that they don't know at the time of recording. Ooh. So, like, I've gone and played that game. I've got footage of that game. There'll be a YouTube video. There'll be a preview. So. We're getting close to launch on that game. There isn't too much to learn. It's just the excitement of playing it. Right. Um, it was a follow. So, it was actually a runner-up last year too for one to watch. So we're still. Yeah. Should be known that we're still extremely excited for this. There's also at that time of this recording, we're about like two weeks away from the demo of releasing too. Oh, it's right, December twenty-second, was it or twenty-third? Twenty-second. Yeah. I don't know. I'll have to go and check. But if I believe the embargo on the stuff that I played lifts the day the demo comes out. Okay. Or the day cool. before, mm-hmm. so we'll have that coverage anyway. People can keep people can go and find that on the sites. By the time you hear this, that'll be up. But um, I think the Switch wins. It's right? a first-person shooter. Fair enough. <laughs> no. uh, the Switch is a new thing, so all yeah. of these other things existed basically. So yeah. that's a fair. And the potential. I think, yeah. As somebody put it earlier, it's it's this category is slightly unfair this year, but um, the Switch could be an enormous, enormous. It's a big turnaround for the Wii U, so that's the best yeah. lie. I think it would blow my mind if it was region free. Uh, it would just be wow. I don't yeah. have that much faith, but yeah. <laughs> I don't. I it don't is going to be region free. Okay, Who knows? so great one to watch: Nier Automata, Mass Effect Andromeda, and the winner, Nintendo Switch. So now we're coming up on our break, but before we do that, let's just quickly recap the winners of the previous categories so that we can leave on a good note. Best tangential game of 2016: The winner, Hitman. Best Writing Script Localization Slash Slash of 2016. Tyranny won that category. Best Soundtrack Slash Score of 2016. Final Fantasy 15 Seemed pretty evident. Uh, best Art Slash Visual Design. Witcher 3 Blood and Wine. I really want to play that game. Uh, biggest Surprise of 2016. Dragon Quest Builders is the winner. And then finally, what we just announced. Wonder Watch for 2017. The Nintendo Switch. So now we're going to have a little bit of a break here. Of course, people listening to this podcast won't really be able to tell that, but we'll have some music playing between. Well, there's two. No, this this will be two discrete parts. This will go up one day, and then yeah. if you're listening oh, on the day it goes yeah, up right. tomorrow, we will have the second half. For us, we're going to get a drink and go to the bathroom, and, and then thankfully the second half is always get drunk. Well, thankfully, the second half is always is always shorter because it's only a couple of awards. 
um, oh, some good compared to here, so like excited. it's literally half the it's it, they're, 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 they're more in depth but it's half the number of categories that we just did we were talking so about we should, four um, hours here so i think that yeah, yeah we should probably take a break yeah here. yeah i mean it was the same way last year where i yeah. think the first part was about four hours and the second part was like an hour and it wasn't even that long so yeah we'll so out. uh but we will return with uh the best rpg from an independent studio uh, the best small screen RPG and the best big screen RPG, and then from the winners of those categories, or the the winners at slash runners up of those categories, we will pick the best, best game of the year from us. All right, great. We'll get to that. Uh, thank everyone for listening so far. Catch you next time. How Bye. long is the break? Leave that in. We'll leave that in. <laughs> the whole other I, I have room. that same question. <laughs>